Captain's Log, Stardate 1999.Willennium. I'm Captain Britain. And I'm Admiral Pat. These are the voyages of the Starship Soyager, our ongoing mission. To explore new Trek episodes, to seek out old Trek, both cringe and based, and to boldly go... Where Where pussy's so wet, it pours! Welcome to the mother freaking bridge. It's Soy Trek, it's the okay. show where two at- Trekkies ask themselves on a weekly basis: Is pond fart really just pee? Yeah, I'm gonna pond fart. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> you a wet pond fart all yeah. over your, all over your, make your pants a new color. You yeah, know? we get too much air up there. Uh, is that what that movie, <laughs> The Air Up There, is about? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just about it's about queefing. <laughs> I thought, I thought it was about like playing basketball in Africa, but I like your way better. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's someone queefed at some point in that the making of that movie. Yeah, at some point in the production, <laughs> someone pussy farted. But Definitely. I would like to, I would like to start a movement where we start calling queefing pond fart. I like that better. Queefing, queefing is just not a good word, right? Yeah, like no one, no one really likes a Q U word. No, no, they don't. No, they're all pretty bad and ugly. Yeah, and not, not great. Like, there's a couple good ones, like quiz, quizzical. In question. Question's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Qu- yeah. Yeah. There's qu- quantum is kind of fun. Yeah. Quant. Qu- <laughs> quantum. Yeah. 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 I don't, know. I don't yeah. know a lot of words. I'm bad at words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could tell. Um, <laughs> but so, pond fart. That's a good word. Yeah. Yeah. Pond fart's a great word. Um, <laughs> so today we're going to be watching and reviewing Star Trek's Lower Decks season three, episode seven. A mathematically perfect redemption, mm-hmm. and Star Trek season two, episode twenty, Return to Tomorrow. We'll also be talking some politics this week. Oh boy! We're gonna talk about Joe Brandon's marijuana pardons. Uh oh. Yeah, but um, first, let's talk about what's going on in the world <gasps> of Trek and elsewhere. We got Trek news for you. Trek news. Star Trek Picard showrunner Terry Metalis keeps just saying shit <laughs> all over fucking Twitter. Uh, this week, he may have revealed some big news for season three of Picard or hinted at it. After one Twitter user said, quote, spending Saturday night alone with my thoughts. Unfortunately, that has led me to freaking out that one of the TNG characters is going to die in Star Trek Picard season three. Please, Terry Metalis, <laughs> let these guys live happily ever after. Which, okay, if you're, yeah. if this is what you're worrying about on a Saturday <laughs> night, let me, let me suggest uh suicide. Yeah, go, <laughs> go get some pussy. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Honestly, this is what zero pussy does to a yeah. motherfucker. Like a hundred percent. Like really. Like get some get some bit like 
Also, it's it's. I think it's like a sign of maturity to accept death, even you know, even with fictional characters, especially with fictional. <laughs> with fictional characters. Characters. So, so that's one thing I have not been understanding at all. Is like you know, I make a lot of memes, I make a lot of yeah. content, mm-hmm. and it's all about fictional characters, right? Yeah. I mean, except for Rick Berman. Rick Berman's yeah. like basically the only person in the Star Trek universe. I'm like, he's a piece of shit. Fuck mm-hmm. him. Everyone else, I'm just like, ha ha. This character is uh, a slutty little idiot. Yeah. Like, and people get fucking offended. Oh yeah, and they're like, "How dare you say <laughs> that about this actor?" And I'm like, "No, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I didn't say that about this actor. I said that about this fictional fucking character. Yeah, this person we can place our own value judgments on and, and can interpret in any way that we want because." Mm-hmm. They're fictional characters. I mean, just like the whole, like, everyone's being mad about the Little Mermaid bullshit. Who cares? Who cares? It's a fucking mermaid. (laughs) I know, mermaids. It doesn't matter if they're white or black. It's a fucking (laughs) fish woman. Yeah. It's a woman with no pussy. You can't fuck it. Why do you care if it's black or white? Yeah, I mean, she just, she fertilizes eggs. Or she she lays her eggs and has a male fertilize them. Yeah, it has a a big fish (laughs) with a beard come and, like, blow a bunch of cum on it and then wander off to the sea to die. Yeah, it's like, Like, it's it's not hurting anybody to, whether they're not what a fictional character no nobody cares nobody cares (laughs) well i mean no that's a problem is people care i guess i should take that back nobody should care yeah but so many people like get so hung up and they're like how how dare you say that i'm (laughs) majel barrett i'm like what Mm -hmm. i'm talking about luxana troy yeah she's like a slut yeah everyone likes that that's why i like her she's she's always dtf yeah no and like people like uh She's not slutty. Maybe a little bit promiscuous. I'm like, what do you think I mean by slutty? I'm, I mean it in a positive way. Yeah. Stop. Like, God, mm-hmm. people on the internet are fucking idiots. Yeah. Anyway, um, so Metallus replied to this Saturday night worrying about fucking characters on Picard mm-hmm. season three. Even though these characters have been ostensibly dead to us for 20 goddamn yeah. years. Yeah. Except for like, like, you know, two characters. Picard... Mm-hmm. Riker, oh, I guess uh, Troy. Mm-hmm. Like those are the only ones basically that showed back up. Guinan, I guess Data if you want. Did, yeah. No, did, well, Data died. Though. Yeah, Data so he's died. he's like yeah he's he's still dead to us. Um, <coughs> but and even Picard is dead to us. He died in the first season. So so like this guy's freak. Oh no! What what happens if they kill a character? They'll just bring him back as an android if they want him yeah. back. That's what they did with Picard. They should have mm-hmm. ended it at season one. Actually, they should have ended it before season one. But they decided to do it anyway, and yeah. he's just a fucking, he's a data man now. Yeah. But they don't address it at all. They don't care about it. I think I think they were just like, ah, oh, that was stupid. Uh, let's, 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 let's just gloss that oh, effect they, over. They definitely Rise of Skywalker season two. Yeah. They're like, so season one, <laughs> eh, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, those were some decisions. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> Metallus replied, safety not guaranteed. Well, I mean, I think I it's I think it's, we, we it, talked about it before. They're going to yeah. have Worf a hero's death. I, it it makes to, sense. Right? Yeah. Like Worf, if anything, Worf would love a hero's death. Oh, no, he would be like, <laughs> today is the best day to die. Yeah, Worf's been oh, try- be so Worf's, good. Worf's been trying to die ever since they introduced him. Ever since <laughs> the blue barrel incident. Yeah, ever since the blue barrel incident. Yeah, he was. I have nothing left to live for. Yeah, I lost a- <laughs> all my honor to the blue barrel. He's like, kill me, Riker, kill me now. And so, I dare you to put it on kill. Set it to kill. <laughs> and, and also, what, what was it in um. Uh, which movie was it where he was just ready to ram the Defiant into the Borg cube? I think it was. Uh, I think it was First Contact, wasn't it? 
Do they have the Defiant in first contact? Yeah, that's how they get Worf back. Because remember, he's on the Defiant. That's right. And like, yeah, okay. And okay, he's just, yeah, yeah. And he's just, okay, and he's just ready to 9-11 himself <laughs> <laughs> into the Borg cube. And he's just like, and, then, and, he, and he's pissed off that they teleport him off and, and like put him on the Enterprise. And he's just like, uh, I was, like, I was trying to like, wait, wait, wait. Where's my Where's my seventy two virgins? I was trying to I was trying to I was trying to have an honorable death and get my virgins, and so and yeah, he's. I mean, if yeah, if any, but if they're gonna kill anyone, it definitely has to be Worf, and I and Worf would love it. I think it would be a great end for his character, and I think like oh, and then and then honestly, they could make a fucking spinoff show, Stovacor, Stovacor, yeah, which would fuck so hard, <laughs> or it's like he's a ghost, <laughs> he's just haunting people, <laughs> haunting people for honor. <coughs> Because what are they going to do by keeping them by by keeping them alive anyway? Was he going? Is Michael Dorn going to um, keep playing Worf until he's like a hundred years old, just like just like Patrick Stewart? Yeah, exactly. It's like he hasn't played the character in twenty years. Yeah. So like, if, and, he, and if there's any greater insult for a Klingon, it's living a long and full life. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Oh my. Oh my God. It, you know. Oh my God. Oh my God. Huh. You know who the villain should be on hmm. this season? Hmm. Alexander. <laughs> yeah. Alex, a dark Alexander. Dude, yeah. A dark mega Alexander. <laughs> a dark mega Alexander. <laughs> he's just, he's, yeah, I would love that. Like, yeah. he's just been training just to be, like, ever since, like, his, you know, he was, like, made fun of on the Klingon ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just been like, fuck them. I'll show them. <laughs> fuck humans. Fuck Klingons. You're all wrong. You're all going to die. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, so. Someone responded to this uh, safety not guaranteed comment Metallus made and said uh, that would be a major risk. And in response, Terry posted the James T. Kirk risk is our business speech that incredibly coincidentally is the episode we watched today. Hmm, yeah. Wild. Yeah. So, um, so who do you think would be the best and worst characters to kill off besides Worf, of course? Oh, besides Worf. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think the worst... I mean, probably would be Jordy. No, no, the worst would be Riker or mm. Troy. Probably, I think. Yeah, but I because think because they they well because they're. I mean, it doesn't make sense. Well, I mean, yeah. No, I guess it does because uh, Picard takes place after Lower Decks, mm. right? So, I mean, they could kill him off potentially. Yeah, they could kill anyone. Could be killed off. Like yeah, I just think Jordy because Jordy's like I don't know. It feels feels wrong. <laughs> he's just yeah. He's just like he's just like. You know, he doesn't get laid. He's just like, well, maybe, or maybe could, it would be it. Maybe it would be. Maybe he could die hero's death and he has to like, uh, f- fuck the poison woman. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> He's like, I've been training my whole life for this. <laughs> he just like comes after two seconds and dies. <laughs> All that time spent on the holodeck. <laughs> <coughs> he's, yeah, he just comes. He's like, oh, damn it. Uh, worth Ensign. it. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> No, it wasn't Ensign Rowe. What was it? What was the Ensign he was supposed to be in love with? Uh oh, a three boobed uh, woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So uh, who would who would be the best besides Worf to kill off? Do you think? Mm. Oh, Picard. Picard. Oh, please, yeah. Please, God, actually, finally kill him. Yeah, I think. Yeah, because like I feel that's like the. I think I've mentioned it before. Like that's the the path for also Starfleet captains where they have to do an honorable sacrifice of some kind. Right, and he never made it to Admiral, which is weird. Yeah. No, he, he made it Admiral. Did he? Yeah, he was Admiral Picard. Oh. Okay. Yeah. 
But I think, but he does like all other, all of the other captains have sacrificed something in some way. And at, at the end, <clears throat> at the end of their uh, story. And I feel like Jane, Janeway, Janeway, she, uh, remember she like, uh, made it to old age and then she sacrificed herself as an old person to, to make them come back. But wasn't she back then? But then she was back. Yeah. But still, yeah, she, 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 so she, she, she made her life better. But also <laughs> made all of. Everyone else and she, and she saves her, you know, her best friend. Seven yeah, nine. exactly. So no, so. no, no. That one, that one <laughs> doesn't did, work. But she did. She did. No, she, she, that one doesn't work. <laughs> she, she did poison herself and then get, get let the Borg. She killed all the Borg. Yeah. So, but she, but she did. It did have a noble sacrifice. Ish. Ish. <laughs> I mean, sure. Yeah. I mean, she did make life better for herself. But th- th- that does kind of like make a weird, like you know, temporal cut weird temporal causal loop type thing mm-hmm. because she won't do she won't do with that in the future if she leads if they kill i don't know yeah it's kind of it's kind of time travel shit makes my head hurt sometimes <laughs> yeah that's why i hate most of the time travel shit in star trek <coughs> I mean, most of the time the loop doesn't make any sense and mm-hmm. it's all bad continuity errors yeah and shit, so yeah not my favorite all right moving on to trek news this week Apparently, uh, most of the Star Trek films have disappeared from all streaming platforms. Wait, even Paramount Plus? According to an article in Review Geek, as of yesterday, somehow Paramount Plus, which advertises itself as the home of Star Trek with the tagline, every series, every episode, has removed the Star Trek films from the motion picture all the way through Nemesis from their platform. What? Yep. Uh, The J.J. Abrams-directed films are still available. However, Into Darkness is currently only available on uh, the AMC app. Or, I'm sorry. So, the J.J. Abrams and uh, the first and the third one are available, Mm. but not Into Darkness, which is weird. (laughs) Um, The movies are still available for purchase, but they are no longer free on any subscription-based streaming platform, which is a giant load of bullshit. That is fucking stupid. Yeah, one has got to wonder if it has something to do, and it probably does, with them releasing, you know, physical versions of, like, the Blu-rays and remastered mm. and, like, you know, director's cuts recently. I, that's a thing, like... And also releasing them in theaters recently, too. But still, like, fuck that. Yeah, like, I mean, I I mean, I, I, I feel... I mean, it's I the feel home of Star Trek, is what they advertise. That's it, the thing, like, when everything started becoming more... Like we started having more streaming. I pretty much did get rid of like a lot of all of my physical media, especially like I got rid of it like when I moved into like a um, micro studio yeah. <laughs> and like uh and I pretty much was like, well, I don't need all these DVDs anymore. I don't even mm-hmm. have a DVD player, so I got rid of all my physical media. Now I'm like, I should just get yeah. this physical media again because it's like the only way to guarantee you'll always have something. <laughs> yeah, the only way to guarantee to have it, oh. and because like yeah, the way they move things around on, and make stuff so unavailable, it's like so hard to find anything and i don't know yeah yeah it's dog shit dog shit dog <laughs> shit and finally in trek news this week william shatner is releasing a new book of his personal essays mm. amongst many claims in the book uh one that is being widely reported on is his claim that star trek's co-stars uh his star trek co-stars complaints about him being difficult to work with are <laughs> not only unfounded but quote I think they are the problem, not me. <laughs> that is a totally normal thing. Yeah. Normal thing to take. Among, amongst the complaints, uh, <laughs> James Doohan said in 1998, quote, I like Captain Kirk, but I sure don't like Bill. <laughs> He's so insecure that all he can think about is himself. 
Yeah, I mean, that, and that and that, that definitely proves that he is insecure. That as like what a hundred year old man, he's releasing all this like yeah, fuck them, <laughs> this, this, fuck this, them like, the book. Yeah, it's like, dude, just like fucking chill, chill. You <laughs> only have like a few years left at most. Mm-hmm. Like, and everyone hates you now. Like, yeah, go out a hero. Come on, like, yeah, it's like he was trying to. I don't know. He did kind of start building like a you know good good rapport. Like you know, he went off into space. Remember he did that little yeah, but with for Jeff Bezos yeah oh that's true mm-hmm. yeah he went with the evil guy yep so yeah mm-hmm. I mean ugh. yeah just dude just fucking shut up fucking yeah just go to Florida and just hang out right <laughs> so uh, Walter Cohen said or Koenig rather said in uh, 2019 to be sure every shot was set up so that he'd be in the foreground he just automatically blocked it that way. And as I said before, the directors just went along with it. But he was civil. Never get the sense that he wanted to be any uh, of the supporting actor's pal. He enjoyed hanging out with Leonard Nimoy and DeForest Kelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, George Takei said in 2015, It's difficult work... Or sorry. It's difficult working with someone who was not a team player. <laughs> the rest of the cast all understand what makes a scene work. It's everybody contributing to it. But Bill is a wonderful actor, and he knows it, and he likes to have the camera on him all the time. I don't know about the wonderful actor part. Yeah, I don't know about that <laughs> at all either. I, I, I actually, in fact, know he's not a wonderful actor. <laughs> yeah. um, we also previously reported on Michelle Nichols having similar feelings to all of these in her memoir published in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Shatner's response was rather expected knowing him he said quote i have no idea what they're talking about which may mean they're prejudiced or i'm so inured to people's reactions that i'm living in my own little world probably the latter <laughs> yeah and i don't know which it is i strive every day to find out does he really yeah it's so bizarre that i've ceased to talk or think about it because i think they are the problem, not me. <laughs> it's a really good attitude to have in life, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> Which almost seems self-aware, but... No. But he's... at the same time, it's William Shatner, so I know it's the exact opposite of self-aware. It's like, I'm not the crazy person. Everyone else is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's literally... Yeah, it's like, if, if everything smells like shit, mm. you know, check your shoes for dog shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he is also at the age where he's probably wearing some Depends. Oh, absolutely. So he's probably always smelling like doo-doo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, filling, filling those diapers. He's fond farting. <laughs> all, all over those Depends. All right. Uh, oh, so that's all uh, Trek news we have for the week. But uh, we're going to start start talking a little more about policy. We, we advertise yeah. this uh, this fucking program as a dirtbag leftist mm-hmm. Star Trek program. So we're gonna we're gonna get a little bit more into politics here. So this week we're going to talk about something just uh, just announced by the Brandon administration. Mm. So is this a dark Brandon decree? This is uh, it seemed like a dark Brandon decree, but we'll we'll go over it. So mm-hmm. uh, he put out a tweet earlier today uh, saying, um, "Actually, you know what? Let me let me see if I can find this actual tweet here." Yeah, I, I must have missed that. Yeah, um, bringing up firing up the Twitter, fire, firing up Twitter. You, yeah, go to the president, president dark, B, dark B, Brandon, dark. <laughs> <laughs> 
President Brandon Prison. Uh, here's like, as I've said before, no one should be in jail just for using or possessing marijuana. Today I'm taking steps to end our failed approach. Allow me to lay them out. Excuse me while I whip this out. Excuse me while I whip out the Biden rod. Yeah. First, I'm pardoning all prior federal offenses of simple marijuana possession. There are thousands of people who were previously convicted of simple possession who may be denied employment, housing, or educational opportunities as a result. My pardon will remove this burden. Second, I'm calling on on governors to pardon simple state marijuana possession offenses, just as no one should be in federal prison solely for possessing marijuana. No one should be in in a local jail or state prison for that reason either. Third, we classify marijuana at the same level as heroin and more serious than fentanyl. It it makes no sense. I'm asking uh, Sec Becerra and the Attorney General to initiate the process of reviewing how marijuana is scheduled under federal law. I'd also like to note that as federal and state regulations change, we still need important limitations on trafficking, marketing, and underage sales of marijuana. Sending people to jail for, for possessing marijuana has upended too many lives, for conduct that is legal in many states, that's before you address the clear racial disparities around prosecution and conviction. Today we begin to right these wrongs. Okay. Sounds pretty good, right? Yeah. Sounds pretty good to, to start. Um, yeah. So, Seeing lots of little thank you, Dark Brandon, sirs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it sounds pretty sounds pretty Dark Brandon. Um, mm-hmm. So let's go over some of the language in there. Yeah. Simple federal possession. Mm-hmm. Now, how many how many people a year do you think are convicted of simple federal possession of marijuana? I don't know how many. About a hundred, mm. couple hundred. Mm. How many how many people do you think are convicted a year uh, on drug charges federally? Mm, how many? About twenty thousand. Oh, damn. Yeah. So um, the the problem is here. Uh, this only covers simple federal possession, uh, of which there are not many people in jail for. Mm. It does not cover sale. And it mm. does not cover trafficking. Mm. So this is only people caught with marijuana for their own use, which is not many federal prosecutions whatsoever. Mm-mm. You know, it's uh, the last year I could find uh, with records for it was 2017. And there were 92 people convicted. Wow. Just 92. Damn. So, and, you know, he's calling he's calling on other states to do it, which is fine. Yeah. But most of the states that will do it because he says so are blue and already have legal yeah. or decriminalized marijuana. Yeah, I mean, every almost every single, like, especially coastal state mm-hmm. has, like, yeah. pretty, or, yeah. Legal like, weed, basically. Legal weed, basically, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, except for, I think, a couple, like, I don't think Georgia or Florida, and, mm-hmm. you know, so, some of the southern coastal states. Yeah. Still, like, yeah. Um, so... This uh, also does not cover any non-citizens, so you have to be a full mm. citizen of the United States, so there's a lot of stuff there. And altogether, this only will uh, pardon 6,000 people. <laughs> yeah. Being that there's 20,000 people a year, 20,000, yeah. uh, 20,000 people a year convicted of federal drug crimes, this is a very small drop in the bucket. Mm-hmm. And... Start asking the secretary, whatever, to review a process. Yeah. Literally, Joe Biden could say he could put an executive <laughs> action. It's a very simple executive action that he's allowed to do yeah. and that no one, even the parliamentarian, yeah. <laughs> could fucking naysay him on. He could literally reschedule the mm-hmm. drug right now, which would immediately cause all of those convictions to be thrown out, mm-hmm. not only federally, but on the state level. 
Yeah. There's something he could do to completely remediate this immediately, and he refuses to do it. Oh, yeah, especially since we're nearing, like, election time, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, uh-oh. I mean, that's, like, the same reason why they pulled back a lot of the student loan re- oh, yeah, forgiveness. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no, it's like, uh, oh, yeah. no, we're, nope. we might give it to you. Or, Oopsie days. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, maybe only half of them. Only, well, yeah. not the privately held ones. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, now they're now they're dangling this, like, oh. Oh, are we going to are we going to uh, legalize this thing that's like socially uh, that, know, every, that is that is one of the most popular things mm-hmm. in America? It's, it's and it's totally harmless. Yeah, if he legalized <laughs> it tomorrow, if he was like, uh, it's no longer on a schedule at all. Yeah, it's just a fucking plan. Mm-hmm. Like Democrats would sweep the nation. They would take the Senate. Yeah. They would take the House, which they're looking like losing right now. Yeah. And, like, Joe Biden, even if he ran again and was, like, fucking double reagan into Alzheimer's, <laughs> like, pooping. I mean, he already is, basically. I mean, I mean, like, if he was, like, you know, fucking pooping jelly beans, yeah. and, like, while he's doing speech, which he might be, <laughs> like, fucking, you know, reagan I mean, I'm, I'm kind of convinced he's kind of doing, like, the uh, Weekend at Bernie's type thing. I'm sure, like, there's, like, probably some, they're playing some, like, uh, you know, especially in Weekend at Bernie's, too, when, they're just, oh, yeah, like, when, they're, when he's, like, possessed by voodoo and they're making him walk. <laughs> he's, just, he's dancing towards some hidden treasure. Yeah, he's, like, he's, he's dancing, dancing towards hidden treasure. He's, he's dancing towards universal health care. <laughs> 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 he's just like, woo! <laughs> so, actually, it's, like, the voodoo priest that's actually make, saying that he's going to legalize weed. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, I see where this is now. Okay. Yeah. So the guy who's controlling him is actually. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, but yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, I don't have any faith that they'll follow through with this. No, this personally, th- this is, this is a, this is playing politics right next to the midterm. That's all it is. It is. Yeah. Joe Biden does not care about material amelioration for anybody no he cares about his re-election chances and his party's real th- yeah do you think they're going also going to just like yeah i mean it's only like like as you said like the wording makes you think it means all no, no, all, yeah. all drug related uh prison sentences which like how many people are in jail for for marijuana possession right now right and it's only marijuana <laughs> possession like, yeah like other like fucking people in jail for acid. For yeah, mushrooms. but like, like st- but on the state level, how many like are like are in are in uh and those people are not going to see any sort of pardon. Yeah, pardon especially whatsoever. in red states. Never, no, the, never, the, like ever. there's people with like life life sentences mm-hmm. for for marijuana but, possession. But you know what could completely like just undo their sentence immediately mm-hmm. and exonerate them? Yeah, is scheduling marijuana mm-hmm. to a non-scheduled drug. Yeah, because then. They're not breaking any law, and, no. and federal law at that that point supersedes state law. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like yeah, once once it's legal on a federal level, there's no state that can legalize it. Yeah, you can't, do you, you say can't do he's private doing prohibition? Like, is, oh, he said, is he is he going to? Didn't he say he's going to reschedule it? He no, he said he's going to ask the secretary to look into oh, yeah. changing the schedule. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's going to ask his secretary to talk to somebody about it, which is <laughs> Can't someone else do this? <laughs> yeah, it's it's like literally you have the power. You don't need to ask one of your peons to t- talk to someone and have a discussion yeah. about it. You can literally say, "Hey, 
I'm going to drop it by one schedule and we'll see how that works. Yeah. And if, if nothing bad happens, I'll drop it by another schedule next yeah. month. Like he can do all types of means testing on his own. Yeah. He doesn't need to like give into this bullshit political project that makes amelioration for people's lives like happen. But, yeah. And people are going to die in jail because not, yeah. he's, he's just playing politics for the fucking midterm. Yeah, because like, like, Federally legal marijuana means a lot of bad things for a lot of people. Like as, as the prison industrial complex, for yes. one, uh, like pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical, companies. pharmaceutical companies for sure, al- alcohol companies, tobacco, mm-hmm. and tobacco, yeah. and so like no one wants none of those people who are actually who the you know p- you know they actually work for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is the people they work for. They don't yeah. work for oh, no. for the people in jail the, for for marijuana possession. Yeah, the, they work- the, the marijuana lobby is like weak. Yeah, and places. so like yeah, I mean I. I mean, he's he's keeps saying a lot of stuff, you know, like especially with like the whole like, um, you know, the uh, student loan shit. You know, yeah. that was supposed to be like, whoa, but yeah, still it was only ten grand. You know, yeah, that we mean, see, that's we meaningless. see you, Joe Biden. That's like, meaningless to people with like ridiculously, <laughs> like well, I mean, what, I mean, it's not totally meaningless, but still, still dropping the bucket to a lot of people. Oh, I mean, and it, it, that it's was, all means testing, and that's that's yeah. the real problem. I mean, that's a huge problem with Dem- Democrats is. They're like, uh, here's something that will actually like ameliorate people's lives. And yeah. the Republicans are like, no, we can't do that. And we're not going to vote for that. And, <laughs> and Democrats are like, well, we have the votes, but, you know, we yeah. want to compromise because that's part of the political project. So let's means test it. Yeah. And means testing something means one of two things. Either the money only goes to people and corporations that can afford to bid for it. Or it just doesn't go to anybody at all. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> and then and then someone just pockets the money. So it's yeah. like it, it it's not going to the people yeah. it needs to help the most because those people are work they're working people mm-hmm. they're you know people you know who are like busy raising kids these are like single mothers and shit like people who need services and need yeah. other people to help them because they don't have the time but there's no one to help because you know we fucking absolutely decimated our social structure system. Yeah. In order, I don't know, fucking to, I don't know what. I don't know why the Republicans did it. Well, I do know because they yeah. fucking hate poor people and mm-hmm. they just want an upward transfer of wealth and, yeah. and you know, redistributing services to poor mm-hmm. people doesn't help that at all. Nope. That's why. Yeah, there's like there's a constant war on any sort of pub on any sort of public service. <laughs> like, like, uh, yeah. like I saw that um, in D.C. They were like filming the uh, like. Every year we lose forty million dollars to uh, people jumping the turnstiles at the metro, and it's like, <laughs> so what? Yeah, I know it's public transport. Yeah, like public, like, but that's a like when I read that, I'm like, okay, so what? I'm sure like the, what their solution is going to be is to just hire more cops to mill around. Right. <laughs> so they're going to spend instead of it's to make sure they're not losing. Forty million dollars every year. They're probably going to increase a hundred million. Yeah, yeah increase the, increase the increase the police uh, budget hundred million dollars mm. just so we have police officers milling around in the metro. Yeah, and it's just like and yeah, but they want to strangulate all public services mm-hmm. and and us and anything that's going to improve anyone's lives in any mm-hmm. material way is is seen as as uh, as a waste of money. Right, and so and then when people try to improve their own lives in any material way, yeah. Uh, it's called a crime of poverty. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. which is like what? Like yeah. selling selling drugs, crime of poverty. Mm-hmm. Stealing things that are necessary, crime of poverty. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, most property crimes, crime of poverty. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it and it's crimes we don't need to focus on, but are yeah. used for the whole like. 
for crime bills and for fucking. Yeah. And like, that's that's another thing reason why we need you know marijuana to be uh, scheduled as heroin because we need something for the cops to do. No, oh, exactly. And oh so, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, like, we, we need and you know they they need we can't s- do any scaremongering to mm-hmm. make people's lives feel like they're in danger and do the whole you know like you know oh the drug the drug trade's going out of control and everyone's gone to high on the reefer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and I mean it's it's wild. I mean. I've worked with people in the past who have had sort of like a reefer madness um, uh, belief in marijuana. The thing it's like, (laughs) and it's just like, and you know, in the, and, and, you know, in the 2020s and it's just like, it's wild shit, man. Dude, like, and yeah. And like, dude, you live in Seattle, like literally a quarter of the people around here are just walking around with weed vape pens in their pockets, constantly hitting them. Yeah. Just like, look at anyone on the street. If they're vaping, it's probably weed. Oh yeah, it's it's nuts. I mean, I did work at a place that was very strict with uh their with uh their marijuana. Like uh, they would test your hair. God. So like I had to, yeah, I completely stopped smoking and like I, I would just, just I would just completely <laughs> shave all my hair every. Day. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, well they take your leg hair if you don't have any if you're bald. Guess what? <laughs> yeah, just swim in there. No, no, straight up, I shave off every single inch of my body hair every day. Yeah, my head. <laughs> so if I shave my head and they're like, we we need hair, I'm like. <laughs> Uh yeah, that's a religious thing. You can't have any of my hair. Yeah, like, they took. Of... It would take so much fucking hair. They so they cut that, they cut the huge patches out of my head. That's, that's actually one thing you could have been like. Is you could have been like, uh, I'm sorry, I'm Jewish. You can't have any part of my body. Interesting. Yeah, didn't even think of that. You could get a religious exemption because yeah, <sighs> that's why you're not allowed to do an autopsy on a Jew dog. Oh damn! Yeah, I should have converted, but yeah. I, but it's very hard to be Jewish, isn't it? <laughs> to learn a whole other language. I mean, you gotta. A dumb enough beard, you could do it. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get some curls and a dumb hat. Yeah, just a little, little yamaka. Yeah. Oh man, then I gotta join the join the IDF. Oh, yeah. No, no, I guess not. Uh, <laughs> gotta get circumcised oh, again. Circumcised. Again, <laughs> double circumcision. Yeah, this one. Uh, you can uh, get the get the get the moil to suck on it. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's like I don't know. You're a little old for this, aren't you? <laughs> Yo, just, well, it is a baby dick. So. Just, just, just suck it, homie. <laughs> it's already circumcised. You can just put your mouth on it. Make make the bleeding stop. Why is it bleeding? Yeah. It's bleeding so. Oh uh, well, now I'll go. I'll go back and work there again. Be like, ha ha. <laughs> can't take my hair now gotcha <laughs> but yeah that's the thing though if you did test positive they would like make you go to rehab for, for <laughs> marijuana marijuana <laughs> rehab <laughs> yeah marijuana rehab and yeah they, the, that's like, they were they were like they thought like they were they were just so paranoid about marijuana, marijuana so funny. Rehab. Yeah. it's like detox all right, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, because they they did one, they did a whole round of tests one time, and I guess someone tested positive. Because you know it's you know it's hard to uh, you know totally like avoid in this state. You know it is, and like and it's dumb to avoid. Yeah, and it's like and that's the thing you you're you're friends with people who smoke and you know and stuff like that. And, it's like in any working class job. Especially, it's yeah, like, you're not a fucking pilot. Especially, especially that one is so hard on your body, and yeah. like, like I would have days where I would be just like totally devastated, mm-hmm. and and as we know from uh, pumping iron, like yeah, smoking weed helps the muscles. Relax. It does, yeah, and that helps your muscles grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the little bit of reefa it helps mm-hmm. your body, helps your muscles grow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and like I was just like, man, I wish I could get high right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but they're gonna test my hair. I can't. So I'm just gonna take a bunch of aspirin and kill my kill my liver. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's what they want you to do. Yeah. <laughs> die sooner. Die, die sooner. sooner. Die, die sooner. sooner. Less pension. Less. Okay. <laughs> Jump into the foundry. Jump into the foundry. <laughs> Well, I guess that's all of the Trek news and all the news we're talking about this week. With that, do you want to get into our new Trek of Hells yeah. the week? I all right. Move. Time to take a trip down to the Lower Decks. Let's talk about Trek, baby. The Lower Decks, baby. Let's talk about all the bad times, all the post that maybe. Let's talk about Trek. Hey. We got Lower Decks this week, a brand new one. Season 3, Episode 7, uh, released today on October 6th, 2022, called A Mathematically Perfect Redemption. Hells yeah. All right, this one was written by Ann Kim, who wrote uh, a couple of previous episodes, I Excrete Us and Moist Vessel, which actually are two of my least favorite episodes of the series, mm. I'm not going to lie. Interesting. So I came into this one a little skeptical. I'm like, oh, mm. Ann Kim betting uh, zero for <laughs> zero for two let's see what number three brings um she also wrote uh, in a couple episodes of the new girl and several of high school musical the series i have not seen either of those shows oh, wow. <laughs> you haven't seen high school musical the series no i guess they're a little old for you yeah <laughs> I, I, th- I think if i was watching it i think like that would send an alarm to the local police station <laughs> like, like well, i would have like swat teams so coming through my windows it's the hoey house again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's watching high school musical <laughs> Uh, the show? There's a show? Check his check his check check check, check his uh check his uh, order log. What did he buy at the store? He bought some coconut oil. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, and this one's uh, directed by <coughs> Jason Zurek. Uh, this is his third episode this season. He's mm. the guy who, uh, who directed Ducktales and stuff before. Okay, and is seventh overall for the show. So this is actually, I think, their most often director for the show at this point. Yeah. So good jo- good job, Jason Zurek. Because. Uh, mm-hmm. This season has had some great episodes. Yeah, I like this season a lot. So, let's begin. We open up on a last time on recap. Uh, And for those who haven't watched the first season of Lower Decks, we'll give you a similar recap. On the season finale of season one called No Small Parts, there is a character introduced that's a small flying robot uh, named Peanut Hamper. I love Peanut Hamper. Yeah, Peanut Amber was a pretty fun character, but I totally forgot about them because they were yeah. in an episode and then yeah. disappeared. Um, so, uh, so Peanut Hamper was given a mathematically perfect name by an mm-hmm. algorithm. Uh, while the Cerritos is about to be scrapped by a pack-led ship in the series finale of season one, or sorry, season finale, the crew figures out a plan to plant a virus on the ship, but needs someone small enough to do it, a description that only Peanut Hamper fits. <laughs> Instead of stealth- selflessly taking the mission... Peanut Hamper decides to instead beam out into space in order to save herself. Thankfully, uh, for both Shax, who risks or who actually, uh, mm-hmm. you know, commits suicide, uh, you know, I'll does save a kamikaze. you, baby bear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Shax does a kamikaze and dies, but is thankfully brought back in season two. Mm-hmm. And then the USS Titan uh, swoops in, Riker and crew uh, save the Cerritos. Uh, come to their aid, defeat the pack leads, but Peanut Hamper is knocked out way into space by an explosion and falls mm-hmm. adrift. We haven't seen her since in over a season and a half. And frankly, I forgot about her until the, the recap, mm-hmm. even though I just watched the first two seasons like a couple months ago. Yeah. 
I watched them all at once. I was high. I forgive myself. <laughs> you you should forgive uh, me too, listener. Thank you. I, I appreciate your forgiveness. Um, for me, I love Peanut Hamper. Do you I forgive like, me? I forgive you. Very very Christ-like. Yeah, Thank you. You know, it's like I'm you know I'm feeling pretty good. You know what? The beard also probably Christ-like. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I got long hair. Well, yeah, I have a mullet, so it's probably didn't. Christ didn't have a mullet. Jesus, I mean, Jesus in the pictures has a mullet usually. Does he? I think he's. Hmm. I mean, it's mo- It's kind. It's either long hair or a mullet. I think it's kind of mullety. It could be a mullet. You know, one of my like one of my biggest uh, regrets is uh, there is a guy. His name is like Hello, how are you, or something. Mm-hmm. And he's like a guy who dresses like Jesus, and he just goes on foot, and he's traveled to like every single state and multiple countries completely on foot. Mm-hmm. And I heard he was in Maryland, and I was like, oh man, I love that dude. And then like I was just driving, and I passed by him on the street, but mm-hmm. I was going the opposite direction, and I was like, I didn't pick him up. I feel I should have given him a ride. Yeah, and because like he he dresses and looks exactly like Jesus Christ. Interesting. You know, you want to know one of my biggest regrets? Huh. So uh, a little while ago, I was just like walking along the street in Capitol Hill, and I was gonna go get something pierced. I forget what mm. piercing it was. I think it was Prince Albert in a can. It was my butthole piercing. <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah. My, it was my yeah. prostate piercing. Anyway, um, yeah. so so I go there, and uh, one of the guys, and I'm I'm like I'm walking past uh, C- Cafe Vita, I think. Yeah. Victrola, uh, Vita, I think, and I see a guy, and I'm like, that, that dude kind of looks like Jeff Goldblum. That's weird. Just keep walking. I walk to uh, the place I'm getting pierced of all, and uh, one of the guys is like, "Dude, did you hear Jeff Goldblum is down at Cafe Vita?" I'm like, "That was Jeff Goldblum," and he's like, "Oh fuck, yeah, they're like shooting some like Jeff Goldblum show." So I'm like, "I'm gonna go get coffee from Jeff Goldblum." So I go, I go back, and he had just left, and like <sighs> some of his producers were like talking to some of the people there or something. I'm like. It's Jeff Gold, and I'm like looking around, and someone's like, "Oh no, Jeff Goldblum just left." I'm like, "No!" <laughs> you could have been gold bloomed. I could have been bloomed. I, you could uh, have been bloomed. Do you think that's what uh, a Radiohead album in bloom? That's what that's about. <laughs> Nirvana, I think. Oh, Nirvana, Nirvana. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, in I bloomed. always think it's Radiohead. Yeah, in bloomed. Yeah, in, in uh, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Ugh, in, man, in you could have. Yeah, you could have hung out with him. Probably not. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, we haven't seen Peanut Hamper in a year and a half, and yeah. she's just floating adrift. No mm-hmm. opening credits. No. At all. Uh, instead, we just watch uh, Peanut Hamper floating adrift in some really beautiful animation. Mm-hmm. And uh, instead of the main title, we get a trombone rendition of the theme and a rousing choral rendition uh, while Peanut Hamper just uh, floats adrift. Mm-hmm. I got to mention here, uh, Chris Westlake's reworking of the theme is fucking beautiful. And yeah. I'm just going to keep saying it. <laughs> Chris Westlake is the best composer of a modern Trek series. And honestly, in my opinion at this point, maybe the third best Star Trek composer mm-hmm. after Jerry Goldsmith, obviously got to be number one. Yeah. Just the best. And then Dennis McCarthy. Number yeah. All the, all, the music is amazing. The like, music's fantastic. Dude, the fucking. Especially his, in comparison to like the strange new worlds theme. Yeah. Yeah. Which <laughs> like, I, I couldn't, t- I couldn't sing you the discovery theme, the strange new worlds theme, no. the prodigy theme. This is the only one I can yeah. actually remember, and mm-hmm. it's great. Yeah, and like all of the themes and the music, the music in every episode is fantastic, and it's yeah. like it's better than all of the other live action treks. Mm-hmm. It's, in my opinion, like on par with one of the classic trek show with Dennis McCarthy's mm-hmm. fucking amazing themes. Like fucking the reworking of uh, the DS Nine theme mm-hmm. that they did on the last oh, yeah. episode was amazing maybe mm-hmm. honestly my favorite version of the song which is crazy to say because the first two versions fuck 
Yeah, with a because there really F. hasn't been any any new recordings or renditions of it since the show. No. Yeah, and so yeah, that was yeah that was incredible. And yeah, the 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 peanut hamper mm-hmm. soliloquy. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was really just great. It it great, gave a great feeling of loneliness and the mm-hmm. emptiness of space mm-hmm. while still playing the exact same theme. Yeah. I was just like, God damn! I have to mention this. Chris Westlake, you're not listening, <laughs> but if you know Chris Westlake, tell him he fucking fucks. He fucks, dude. He fucking fucks. He fucks the music horn fucking shit. Yeah, it definitely feels like they've definitely, like, uh, increased, like, the budget, you know, with animation and music, I feel, for this season. I, I, yeah, you might be right. Like, the production, it it feels more focused mm-hmm. to me, so... I, don't I mean, I guess if, I have to go back and rewatch the other seasons, but uh, nothing really stood out no, to me. I totally agree as with much you. With and this. I I watched the first two seasons right before we started season three, so mm-hmm. I a hundred percent agree. It's either they increase the budget or they've really just found their footing in production, and they're just you know going a mm-hmm. hundred here because like it's fucking good. This season has been yeah. fucking good. I gotta say. So Peanut Hamper is floating in space and complaining about her former crewmates, asking her to put the needs of the many above her own. <laughs> She wonders if her former crew really expected her to sacrifice herself on her first day on the job after knowing them for just three hours. (laughs) She marks off another day in space in the interior of the scrap of an old ship, presumably one of the pack lids that was blown up by the USS Titan. She says she hates Starfleet and wonders how Starfleet addresses the needs of the few, especially her. Mm -hmm. And she's like the one of the list. The little list robot. <laughs> Peanut Hamper flies over some pieces <coughs> of scrap crudely tied together with a face drawn on the front and a plaque reading Sophia on the top of it. Much. This is the most disgusting Trek podcast, by the way. We've got live nose blowing over here. <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. Sorry, I just had a cold. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Uh, the, there's a face drawn on uh, these pieces of scrap and a uh, plaque on it reading Sophia, much like Tom Hanks's Wilson mm-hmm. on the movie Castaway. <laughs> she apologized to, to Sophia and says she hates it when she gets like this and commiserates uh, what she wouldn't give for Sophia's level head. Peanut Hamper immediately focuses on a warp nacelle she's managed to find and says her priority is getting the nacelle working so she can get out of there. She's already collected enough dilithium to get it to warp 0.02 or maybe 0.03 if she's lucky. She tells Sophia to stop giving her a judging look and says she refuses to send a distress signal to Starfleet since they would just put her in a penal colony for going AWOL, saying Starfleet is so uptight about being betrayed. Like, I mean, it's a robot. Wouldn't they just, like, shut her down? (laughs) Also, like, (laughs) the betrayal wasn't that bad. I mean, she could just, they'll probably just put her in Australia. Yeah, I mean, they, they asked her to do something, and she's like, no, I guess she didn't. I mean, she did abandon them, but yeah. she also could have just been like, no, I'm good. But Yeah, I mean, she's still being like, she still has some autonomy and authority, like, this to decline that, you know. Right. She wasn't, you know, they weren't, they can't really order them to, well, I guess they can order her to sacrifice herself, but. And also, she's like non-organic life. She could, like, always, like, hitch a ride on a ship or something, I don't know. Yeah. It's weird to me, like, what a sense of time she has and stuff like that in here, I guess, which is, like, mm-hmm. like she, you know, she she is a lot more um, uh, conscious than a lot of 
robots have been on on Star Trek. So yeah, little... she she's definitely AI and yeah, like a little bit, little bit, little bit ha- has a little bit of a tude. Yeah, definitely sentient. And so yeah, we don't deal with that much in Star Trek, and there's always like a debate over whether a robot's sentient. So like. For us to just have one where we kind of take that for granted is interesting. Yeah, she's kind of like the doctor. Kind of. Yeah, because, you know, the doctor, you know, he had his own little quirks, you know. And... Right, right. But then again, the doctor wasn't actually kind of proven to be sentient until, like, season seven. Yeah. One of almost the last episodes mm-hmm. of the entire series. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's it's interesting to see, like, a robot come into this and we just, like, take for granted that they're sentient. Guess, yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, we... Mm sort of doing the uh uh you know transfer you know doing a lot of transference and you know just like uh what's the word I'm thinking of? Um butt stuff. Yeah butt stuff. Butt stuff yeah. you know just like you know projecting a lot of human qualities on honor because it you know she's a cartoon but right. <laughs> but I mean also at the same time like you know to to treat someone like a Starfleet officer and to actually, like, give them some kind of, I don't know, um, uh, like, penalization. Oh, yeah. Means that they have sentience. Like, you wouldn't punish a robot for doing something they were programmed to do, right? Yeah. And so this is a self-programming robot. In a way. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so, <clears throat> suddenly, the warp all begins working. Peanut Hamper tells Sophie that they make a pretty good team and that no matter what happens out there, she has a friend for life. <laughs> Suddenly, Drukmani's scavengers warp in from out of nowhere and try to catch Peanut Hamper in their tractor beam against some other junk. Peanut Hamper throws Sophie in front of her to make her escape and apologizes, strapping into the warp nacelle and warping away. It begins to warp, but starts to shake and detaches from a seat Peanut Hamper is in, <laughs> catapulting her towards what appears to be class M planet. Peanut Hamper awakes in uh, and is in a rattan hut, much to her dismay. Some bird people stare at her from a doorway. <laughs> or and, owl people. Uh, owl people, yeah. And the children uh, says the space box has spoken, runs <laughs> away. Suddenly a shadow downs the door and a bird man enters, or owl man. Uh, he <laughs> says he knows Peanut Hamper is awake and she's been healing herself for days, calling her metal body fascinating. Peanut Hamper tells him he's staring. She doesn't know him, and he's being very creepy. He introduces himself as Kaltoris of uh, e- wait, uh, Ar- Arior. Yeah, uh, Ariolus. Ariolus? Yeah. Okay. Ar- yeah, Ari- he calls himself... Well, Arolus. Arolus. Oh, oh, he calls himself Kaltoris of Arior. Uh, so I, I don't know if the I think the people are different than that. Yeah. Also, um, it's interesting that um, they I, I identify her as a sentient being, mm-hmm. even though she like doesn't have. But I I guess I kind of explained a little bit later. But she doesn't have. You know, like it's e- like when we see something because like in the in the exocomp episode of TNG, like that was the big thing where it was hard for humans to identify them as sentient right because they didn't have sort of like features that are identi- identifying as right right and that, uh, human to us and I, I guess that's why i was saying it's like it's so weird for us to just take this you know computers granted as sentient because mm-hmm. like we've never really done that with any computer before that there's mm-hmm. always like that burning question of like yeah they're in starfleet but are they really like human so yeah. to speak or you know it's the whole mm-hmm. measure of a man 
yeah kind of thing but it's like for this uh species that is uh you know not advanced you know don't seem warp capable Mm -hmm. like they can look at this box and identify it as even though it's not functioning identify it as something that's sentient and not just like another tool yeah like even though it you know doesn't have sort of features that are identifying to it as being something that's yeah especially because this is like a primitive culture Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah so anyway so the owl man says the moment he saw her descending from the heavens uh he knew she was brought there for a reason just as he begins to pick up a knife uh and says destiny (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Peanut Hamper begs him not to dismantle her, and she offers information about Starfleet in exchange. But that's not his intention, as he begins scraping some dirt off her with a knife, <laughs> saying he will not rest until she's fully restored. She enjoys the cleaning quite a bit, and is surprised she's not a prisoner. Mm-hmm. Kaltoris wheels Peanut Hamper around the village, saying everybody's been wondering who his secret guest is, and it's time to get them used to a stranger. Everybody in the village stares, and Peanut Hamper says it seems like everybody in the village hates her already. <laughs> Kaltoris assures her it's fear, as they've never met anybody from off-world, much less a robot. Peanut Hamper asks if they're not in the Federation, and if no ships come there, and he confirms that she's the first visitor to his planet within his lifetime. Mm-hmm. She says, fuck. <laughs> he begs her pardon, And she says, it's just something people in Starfleet say when they're stranded on a backwater planet (laughs) with no culture. Kaltura says, ah, yes, fucking D. Which was a pretty fun joke. It's kind of like the episode where Data uh, gets radiated and ends up in, like, uh, becomes like the the Iceman or the the Stone Man. Remember, he he loses his memories. And he's in, like, a uh, sort of a Renaissance style um, planet. And, uh, and then, like, he doesn't realize he's, uh, you know, breaking the um, uh, prime directive by being there. He's just like, I'm just a metal man. <laughs> yeah, we love that. Mm-hmm. We love breaking the prime directive. <laughs> we do. <laughs> uh, so the Arioran child gives his toy to Peanut Farmer, and she sarcastically says, thanks for the dirty stick, <laughs> and materializes a piece of candy, which impresses all the villagers. Mm-hmm. One Arioran says the space box is what they have been warned about. And another says they should cut her open and destroy the tiny witch that runs it. (laughs) Kaltoris makes an owl call that silences everybody and says the peanut helper is a living being and deserves respect like any other life form. Which, once again, weird that they just come to that conclusion, right? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, to us, like, that would just seem to be like a toaster. Yeah, but I guess we're a more advanced species, so, like, if you saw, like, something that was robotic for the first time, like, 200 years ago, you'd probably be like, I mean, is it an animal? Or, like, you know, it'd be very confusing, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean. Like, if you were, like, 400 years ago, if you showed a fucking pilgrim, like, a Boston Dynamics robot, they would shit their pants. (laughs) Or you just had one of those little RC cars and started going around them. (laughs) (laughs) And then you'd be like, what the fuck? There's, There's, like, so many levels, they're like... They and then, and then you show them a big car, and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> they just start beating it with hammers and trying to destroy it. Oh, it's the, the devil, the big, <laughs> it's the big devil made out of a rock. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> so, um, suddenly a super cut, uh, Eronian, uh, uh, with a man bun separates mm-hmm. the crowd and asks Kaltoris, who is his father? If a machine can ever really be alive. Kaltoris introduces his son, Rauda, and says that he will show Peanut Hamper his people's ways and be her guide. 
Rauta says he is next in line to be the village leader and can't be seen fraternizing with such a creature. Yeah, this is where the avatar similarities start to happen. Yes. Just like how Dave Sully was like, you know, uh, Nitiri was like uh, tasked with like showing um, uh, Jake Sully the ways of the Na'vi. I like that you just watched this movie so you actually know the names of everybody in the film. And I'm just like, yeah, sure, there was a soul. Are you, are you sure? Have you not seen know? Avatar before? I have. No one remembers the names of anyone. I remember the names. Yeah, because you just saw it again, you idiot. <laughs> in IMAX 3D. Yeah. Yeah, did, did you remember it before then? Yeah, I knew Jake Sully in the Teary. Yeah, man. Yeah, you really? <laughs> when was the last time you watched it before this? Uh, I actually watched it a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that, that's the thing is like, I, I don't know. I, I don't think anybody besides you who has actually watched it outside of a theater. Yeah. It's one of those movies you don't watch outside of a theater, really. You know, it's a theater. Yeah I, watch, yeah, I watched it on TV. I was actually thinking about watching it again, too. Yeah, but you're not supposed to. <laughs> it slaps. James Cameron's like, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. You see that tiny screen? Go fuck yourself, little man. Well, yeah, I'm going to put it on the big screen for a third motherfucking time for you <laughs> the because ne- that's the only way to watch. The next one comes out uh, the 16th, December 16th. Oh, yeah? Well. You want to go see it together? Yeah, I'm down. I'm down. That'd be, that'd be, it's going to be tight as fuck. Yeah, let's go to the Science Center because be- they have the best IMAX screen. Because at the end, when they released it in theaters, they had a clip on in the IMAX. Yeah, that's what you said. Okay. And it was fucking nuts. It was great. Yeah, I've seen the, the clip and it's fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. Or I've seen a clip and like everything is gorgeous yeah uh, and there's like a great thing where someone's like yeah so here's a 4k copy of the trailer and they just keep on zooming in further and further and further and the detail doesn't fade at all wow it just like looks real yeah like, and that's well, that's what happens when you have cgi artists that are actually good and yeah. paid well yeah and unionized because <laughs> unionized. yeah if you, you like it's it's crazy to to re-watch avatar like a movie that was fucking what 2009 and it stands up better than all the Marvel movies. Oh, every, single one of them. <laughs> every, every single one of them. It's oh, wild. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, what's the difference? Oh, it's like because they have, you know, they basically have slave labor making making their making their CGI for them. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> fuck them. Yeah. Fuck Marvel. Yes. Marvel's <laughs> dumb as shit. But yeah, this is, but yeah, there's going to be a lot of Avatar kind of references, I feel, in this episode. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, you're going to make them. I'm be like, what the fuck are you talking about, Pat? I haven't watched that film. <laughs> I don't know any. I know the Navi. I know the Tree of Life. Yeah. That's all I got. <coughs> Sully now. You told me Sully. Thanks for. Yeah, Jake Sully. Uh, yeah. That, you think he's related to Sully Sullenberger at all? Who's that? He's the guy uh, Tom Hanks played in, in a film called Sully. Oh, Sully, He's yeah. the guy who landed the plane in yeah. like, New York Harbor. Mm. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah, he could be the descendant of uh, of Sully Sullenberger. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sure that's going to come up in the way of water. Mm. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so, Kaltoris asks if his son is questioning the judgment of the current village leader, and he abdicates, taking the responsibility to show Peanut Hamper around. Peanut Hamper says she's catching village bad boy vibes from Raw Dog, which was an <laughs> amazing joke that caught me totally off guard. And I, yeah. I guffawed at that one. Um, yeah, there was a lot of really good laugh out loud type jokes on this one. Yeah, although this wasn't, 
I mean, really that much of an episode of Lower Decks. I thought it was still, like, comically one of the better episodes. Yeah. The jokes all, like, the jokes landed really well. I do like Peanut Hamper as a character. I wasn't totally huge on them in the first episode they were in, Mm -hmm. but but this one, I mean, it was, like, literally a Peanut Hamper episode, which I didn't expect them to ever bring the character back, much less bring him back for a full fucking episode. I I mean, I personally love characters that are assholes you know i love yeah you know yeah. always sunny in philadelphia and or, yeah. <laughs> or even in star trek like characters that are assholes mm-hmm. can sometimes be great like jellico jello captain jellico is a fucking dickhead oh, but yeah. he's one of my favorite captains yeah just because he's complicated and right yeah and yeah it, it, allow, it lends them a lot more just like uh just comedy com- comedic situations where you can just like true oh yeah like lore yeah like lore, lore is so much funnier than data was ever mm-hmm. by himself like data lore is one of the funniest episodes of tnt oh yeah it's so good like <laughs> data hamming it up or like brent spiner hamming it up with brent spiner mm-hmm. is a great comedic duo oh yeah yeah um so anyway uh, in Aronian, Ar- Arorian woman, uh, who was accompanying, accompanying raw dog, um, <laughs> says that peanut hamper knows nothing of him and peanut hamper tells her to keep it in her pants <laughs> saying she's not trying to steal her bird man. <laughs> um, Kaltura says they just need time to adjust to a stranger and takes her off to show her the village. Well, and she's like, Oh great. A well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So now we get a personal log. Personal log. Uh, I'm stranded with a bunch of hillbilly birds on a planet that's never been <laughs> contacted or first contacted. Uh, I could still put out a distress call if I wanted Starfleet security to toss me in a penal colony, which isn't the worst option because there's nothing going on here. <laughs> uh, Rauta enters the hut and sees Peanut Hamper has been replicating and shooting tennis balls all over the hut. And asks how she can live in such filth. Damn, girl, you live like this? <laughs> uh, he tells her they must begin the day's work. Walking around the village, Peanut Hamper notices a bunch of livestock animals and asks if every animal in the planet has wings. Rauda says, of course they do. And Peanut Hamper mocks him, saying that's not the huge for this quadrant, <laughs> but that his people uh, wouldn't know anything about anything anyway. And Rauda groans. <laughs> Near a hut, Rowda is doing repairs, and Peanut Hamper excoriates him for using straw and asks if they've invented tiles yet. He says it's the way things have always been, and Peanut Hamper says the next time it rains, the roof is going to collapse like it always has, <laughs> right as a shadow sneaks over her face. Rowda covers her, covers her up and tells him, and she tells him to watch where he puts his claws. But he says to be quiet as a sky snake flies overhead. <laughs> Peanut Hamper wonders why, if everything on the planet has wings, would they call it a sky snake? <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it just be a snake? It's mm-hmm. a really good question. Yeah. It could just be the way the translator's working. It could be, yeah. I mean, this is universal translator is a new yeah. new new language, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. In their in their language it could I mean something like, you know you know sky terror or something i don't know <laughs> just cool. just thinking out loud thinking out loud yeah i can hear that uh, <laughs> dragon maybe dragon know. oh yeah dragon yeah. um so uh raw dog uh tells her to follow uh, and wait wait oh sorry he tells her to follow his more tasks await and peanut hamper says her universal translator can't make his language smart. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe it is a universal translator. Yeah. 
Later in the village, Raw Dog and Peanut Hamper are milking some sky goats, and Peanut Hamper is doing it very efficiently. She says with a little techno help, she's gotten twice as much milk right as a sky goat bites her. Suddenly, a woman calls to Rauta, telling him that Kaltoris was bitten by a sky snake. Dying, Kaltoris says, it is the great circle of life. The snake takes his life with his venom, and he takes the snake's life with his spear, pointing over to a dead sky snake. Mm. He coughs and says there's nothing to be done. Suddenly, Peanut Helper, a hamper, flies over and tells him he's being a big baby. <laughs> Rauta says that nobody's ever survived a sky snake attack, and Peanut Hamper nonchalantly goes up to Kaltoris and injects him with something and says, Boop, anti-venom. <laughs> and Kaltoris props right up. Rauna asks how she did this, and Peanut Hamper says it's called science, and they could have it if they didn't put up with straw huts and parasite <laughs> water. Which again, a, a fun joke. Yeah. Enjoy, enjoy these jokes. Yeah. Rauna asks Kaltoris how he feels, and he says he feels wonderful. Peanut Hamper notes that she also gave him a vitamin injection since he was insufficient in, well, everything. <laughs> Kaltoris says she was brought here for a reason. Some children crowd around Peanut Hamper, and although she's initially annoyed, they start chanting her name, so she begins replicating them candy, <laughs> much to their delight. Next, we see Peanut Hamper flying out of a hut with a bag sometime later, and the villagers seem to love her. They wave. One says thanks to her. Uh, thanks to her, his ingrowns are healed, and he can paint again. <laughs> Another says she cleared out... Uh, she cleared out his stomach worms, and his feces is once again oily and white. <laughs> she says great, but also gross. But also as owls do, I guess owls do poop. But, yeah. it, but they, there was no uh, owl pellet jokes. Yeah, yeah, they do poop. And that, I mean, I guess they were birds slash owl people. They yeah. necessarily one or the other. And in uh, the, the weird thing, too, is like, so um, when birds poop, the white part is actually their urine. Cool. It's it's mostly their urine waste. <laughs> so you'll see, you know how you see bird poop and it's like the white oily substance and then like some little brown. Oh yeah, I got some on my black, windshield right now. Yeah, brown and black like <laughs> specks or maybe a brown like pellet in there. Mm-hmm. That's the poop. Okay. So they actually expel it all at once. They do just a God, dump. I wish it were me. Yeah, right? <laughs> I wish I could just be like, <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I could just poop on people's cars in public. <laughs> Hang out on a street light. Not go to work, <laughs> eat trash. <laughs> yeah, me too. me too. But I would have liked I would have liked an owl pellet type joke where they just go, <laughs> they just oh, yeah. cough up like a, a bunch of scale, bunch of bones. Yeah, I mean, dude, no, no, they poop those out. Those owl pellets are poop. No owl pellet. No, they hack them up. No, they're poop. No, it's hacked up. No, no, they're definitely pellet. The, like I used to, they made us, they made us fucking. Oh yeah, dis- I dissected them too. But no, it's, they they it's totally poop, isn't it? I think they no, they throw it up. Then how do they? What's the other material in there? They, the other material is just like the the meat. The meat. Yeah, like why the, wouldn't so they don't poop at all then? No, they poop, but they also have the owl pellets, the the stuff that they can't digest. It's a uh, bezor. It's a bee or bezor. I guess it is. Yeah. Yeah. What. What? What's that weird shit then? I'm. I'm. I'm actually really. <laughs> I'm really disappointed. I thought I was handling owl poop. I gotta find a new fetish. Now. <laughs> I put that in my mouth. I'm not a fucking weird emetophiliac. I'm not, <laughs> a, 
I'm not into barf. That's yeah, disgusting. yeah. Like they, they, like it's, it's like a bezoar. It's like all the stuff that they can't digest, and so they hack that up and then digest all the stuff that they can. Yeah, I guess I was confused because they're usually like brownish. Um, oh, I guess that's probably because a lot of the fur. Yeah. Okay, so that's a lot of the 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 fiber material is just fur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just for, yeah, it's uh, it's the fur of the of the mouse or whatever, and then the bones. Yeah, that's really disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember dissecting the pellet, and I had a, like a, almost a whole skeleton. It's pretty cool. You, you ever eat one? No, I have not. Well, someone's a pussy. Yeah, well, I don't want a bezoar in myself like that. You know, a little undigestible matter that just you know just hair and poker chips. Yeah, but you've got a big enough digestive tract. You can you can poop those things out. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, definitely. why risk it? Why I mean, I already eat so much other hair. <laughs> I, I already only eat hair and bones anyway. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of the liver can you heard of him? <laughs> I don't want I don't want a bezoar. Mm, don't trust the bezoar in apartment twenty three zoar. <laughs> um so oh shit, I, I skipped way away from where I was. Doesn't matter. Yeah, we we're in Bezoar chat. Yeah, we're yeah, it's okay. So um yeah, here we are. Okay, so um, route entrance to the hut. No, already got that near a hut. Yeah, we just did the oily and oily yeah. and white. Oily white poo 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 poo. Um, we love poo poo jokes. We do love poo poo jokes. Oh, here we go. Uh, so uh, Rauda approaches Peanut Hamper and gives her a sullen look, and they make their way to a building. It's the incubation hut, and there's many eggs laid out in a grid. He says it's a difficult journey, and many of the chicks won't make it to the end, but that is the way of things. <laughs> Peanut Hamper tells him to watch and learn, and incubates and hatches all the eggs immediately, much to Rauda's amazement. <laughs> he tells Peanut Hamper she's incredible as the chicks crowd around her. He tells her to come with him. She wants to show her something. Hell yeah. So do you think she just has like a whole bunch of owl come in her and she just like fertilize the eggs immediately like that? Like... <laughs> well, I mean, if she didn't, then she will soon. Oh, she certainly <laughs> So flying high above the planet, uh, Peanut Hamper says it's really beautiful, even for a backwards uh, planet in the middle of nowhere. Uh, he agrees and tells her he can't help but be full of song when he's with her. And she tells him to sing for her. Raw Dog lets out a caca, <laughs> and she tells him it scared the shit out of her and to never do it again. In a hidden waterfall retreat, Rowda tells Peanut Hamper this is his favorite place to hide. She asks what he hides from. He says his father, for one, noting that he's great, but when you're the son of someone perfect, they expect you to be perfect, too. She says she thinks he's pretty perfect, but knows how he feels. His father used to want uh, her to, or her father used to want her to be in with all the other exocomps, but she wanted to become a dabble girl and never settle down. <laughs> she notes that she messed up in Starfleet, but she can finally now imagine a life in one place here with him. Uh, this is very like Dances with Wolves, Avatar. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Avatar is kind of Dances with Wolves. Yeah, and when Terry's like, you can have blah blah. She's the best hunter, or blah blah. She's the best uh, singer. He's like, I've made my choice. I want the one with the best pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I like that big blue pussy. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So yeah, he could stick his whole head into it if he was a human. And he human could he just crawl in and spend the night like a sleeping bag. Yeah, I, I was seeing something like how they were talking about how like uh, James Cameron was talking about how like the Navi aren't placental animals. So it's like they don't like so they won't they don't give birth like like mammals. Growing <laughs> trees or what? I don't know. Like, I guess we're gonna figure that out because they have kids in the next one. So Ooh, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm right. excited to see. I'm uh, excited to see James Cameron's vision. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because like, I don't think because like then, but then also, then why do they have nipples? Like for milk. So they still produce milk, I guess. But like, yeah. but they're not. But do they lay eggs? Maybe. Because mm. I'm, I'm not even sure if they have genitals. To be honest, yeah, maybe maybe they just like eat enough food and never poop and then when they have <laughs> enough matter in them to make another navi they just poop out a full new because uh, i'm sure i'm sure they do have buttholes but i'm not sure if they actually have genitals yeah they're like digestive tract is just navi shaped <laughs> it's just shaped like a slightly smaller navi than them and they just fill it up and a big brown navi comes out and then just gains sentience and turns blue cool they paint it blue and <laughs> They painted blue. Yeah, it's like they're actually painted blue turds. Ascension <laughs> <laughs> turds. All right, we figured it out. Yep. We don't have to wait till December sixteenth to figure out how Navi are born. You're welcome, Mister Cameron. <laughs> um, he's like he's like going fucking rewriting the whole movie. He's just like, all right, I'm pushing it back. I have to do some rewrites. Goddamn soy trek, not again, <laughs> not again. Damn you. Um. So yeah. By the way, we did the PCP and the fucking lobster bisque on Titanic set. You're welcome, <laughs> welcome, James Cameron. It was our little joke. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. uh, we're uh, Im- 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 impractical jokers. That, yeah, we're practical jokers. Yeah, in in impractical jokers. In in impractical jokers. Yeah, <laughs> um, so uh, Raw Dog tells uh, Peanut Hamper that she's welcome to stay, but there is one person. Uh, because especially because she's like made everyone there so happy and she's healed so many people, but there's one person she hasn't treated yet. Picking up on the hint, Peanut Hamper says maybe they should start with a physical. Oh yeah. And Rauda says he longs for the touch of her nozzle. <laughs> they both become visibly aroused, and he says their pieces are so different. He takes off his pants, and she says his are so complicated (laughs) but they'll just have to wing it Mm -hmm. they embrace and their silhouette turns into a heart as they make mad passionate machine on birdman love and rauda cries out in climax (laughs) sometime later the two are having pillow talk and rauda says he never knew he could feel so alive with a machine a beautiful glorious machine he feels as though he's been lied to about her kind his entire life and says he has something to show her he takes her to some ancient, elaborately decorated caves. He says it's where they house the relics of their ancestors, noting that in the past, Arior were a spacefaring series. Peanut Hamper is incredulous, asking if they've had technology this entire time. Rauda says they don't, but their ancestors did. It only brought them endless war and misery, so they abandoned their technology. They could travel great distances by folding the stars upon themselves. But Peanut Hamper says that warp is supposed... <laughs> I can't keep doing these hands. <laughs> but Peanut Hamper says... Uh, it, but Peanut Hamper says... I wrote this a weird note. Oh. Uh, 
So they, Raw Dog says they could travel great distances by folding the stars upon them, which Peanut Hamper says is warp technology. And is surprised mm-hmm. that she hasn't been breaking the Prime Directive this entire time. Yeah, she, yeah, she's definitely relieved. She hasn't been. A... <laughs> I mean, would she really care? Yeah, um, she wouldn't care. So uh, he says the ancients forbid any technology, but he thinks they were wrong. This peanut hamper is technology, and she's good. Mm-hmm. Peanut hamper says she's not good. She says her Starfleet training helped them, not her. Starfleet, she says, was like her home, her tree, but reveals she ended up on the planet because she abandoned her crewmates. She says she was more interested in helping herself than her crew but now sees that organic life is so special because it's fragile, not in spite of it, and wishes she could go back and do the right thing. Rauda says she must forgive herself, but she says she can't, and he says maybe he has no choice but to make her forget, as they once again <laughs> mad, passionate owl man on robot love. Yeah, he's just using the flashlight. Oh, yeah. He's just <laughs> like... I guess she could replicate, like, a fleshlight type thing. Oh, man. I mean, I, I mean, the replicator could constantly, like, be morphing and changing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, yeah. That yeah, makes... Replica... Replica-ussy. Yeah. Replica-ussy. <laughs> replica-ussy. Replica-ussy. <laughs> what that replica-ussy do. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Um, God. Replica-ussy. Now I'm not going to be able to think... I'm not going to be able to read for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> You're gonna be Ooh. you're gonna be googling where can I buy replicacy? <laughs> <laughs> what that replicacy do? Bing dot com go. <laughs> Time to go on the dark web. <laughs> Bill Gates is sitting alone in a room. Someone's using Bing. Someone using Bing oh, how again. Do, how do they know about the replicacy? <laughs> That's only in my secret laboratory. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you know, Bill Gates has the weirdest sex technology, right? Well, he was friends with Jeffrey Epstein, and he went, and he flew to. Uh, he was fiends with Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, he was fiends with Jeffrey Epstein. He took a lot of pictures and did a lot of flights with Jeffrey Epstein. So, uh, like Melinda Gates said, one of the reasons she divorced Bill Gates was his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, which brings up so many questions. Mm-hmm. I have. So many questions about that. <laughs> like, um, God, if I could be a fly on Bill Gates' wall, and I know where he lives, so maybe I can. Oh, yeah. No, I can't. No. Yeah, I'll, you'll just get arrested. <laughs> no, I, will, I will get arrested. And, yeah, I'm going to yeah get violated by a nightstick. <laughs> yeah, and you're going to end up on the new Epstein Island, wherever oh, that is. Yeah, Big St. James. <laughs> Big St. James. <laughs> Medium St. James. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, fuck Bill Gates. Yeah. Indeed. So, the seasons change, and suddenly we are at a wedding. Yeah, fuck Bill Gates. If you you wonder why fuck Bill Gates, if you think Bill Gates is, like, good and, like, a benevolent human being, I would highly, highly recommend listening to, um, just look up Citations Needed Mm -hmm. Bill Gates. Uh, The Citations Needed podcast has done at least, like, four or five episodes on Bill Gates now. And basically how he controls his own narrative by giving to mm-hmm. the media and controlling media narratives of himself mm-hmm. in order to make himself seem good when what he's doing, especially with his NGOs and the Bill Gates Foundation, is not very good. No. 
And I mean, also, that's, that's, that's like doing all the humanitarian work in Africa is just a way of him getting closer to, you know, the raw materials, you mm-hmm. know, he needs for computer parts. The raw materials he needs for that. And also uh, pharmaceutical IP. Yeah. Which is, oh, yeah, yeah. When, you think, when you think about it, Bill Gates has made literally his entire fortune off of intellectual property rights. Mm-hmm. All of it is just, hey, Microsoft owns that license, pay for a Microsoft yeah. license. It's un- unlimited yeah. scalability. Yeah, he stopped the software revolution, really. Yeah. No, and he, I mean, he, <laughs> he stole it from Xerox, yeah. put his name on it, and charged an outrageous price. And it's like, I mean, Bill Gates is like a fucking criminal in, what, in the way he got rich. Yeah. And then the way he maintains his wealth. And people are like, oh, he's giving away all his money. How, how <laughs> do you pledge to give away all of your money in the early 2000s? And 20 years later, somehow you have four times as much yeah. money. That doesn't make any sense. No. That makes no sense. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's a thing like charities and, you know, donations and all that shit are just complete scam- scams. They are. Charities, and, NGOs, like, yeah. you know, the, the World Monetary Fund mm-hmm. has kept Africa in poverty. Yep. Like, like unquestionably, they've done duplicitous, yeah, terrible shit. They're just there to extract resources. A hundred percent for for the Western world. Mm-hmm. It's all dog shit. And they're like, oh, we're developing that world. You're developing it <laughs> for the Western world, yeah. which is why it's developing so slowly is because mm-hmm. you use that continent for its slave labor and its resources. <coughs> mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. It's a lot easier when you just keep the slaves in Africa, <laughs> right? Yeah. And like... World, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, like charities are also just a way to get away from them paying any sort of taxes whatsoever. (laughs) So, like, yeah, like just another way for them to hoard wealth. And Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, I mean, he needs to not have it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yep. It's 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 dog shit. And like a lot of people, oh, oh, it's a charity. Like most people who say, oh, it's a charity, they're doing good things. Those people do not understand how charities work. They yeah. don't understand how a grant works. They don't understand like how a f- principal foundational investment actually works. Like, mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, if, if you have any kind of sizable grant, uh, any kind of money you're holding as a nonprofit organization, you're required by the government, at least in America to spend 5% of that endowment every single year. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, like the Bill Gates foundation, say they have a hundred billion dollars they're required by law to spend $5 billion a year, right? Mm-hmm. So the Bill Gates Foundation, um, during the pandemic, their wealth increased over 40%. Guess how much they spent both those years of, how, their, of their endowment? How much? 5%. Woo! Yeah. Every single year, no matter how much money they make. And so they keep on getting more and more and more wealth. Do you mm-hmm. think, do you think they, they spend proportionally to that wealth? No. No. <laughs> no, that's their wealth. That's yep. their money. That's their money to do with what they want. That's their, and you know, money is soft power. And so is an NGO like the Bill Gates Foundation, the largest NGO in the world with, you know, uh, several hundred billion dollars in wealth. You can do whatever statecraft you want. Mm-hmm. And and because you're doing it for a charity, people are like, it's a good thing. Yeah. And so Bill Gates can then go buy up all of the remaining farmland in America? Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. And, uh, yeah, and also in water supplies. And, exactly. Well, I mean, yeah. that's, that's the thing is yeah. the remaining farmland in America, 
that a, a lot of that is like you know it's it's non deciduous area it's it's mm-hmm. you know grazing area that gets a decent amount of waterfall and so it does have water yeah. tables yeah which are very important mm-hmm. and we know are going to be very important as it gets hotter and hotter yep uh oh suddenly yeah he's just gonna be fucking like uh a Morton Joe. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, so, and so yeah, he's just gonna be like mediocre, mediocre. <laughs> yeah, he's just yeah, he's yeah. We're we're just gonna have a Morton Morton Bill yeah. up there. Yeah, just like uh, once you know, yeah, water is no longer a human right. And- Welcome to the wasteland, brought to you by <laughs> Bing dot com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he'll be able to go to all the Epstein islands he wants and. We'll be pay- we'll be paying for you know everything will be a giant Epstein desert yeah, just that, yeah Epstein deserts and we'll be all like you know just dying we'll of dehydration Epstein oasis yeah steel oasis yeah um, like yeah just worshiping him at a, at, a, at a little fortress little Saint James brought to you by <laughs> Bing dot com slash Nestle yeah so I guess like the point is yeah fuck Bill Gates. Fucking yeah, fuck Bill Gates. Uh, anyway, the seasons anyway. change, and suddenly <laughs> we, we got away, away from it. No, 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 no. This is this is us uh, f- fulfilling our yeah. claim that we're a dirtbag with yeah. this podcast. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, so the seasons change, and suddenly we're at a wedding uh, called a wing joining in their culture between Rauda and Peanut Hamper, with Caltoris officiating. I I keep wanting to call him Clitoris, and I might start doing that. Yeah. Okay. Just so you know. So, Rowdy tells Peanut Hamper that when he met her, he was afraid because she was so full of life. And now, more than ever, he wants to spend his life. But suddenly, somebody yells, Sky Snakes, run! <laughs> but it's no Sky Snakes. It's the uh, Drukmani Scavengers, once mm-hmm. again. Peanut Hamper says they must have tracked her there. Rowdy tells her to stay calm. Peanut Hamper begs them not to uh, let them take her as the Drukmani land in the transport. They exit their transport and say they've located valuable materials beneath their village, and they will scavenge them and then leave in peace. Rauta says, this is the ships of their ancestors they're after, and Clitoris says removing them would destroy the trees above them on which their homes rest. Unobtainium. (laughs) Completely, completely unlike Avatar. (laughs) Uh, and also, at, yeah, and, uh, uh, when during their uh, their waterfall uh, lovemaking session, they also had uh, the tra- uh, fluorescent uh, uh, plants and stuff, like they did in Avatar. Oh, I guess you're right. I didn't even think about. That. Yeah, yeah, they, all the plants were glowing and stuff, and yeah, now like the the uh, the one tree uh, is uh, you know with all the unobtainium underneath it. Yeah, it's getting extracted. Hmm. But yeah, mm. but you know, crazy. Yeah. So the Drukmani captain says uh, it's trash that they're claiming, and they're going to claim salvage on it. Uh, Rauta attacks him, and a battle ensues. The Drukmani turn on a tractor beam and begin destroying the village. Rauta saves some children and says this is what the ancients feared. They brought ruin to their loved ones, and there's nothing they can do. But Peanut Hamper says that's where they're wrong. <laughs> Suddenly, aboard the bridge of the Cerritos... They're receiving a distress call from Peanut Hamper on a planet Boimler can't pronounce. <laughs> Captain Freeman, in another weird note here, we actually see Boimler and Mariner on, uh, I don't know, ops and navigation mm-hmm. respectively, which we never see those two together on the bridge, which is kind of interesting. But mm. I guess they needed a way to like fit the voice actors in this episode yeah. somehow. Tendies later on the bridge as well. Yeah. Well, Tendies also on like the away team that goes down to the planet, mm-hmm. so, you know. 
and uh, and of course like the the bird therapist he's in the Deanna Troy seat Dr. McLeema Mr. Mc yeah he's he's doctor a doctor you I'm sorry did you try to he, say mister yeah he didn't go to bird college for eight <laughs> years to be called mister you son of a bitch yeah he didn't study bird law yeah <laughs> <laughs> that that would be that would be McLeemo Esquire that'd be yeah yeah but yeah Dr. McLeemo yeah he's in the Deanna Troy seat yeah, like. which which I, I like I like the ship counselor being there. That's a fun mm-hmm. fun place. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we've actually seen the setup of the bridge before, which no. is kind of cool. I mean, yeah. it's, it's very brief. But. So Captain Freeman, curious to have a chat with Peanut Hamper, has them set a course for Ariolus at maximum warp. Back on Ariolus, uh, I somehow got away from my notes. Um, great. Okay, so um, back on Ariolus. Peanut Hamper hopes somebody received her distress call. Rauta says they don't have much time left, and soon there will be no home left to save. They wonder who could do such a task, and Peanut Hamper, in a new display of selflessness, volunteers herself. <laughs> Rauta says it's too dangerous, but she insists the needs of the many outweigh the needs of a few in a whole new attitude. Rauta says she's not few, she's just one. And she says, no, I'm Starfleet. Oh, oh, um, peanut hamper gets into the Drukmani transport. Uh, the Cerritos arrives and sees the Drukmani attacking the village. Uh, Freeman orders phasers, but suddenly they see the Drukmani transport and read peanut hamper on it. <laughs> going to save the day. <laughs> peanut hamper crashes the transport into the side of the Drukmani ship and goes to a computer terminal, overloading the engines and blowing the ship out of the sky. Rauda calls after Peanut Hamper and begins crying when the ship blows up. But from the explosion flies the Drukmani transport and Peanut Hamper with it. The villagers cheer, telling her she did it, just as Freeman, Shax, and Tendi beam down and introduce themselves. She says they're usually more careful with first contacts, but Rauda says they already know about Starfleet. Freeman begins to explain the Prime Directive, but Clitoris says without Peanut Hamper, they'd all be dead, and insists they're one of them, and she won't be taken to a penal colony. Freeman says nobody's in trouble, and they're there to thank Peanut Hamper. Peanut Hamper says she used to be selfish, but she learned her lesson and now understands love and sacrifice. She says she feels a call to duty and tells Rauda that she needs to return to Starfleet. As they are her flock. Freeman says it'll be hard to explain to command, but they could probably give her another chance. Rauda asks if they have room for a loving husband, <laughs> and Peanut Hamper says she couldn't ask him to leave such a paradise. He says anywhere with her is a paradise. But just then Rutherford pages Freeman and says the Drukmani have transported to the ancient Arior ship, which is still operational with advanced weapon systems beyond their capabilities. Mm. The Drukmani fire on the village and then go to fight the Cerritos. Uh, But the Cerritos hails them. The Drukmani say they were deceived with Starfleet lies, and Ransom asks what they're talking about. The Drukmani reveal that they were sent a transmission from Starfleet telling them about the junk ships and that they'd received no resistance when taking them. The transmission came from none other... Then Peanut Hamper, bum, bum, bum. <gasps> who was attempting to cause a conflict that would help her look like a hero to Starfleet so she could escape the planet. <laughs> the Drukmani thankfully recorded it and play it back. 
Rowda is sad and pleads for an explanation. But Peanut Hamper tells him to shut the fuck up and grow a fucking beak. <laughs> which was a funny line. Um, mm-hmm. He begins to cry, and Peanut Hamper says he cries after everything, including after they <laughs> do it. Uh, Tendy says Peanut Hamper still has a chance to be a hero. Peanut Hamper immediately declines and flies away, saying, Smell you later, literally, <laughs> since organic life forms shit everywhere. <laughs> then a giant burning tree falls on her. Above the planet, the Cerritos isn't faring well against the ancient ship's weapons, and the shields are beginning to fail. Freeman is trying to evacuate the village, and Clitoris is wondering why the ancestors have forsaken them. But just then, a giant ancient ship rises from the planet. They think it's Peanut Hamper at first, but it's Rawdog piloting the ship. And it lifts into space and destroys the Drukmani ship with relative ease, saving the day and the Cerritos. Back down on the planet, Rauda flies back down and tells the people they must protect their way of life, and they can live how they desire. Kaltoris tells Rauda he is. Kaltoris uh, tells Rauda he is ready to leave. Suddenly, Peanut Hamper emerges from a tree and says they all did it together. <laughs> they tell her she's no longer welcome on the planet, and she says she didn't want to be there anyway, since they're the poor man's Aurelians. <laughs> She tells Freeman it's time to beam out of the shithole, but Freeman won't let her back to the ship. Peanut Hamper says she made a mistake and she should have called the Borg, threatening to do it right then and raising her antenna, which they manually shove back down. Next, she's put in a chamber labeled Self-Aware Megalomaniacal Computer Storage <laughs> at the Daystrom Institute. Suddenly, Agamus, the evil computer from Season 2, Episode 7, where Pleasant Fountains Lie begins talking to her, saying they could do awful things together. They start laughing together, but then all the other computers start laughing, and she tells them to stop. <laughs> also, uh, Agamus is once again played by none other than the legendary Jeffrey Combs. Hell yeah. That's the end of the episode. Yeah. What do you think? I loved it. Yeah, yeah, I really liked it too. Even though mm-hmm. a lot of people online didn't seem to like this one. Interesting. I mean, it wasn't really totally an episode of Lower Decks, but at the same time, it was like one of those one-off episodes where, like, you know, one character yeah. like begins in a foreign place, and they're like, "What's mm-hmm. going on?" And yeah, it's a, it's a nice little like uh, little uh, break from you know like the the story that that's happening currently, yeah. currently, and like a little, a little nice fun break from it, you know, and giving like a. Uh, you know, an asshole little robot uh, getting the opportunity to clown on some primitive culture, and hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. And, and I, I thought it was really funny. Like my only th- complaint is, I kind of wish like it was more of a um, uh, way to allow Peanut Hamper to become like a regular occurring, maybe just like you know, appear every once in a while uh, back in, back with the um, back and back on the crew. And bringing I mean, and bringing raw dog with her and like that would that could lead some that, that could be cool but I think they're definitely setting her up to be like oh. a, a recurring villain which I think yeah. she would be better as and mm. you know what honestly I'm glad they didn't do it especially yeah. because I loved the bait and switch they did with this episode where mm-hmm. they called it a, uh, a mathematically perfect redemption yeah and so the whole time like you know Peanut, it did seem Peanut like Hamper it was that is way. redeeming herself and they're like oh yeah mm-hmm. and then immediately she had, know, she never turns. actually changed she's just been bullshitting everyone and i i loved that double turn honestly <laughs> yeah. that was that was a great i mean yeah surprise. it was it was it funny. was and it, it actually broke the storytelling it was 
completely subverted expectations. It made it completely unlike your avatars, your dances with the wolves, yeah. the things you could actually compare this to. Yeah. And it, yeah. It's and like it, where the character doesn't actually learn any lessons. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because I, I love that. And that's funny to me. Is, yeah. You know, when, you know, my expectations are subverted, there's a fun mm-hmm. twist. And no one learns anything in the end. I like that. That's yeah, it's, it's, it's it's a very Seinfeld. It, I was gonna say yeah. it's a very Seinfeld way to end things, <laughs> yeah. but Seinfeld's fucking funny. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, yeah. We're definitely going to that's, but that is that is like a good thing. Yeah, we're gonna have like an uh, uh, Jeffrey Combs peanut hamper uh, pairing up, and I would totally be down with that because yeah. I, I like peanut. The actress who plays Peanut Hamper's voice is very funny. So. Yeah, yeah. And the character of Peanut Hamper is really funny, just like a little piece of shit exocomp. Yeah, yeah, we kind of like that. That's, yeah, that's pretty fun. Yeah, so I gotta say, um, Anne Kim, mm-hmm. I didn't like your two previous episodes, <laughs> but this one, it's a winner. It's a winner. Yeah, you're you're getting a good footing. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good job. Yeah, we had Al people. Yeah, yeah. We had yeah, you. You took you took a premise that like, I mean, maybe shouldn't have worked. You know, it's mm-hmm. a very in- weird premise to just like throw into the series. Yeah. But I thought it worked great. Yeah, me too. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah I liked it. It was very funny. All right, that is all the new Trek for the week. That was fun, 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 huh? Mm-hmm. All right, with that, would you like to get into the Klingon word of the day? Yes. Yes, I would. All right, let's get into it with a little bit of Klingon opera. Ooh. <laughs> the Klingon word of the day. Today's Klingon word is nyod. Nyod? Nyod. Nyod? Nyod. Yeah, it's, it's N- N-G-O-D. Nyod. Like N-Y-O-D? Yeah. I think the G is silent. Nyod. 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 Yeah, which means fact or facts. So you could say nyod. Don't care about your feelings. Oh, that's very true. Yeah. Klingon Ben Shapiro. Imagine that. I think he would be killed because he has no honor. <laughs> uh, say for the sake of argument, today was not a good day to die. Excuse me? No, no. Right. Yeah, he so. would. <laughs> yeah, he'd be, he'd be so annoying. Like, I, they would not deal with him. Like, no, they would kill him. They would, they would kill, kill him. him. Like, they would have no problem just killing him. I, but I, but they like, would make I, sure to kill him in a way where he doesn't go to Stovokar. Yeah, you know, you know what Ben Shapiro is. Mm. Ben Shapiro is a fucking Romulan. Yes, he's a perfect Romulan. <laughs> like, if you put Romulan ears on, if you put Vulcan ears on him, like he'd be like, I, "I'm a Vulcan." He'd be like, "No, you're not. You're obviously a Romulan. There's yeah. no possible way you can be a Vulcan." Yeah, like it just doesn't work. He, yeah, he's, yeah. I want to say he. Like you would immediately kind of oh he's Ferengi because he's like you know just like kind of just like more no morals and kind of just shitty but like no yeah, so are Romulans but Romulans are but that's the thing Ferengi like to fuck yeah Ferengi, Ferengi at least like to fuck and they like fun they like fun Ben Shapiro doesn't like fun no he's de- yeah he's de- he's most definitely a Romulan yeah yeah a hundred percent Romulan yeah really just to stick up his ass and oh yeah 
Yeah, whole lot of stuff. Up definitely there. would not be not definitely would not be loved by the Klingon Empire. No, <laughs> no, you would be treated like a scientist, or mm-hmm. actually much worse, much worse, much, much worse. worse than a Klingon scientist. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks. That was a great Klingon word of the day. Yeah. All right. Um, with that, do you want to get in to our uh, old trek for the week? Yeah. All righty. Well, uh, we we chose a, a random episode. We always choose a random episode every week. Mm-hmm. And uh, this week, uh, I don't even fucking remember what the number was. But you know what it ended up being? It ended up being an early episode from season two of Star Trek. Have we done a TOS episode yet? You and me haven't. Uh, oh, yeah. Me and, me and the old host did. Mm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, let's, let's get into this bad boy. Yeah. Star Trek original, Star Trek original, we're watching Star Trek original, Star Trek original, Star Trek original, Star Trek original, it's actually not his real name, though. His oh, real really? name is John T. Duggan. <laughs> what's his wait? What's his last name? Uh, King uh, John T. Duggan, not Duggan. Duggan. Oh. D U G A N. Uh, I can yeah. see uh, why he would change his name. Well, no, 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 no. No, it had nothing to do with Scotty and, and Duggan. Uh, he, mm. he went by his pen name because he was dissatisfied with Gene Roddenberry's rewrite of uh, his original script. Because mm. in Gene Roddenberry's rewrite, um. The three new characters uh, we see, uh, like, disappear at the end of the episode, which, according to Duggan, uh, apparently violated his Catholic beliefs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Like, (laughs) I read that and I was like, at first I was like, oh, he went by, uh, okay, he went by Kingsbridge because he didn't like uh, Gene Roddenberry's rewrite of a script. I could see that. And then I read of his, his catholic beliefs and i'm like fuck what, this what's, what's catholic about that or what what is anti-catholic about that dude i don't know i don't i don't know i mean i was raised catholic and i have no fucking clue <laughs> yeah, but the, you know the catholics make up crazy rules just to fit a new agenda yeah. whenever they want to they're like oh no well well that's the the, the, the catholic bible says this though and like, but no, it, no, it never. Does no. he see it as a as a form of suicide? That's what I'm thinking. Well, yeah. yes, yeah, because it is kind of like it's willful on, on mm, okay. one of guys' parts. So All right, I, I, I think that's what it is. Yeah, but also you're talking about like, I mean, we're talking about fictional aliens. And Which there is, is like, and they have, and they make a lot of allusions to the fact that they kind of saw themselves as gods themselves, right? And so, wouldn't that also be anti-Catholic? I don't know, but but I mean, they are seen as a that was the, the their sin, their, yeah, yeah, their, their sin. ultimate sin. That yeah, brought their downfall. so I guess I guess yeah. there is a lot of weird little Catholic subtext in this. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, once that, I, once that, I yeah once I saw that, I like thought about the episode. Now now we'll get to like talk about it. And, like, yeah. Now like, see now now seeing it through the lens of like and I'm oh, glad oh, we and have a former Catholic, Catholic here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And saying Catholic wrote this. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> um. So this one was. Uh, and by the way, um. So John T. Duggan would never work on Star Trek ever again. <laughs> uh, this one was oh, good because it's not not really like a. Uh, Catholic program, not, or yeah, even a religious program. Like, not at re- all. Yeah, religion's always seen as like something laughable to them. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, like you know, fucking, uh, you know, uh, Picard actually has the speech about like how 
you know, humanity abandoned religion centuries ago or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know? And you know, and and how the Klingons killed all their gods because they were more trouble than they were worth. Yeah, yeah. which was such a badass line. Didn't didn't call less actually kill the gods? Wasn't that? Yeah, like yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. Call us fucking rock. <laughs> Not his clone though. His clones. No, fuck, sucks. fuck that. He's he's a fake. Um, yeah, it's a fake. <laughs> this one's directed by Ralph Seneski, uh, who mm. did six episodes of TOS, including a great one, Bread Bread and Circuses, mm. and also. Uh, is There No Truth in Beauty, which is another pretty mm. episode. So, uh, let's get into it. We open on the Enterprise NCC-1701, cruising through space, hundreds of light years beyond any point the Federation has explored before. I'm going to stop doing this voice. <laughs> uh, the first to speak is Sulu, who tells Kirk that the reading is growing stronger and is coming from a star system just ahead. Hurl tells Kirk that it doesn't seem to exist. The signal is somehow untraceable, yet it's still affecting all her communication channels. Kirk walks over to the science station and asks Spock, hey, what's up, buddy? He tells Kirk that someone or something is trying to attract their attention. Kirk says they've been successful and their attention has been attracted. Mm -hmm. Kirk wonders what's causing it, and Spock says even a Vulcan cannot know the unknown, <laughs> which is a fucking corny ass line. Yeah. It's like, Shut up, Spock. Yeah. You fucking nerd. Sulu, uh, that, that's like saying, oh, even a genius isn't that smart. Mm -hmm. like, shut up, guy. Um, <laughs> so Sulu says the planet uh, the signal is coming from is now appearing, and we see a green planet on the view screen. Kirk notes that it's class M, much like Earth. But then Spock points out that two fundamental differences. One, it's older than Earth. All right, who cares? Two, Half a million years ago, its atmosphere was ripped away and life has ceased to exist there. So since. it's not a class M planet. It was a class M. Now it's uh, class D or less. Probably. Yeah. Like it's not, I, I don't understand how it's a class M planet. No. Um, yeah. That, it'd be weird to even describe it as that. Yeah. So, I, I mean, this is early. They actually had kind of a different classification in Star mm -hmm. Trek TOS. Yeah. And so I'm kind of, I mean, this is just obviously wrong. But yeah. Yeah. Still, I'm, I'm like wondering. Because there is, like, an underground atmosphere here, so they do sense, like, oxygen and nitrogen mm. and the necessary things for an atmosphere. Yeah. And so, I, I don't know. It's if, weird they don't mention that there's any sort of, like, structures on the surface, like, because I'm guessing, like, there had to be at some point. I mean, there ha I mean, but that was half a million years ago. Everything, yeah, I guess, every, yeah, I guess. Everything was... would erode away. Like, yeah. Even our greatest skyscrapers in half a million years will be dust. Yeah. Thankfully. True. Thankfully. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> Ooh, yeah i can't wait for the planet to heal from us Ooh, can't wait to be there uh, yeah. <laughs> i'm really gonna be a fucking tree it's gonna rock yeah, i could be a ghost or something Ooh, i'm gonna haunt all the trees and they'll mm -hmm. be like i don't care i'm a tree i'm like <laughs> this is boring <laughs> Ooh, i was told there'd be more haunting i'm going to go watch these squirrels fuck <laughs> I am going to go watch Casper, a friendly ghost, again. It's a documentary in this realm. For some reason, this tape and VHS player haven't eroded away and just constantly play Casper, the friendly ghost. Oh, wait. It's it's a ghost VHS. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, ghost of VHS. Oh, that'd be tight. Just watch, you can just watch whatever like was last playing on a TV before it died. <laughs> it's, it's always Casper. It's always Casper. It's always Casper. So I'm just watching Casper. Beginning. Yeah. Um, 
Or was wait was that the first one or the second? One? That was the second one. Yeah, it was Casper. Uh, who was who was in that? Wasn't that um uh the girl? Wasn't that uh what's her face? I don't know. Probably. I can't remember. Her name. Oh no, you're talking about Casper and Wendy. I think you're talking about oh, Hillary the, Duff, uh, right? no the the movie. Yeah. Wait, was, so so there's Casper. There's Casper Spirited Beginning, which is the second, uh, one, which is like a prequel. No, like the first one. Isn't that uh the girl from um uh Ghost World and stuff? Oh, are you talking um, Scarlett Johansson or Not, Thora Birch? Thora Birch. Uh, yes, I think it is. I think you're. Yeah. Right. I think you're right. Hmm. Yeah, I had a huge crush on Thora Birch. Like, uh, when, yeah. When I first watched Ghost World, <laughs> I yeah. think I masturbated to that. Film. <laughs> you know, like the part where she's dying her hair and shit, mm-hmm. and yeah, like, she was her a titties per- are she, bouncing around. Yeah, she was a perfect Enid. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, damn, I needed like a weird punk girlfriend, <laughs> and but I was like dumpy and shit, so I mm-hmm. like. And then I got like attractive, and so I just like fucked every punk girl, <laughs> every single one of them. You've made it your life's mission, but, every single one. I mean, it's unconscious, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm just like I see like something in fucking like plaid pants, and I'm like I have the fucking Terminator vision, and it just says like booty. <laughs> no, damn, no, I'm trying to do something here. Yeah, my dick. Switch it to heat vision. And it's like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't th- stop thinking about the Best Buy story from earlier. Oh, yeah. The hard ass dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, cool. Anyway, so uh, anyone that's wondering about that, uh, go look up uh, Come Town Best Buy <laughs> or Sta- Stavros Halkos Best Buy story. Mm. It's, it's amazing. Anyway, um, so Sulu says the planet, uh, class M, wrong. Um, <laughs> wrong Wrong Spock. Wrong Kirk. Uh, suddenly, a booming voice with a bunch of reverb on it comes out of nowhere uh, on the bridge of the uh, Enterprise and says that all of Kirk's questions will be answered in due time. Everyone on the bridge looks at each other completely confused. Uh, the voice introduces itself as Sargon claiming his thoughts have touched all the ship's systems, and now that they are closer, they may speak. He asks that the Enterprise keep a standard orbit around the planet. Kirk asks if that's a request or a demand, and Sargon says the choice is his, and he can read what's in Kirk's mind, so words are unnecessary. (laughs) Kirk says the planet is dead, and there's no possibility of life there. The voice says... It is dead as much as the planet is. Oh. And ask Kirk if that frightens him. Spooky. Am I spooky to you? <laughs> um, Come to my haunted house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this planet used to be, and now it is a spirit Halloween. <laughs> uh, he says that. But ghosts and ghouls await. <laughs> He says, uh, we do the monster mash. (laughs) Uh, He says that if he must perish, then perhaps all of mankind must perish too. Everybody looks around the bridge, very concerned. Opening credits, two minutes, 20 seconds. Very, very small opening there. Yeah. We get a captain's log. Captain's log. Stardate 4768.3. The Enterprise is in an orbit above a planet whose surface, our sensors tell us, is devoid of all life world destroyed and dead for at least half a million years, yet from it comes a voice. The energy, pure thought, 
telling us something has survived here for those thousands of centuries. Since exploration and contact with alien intelligence is our primary mission, I've decided to risk the potential dangers and resume contact. Log entry out. Uh, Kirk asks Ahura how long until Starfleet receives the message, and Ahura says at least three weeks given their current location. Yeah, no, no subspace relays or anything. No, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, they have to have subspace at this point, but like, I guess the concept of relays that can increase the signal. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if this if they're not far enough now to where the signal doesn't really degrade. That might make sense. Mm. So that's why they don't need relays. <coughs> so, well, um, they did say like I, it was the furthest that anyone has ever traveled. Like, True. Uh, well, they were hundreds of light years. Yeah. So no time to set them up. Yeah. But they weren't really like leaving them behind or anything on the way there. Very true. With, they probably should have, you know, for for a safe as from a safety perspective, <laughs> like because they have no fucking idea what they're doing, what's going to happen to them, and that's true. I and, mean, the Borg are out there; they don't know about the Borg. Yet. Yeah, or anything. Yeah, they like for their for their safety's sake, so they could call for help. Like, be nice to have. <laughs> so, Spock calls Kirk over to the science station, and Kirk asks, "What's up?" <clears throat> Spock says he's getting a reading from. Uh, of energy, just energy, deep inside the planet. The voice booms from out of nowhere and says, Your probes have touched me, Mr. Spock. <laughs> which is a great line. Yeah. And and really like is some foreshadowing to like uh the uh the uh, A spot play that comes in. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, they do some butt stuff later and yeah. uh he's like, Now your probes are making me come, Mr. Spock. Mm. Uh, don't stop, Mr. Spock. <laughs> I'm almost there, Mr. Spock. Uh, Sargon tells Kirk that he's locked their transporters to his location and asks that Kirk come to them. Spock says it's coming from under the planet's surface, which means this entire episode is going to be filmed on sound stages. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's under at least 100 miles of solid rock. Sargon tells him that he will make the transporters reach that far. Spock then begins reading a suitable atmosphere for human life under the planet. Kirk tells Uhura to have McCoy report to the transporter room in 10 minutes with standard landing party equipment. Spock says he'd like to accompany Kirk, but Kirk says he can't take the risk of both of them being off the ship, which is a great idea. Mm -hmm. It's something that I hate that they do in Star Trek so often is they're like, Oh, imminent danger. Let's do the captain, first officer, mm-hmm. head doctor. Let's, let's <laughs> yeah. take literally like the four people in the first chain of command, mm-hmm. all of them. Just send them. Yeah. It's wild. Let's just send them into. I mean, the, the only one that always makes sense is Data because he's like, you know, yeah. he's strong and smart. Data and, always. And makes he sense. has no, and he has no real desire for self-preservation he kind of does but he kind of just like he's fine with being selfless though too. yeah he's he's fine with being selfless and he's and he understands like and he understands the the uh you know self-sacrifice and stuff like that but yeah like but yeah like sending the captain and and the first officer and the doctor as you said like always a bad thing but you know main characters like yeah they're they're top build they gotta be in the bulk of every episode yeah so they're there mm-hmm. whatever so um uh, so, um, 
Spock then begins reading a suitable atmosphere for human life. Kirk tells Uhura to have McCoy report to the transporter room in 10 minutes with standard landing uh, party equipment. Spock says he'd like to accompany Kirk, but Kirk says no. Can't take that risk. Just then the Enterprise loses power. <laughs> Kirk turns around and says, on the other hand, maybe Sargon wants you, Spock, to come with <laughs> us. Whereupon the power comes immediately back on, and Sulu says, hey, no damage. <laughs> uh, Kirk gives Sulu the calm. Uh, and him and Spock go to the transporter room. In the transporter room, Bones immediately starts complaining about not knowing what's going on. Kirk dismisses him, saying he knows as much as they do, and the rest is only guesses. <laughs> Scotty says he doesn't like it, Captain, having the transporter coordinates preset by an alien of some unknown origin. He says they could materialize inside solid rock, and Bones is like, Solid rock? <laughs> like, he's a fucking doctor who's just learning about transporters for the first time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like Scotty and uh, McCoy make some very good points leading up to this because, for one, they're taking a lot of assumptions on uh, the intentions of Sargon. Right. Like, they, like... We have they have literally have no idea if he's telling the truth. Right. They're like Well, he's been benevolent so far, like except for <coughs> except for the turning off the power, which effectively cut off all of our life support and systems he, that could he, have killed us if we didn't agree to have Spock come with you. Like there's And he did threaten all human life. Well he said well he said he said perhaps all human life must die with us. Yeah. He didn't he didn't say and and that makes more sense in context because he does say in this episode that they want to go and like teach all mm. other like forms of life their message in order to prevent their fate mm -hmm. from happening to them yeah which makes sense so so that writing i think is solid yeah. i think that works in context but still like just taking the word of like this is pretty this is pretty much them follow follow uh following for one of those nigerian scams <laughs> scams or something just like send me money so i <laughs> i'm going to send you some money so send me your bank account number <laughs> <Kirk>. <laughs> I am a Nigerian prince. <laughs> yeah. I have $60 million. But here's the thing. I can't spend it in my home country because people are after me. It's like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you $400,000 in a bank account, and you're going to make it all into Walmart gift cards. Kirk starts like, running towards the console to do it. And they're just like holding him back. He's like, let me go. This is the deal of a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like. Meanwhile, they're just like, I am a, I am a deity of unmatchable power. Flood, come transport yourself to these coordinates. <laughs> Nothing bad will happen. I swear. If I call you on a different number, don't worry. <laughs> you will receive your stipend soon for, for helping this poor Nigerian prince. Spock says it's <laughs> unlikely, as the coordinates correspond with an underground chamber, so they probably won't materialize in rock. Probably. Wow, I love those <laughs> odds. <laughs> and, yeah, McCoy loves those odds. So, Kirk uh, says he has a feeling that they, or it, could destroy them with very little effort. Yeah. Uh, suddenly someone asks, they or it? And it shows a woman in a red dress who introduces herself as Dr. Anne Mulhall. Mm. But she's played by none other than Diana Muldar, who is none other than Dr. Pulaski, mm -hmm. Lady McCoy herself, baby. Yeah. 
Fucking uh, space races doctor, <laughs> the next generation. Yeah. Like, uh, outraces by only uh, James T. Kirk. <laughs> or maybe McCoy. McCoy. Yeah, McCoy. McCoy. Is, McCoy's easily the most racist That's person true. in McCoy's, space. That's true, McCoy. Yeah. I mean, Neelix is racist in the Delta Quadrant. Yeah. He's always like, oh, I know this alien. Uh, they're a bad person. <laughs> they like women of proper age. Like, <laughs> um, So... Yeah, Pulaski was kind of kind of fine back in the day. I disagree. <laughs> I thought so. So um, they play some very romantic music here as it shows her and Kirk talking back and forth. And to me, it's wild what passed for like a hot woman in the 1960s. She's like a white woman with some very unremarkable European features. Like the two hottest women in this episode by far are Ahura and then an unnamed black nurse <laughs> who's there later. And I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. she's fine. Um, yeah. But like, you know, back in the day, you could just look like, uh, I mean, she, she just looks, she, she also has these eyes that maybe it's too much makeup or maybe she's mm. pilled out, but she looks like she's pilled <laughs> out. Like she could have, I bet. I mean, everyone in the sixties. Pilled oh yeah. Out, so. They're doing medicinal cocaine before, oh, yeah. before the, <laughs> I was born too late. <laughs> take um, me back. Take <laughs> me back. <laughs> so, like, you know, girl. Boys with a time machine. Time machine. Go and kill Hitler. Yeah. Uh, and NBs who do Star Trek podcasts with a time machine. Uh, fucking medical cocaine. <laughs> yeah. 1960s. Here we come. Just put it in my veins. <laughs> um, so then again, this is a good pairing for Shatner because Shatner is also like caked in makeup and at this point yeah. probably wearing a toupee already. And a girdle. And definitely two girdles. <laughs> He's got the upper girdle and the lower girdle. Mm-hmm. He has, you know, he, he, William Shatner definitely has names for his girdles at this point. They're such mm-hmm. a part of him. <laughs> like, and he's got his assistants who helps him out. I'm like, hey, uh, Bertha's got a strap loose. Do you want to get that? And she, oh, goddamn, not they, Bertha. They fuse to his skin, sort of like how <laughs> you see those those old trees that have like a like a bicycle like grown inside of them. A tree grown through a fence, and he's just somehow like grown through his girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's just he's just fused to it. <laughs> I don't know where man begins and girl ends. <laughs> Am I not man or am I girl? <laughs> uh, Mohal says she was ordered to report to the transporter room for duty. And Kirk says, asks, by whom? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on in my ship. Yeah, right. She, she, and, and he's like, who the fuck are you, too? Like, he has <laughs> yeah. no idea who she is. This, I, I want to say this original crew compliments only like 180 or 200 people yeah it's like, odd that he doesn't know anybody because he also uh, he's, he's been on a uh, on a ship with like just just 200 people yeah. for a year and a half at least at this point mm-hmm. in the timeline and he doesn't know one of the doctors there <laughs> yeah. like what are you doing and, and she's in his division she's in command and he also didn't know the um the uh historian you know, uh, that fell in love with Khan. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he, yeah, he was yeah, just yeah. like, who? Oh, uh, what's that historian's name? Um, <sighs> he knows, yeah, he knows like 11 people who work on the bridge on like Alpha Shift. And that's <laughs> it. <laughs> it is it. Like he's definitely one of the worst captains there is. <laughs> yeah, he fucking. Like even, dude, Picard like personally knows and like recommends different ensigns join mm-hmm. his ship and like Yeoman and shit. Like, yeah. Fucking over here, like, because the Enterprise is the flagship. It's it's like one of the 
It's one and, of the most prestigious ships to be on. Yeah, and there's like, and on the Enterprise D, there's like three or four times as many people. It's a huge ship comparatively, mm-hmm. and so like, yeah. Kirk just sucks. <laughs> yeah, like Kirk fucking sucks. Yeah, it's I mean like, he's always fucking sucked. We know that. Like and he like, doesn't care who's on the damn ship. Like <laughs> like who's like who's really running the thing, really. <laughs> so honestly, so. Uh, when I first started this podcast, um, my idea and the reason it was called Soy Trek is at the time, like all of the new Trek that was coming out, I didn't really like. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, a lot of this is like, there's a lot of soy dialogue. So I'm going to make a program and we're just going to like shit on Trek. Yeah. And so originally the tagline was it was like uh, a Star Trek podcast for Trekkies who hate Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like Strange New Worlds came out. And yeah. I was like, okay, well, I guess some new trick. And like, I the guess new this season, boner's not going away. Yeah, and then the fucking lower decks new season. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess I can't, I can't do that premise anymore. Mm-hmm. So now I'm pretty sure the premise has kind of morphed slowly into the idea that more than anything, Kirk is the main villain of Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, straight up, Kirk, like Kirk, and the repercussions of what Kirk does. Fuck so many fucking things mm-hmm. up. He fucks up so fucking much. Mm-hmm. It's it's maddening. Yeah. Um. He he's he's pretty awful. Yeah. And like as as for captains go, like I mean, when people do discuss like their favorite captains, like he's always like in the running somehow. Right. And I don't get it. Like yeah yeah yeah. He's me, gonna for be me. Your... It's either Picard or Cisco. Oh, it's it's a hundred percent undoubtedly Cisco for mm-hmm. me. Like Cisco every single day. I mean, the only thing I totally disagree with him on is the Marquis stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, well, like, even now, Pike for me is like, yeah, Pike. Pike rules. Pike yeah. is honestly, he's he's already climbed the list to like number four. Yeah, like that's a, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I still love Janeway. Think, too. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I like Janeway <laughs> a little more than Pike still, but that's yeah. just because I've only seen like a season and a half worth of Pike. Mm-hmm. I really liked him on Discovery. He shines on Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. If they have another season as good as the last one, yeah. he's gonna make it to number three. I'm oh, sorry, yeah. Janeway. I'm sorry, Janeway. Yeah, I would like I would like Strange New World movies. I would too. Yeah. I mean, Anson Mount, great leading man, yeah. totally movie ready. He was already great in the feature film Crossroads, <laughs> starring Britney Spears. Yeah, as the love interest for Britney Spears. <laughs> Do you think they fucked? I hope that. no. She was fucking K-Fed at that point. Yeah, yeah, she Bummer. was. Yeah, God she missed her it. chance. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I mean, also, she got she got divorced from. They could have fucked at any time. God, Anson Mount. You know, you know, he's mounted a lot of. Anson mounted. Oh, I'm I'm sure, but I, I don't know. I he seems like he's a like a like a respectable good guy. You can be a respectable good guy and still get your dick wet all the time, <laughs> especially with hair like that. Come on, yeah, yeah. He was and he was in Crossroads, so he's he got was a in lot Crossroads. Of Britney girls like you're in. Oh my god. He was also in the some um uh uh what's your fuck what's your name. Britney Spears, nah. starring role in Crossroads. <laughs> I can't remember her name. Chick from uh, from Hereditary. Oh, Tony Collette. Tony Collette, and uh, what's the woman from The Mask? Uh, Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm so bad at names right now. Yeah, he's in a Cameron Diaz Tony Collette movie where they played sisters, and he was only in the beginning. Hmm. Interesting. I love Tony Collette. Me too. Yeah, Cameron she's Diaz great. Is fine, but Tony like, Collette is phenomenal. Oh yeah, like uh, Muriel's Wedding. Yeah, that that fucking slaps, and she's hot as fuck in that movie. <laughs> mm. 
Um, so Mulhall says she was ordered to report to the transporter room for duty. And Kirk asked by whom? See, she says she doesn't remember, but uh, insists that she's not a liar. Uh, Spock says he's sure that she did, just as Kirk received an order to bring Spock along. So she was voluntold. Mm-hmm. Uh, McCoy asks, yeah, well, <laughs> McCoy suddenly asks how much solid rock they're going to go through as though that matters. He said over a hundred miles. Yeah, I know. But, a one mile of solid rock would be horrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Spock says 112.3 miles. Um, McCoy asks if he's joking because how the fuck are they using standard and imperial measurement and they got to space that way? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, if anything, like, yeah, feet and all that shit will just go out the window. Not no longer be used. Except for Neelix's feet. Ooh. Ooh. And Kess's feet. Oh. Rick Berman in the house. God, God, some feet. God I, that's the thing, like born too soon like we're born too soon before like you know wiki feet goes galactic <laughs> like we're just like we're we are we're like cavemen like like hitting stones together with our wiki feet and, like, <laughs> and the, I mean, the wiki feet of the future like I, I i shed a tear that i'll never be able to experience it um yeah <laughs> galactic i can i can only hope that like as we were talking about, if like, if like there are ghost like uh, TV shows playing on TVs, I hope there's a ghost computer that has wiki feet on it, and I can use a ghost computer to access future wiki feet as a ghost. <laughs> this this is this is like an elaborate Nyquil dream. <laughs> I have been taking Nyquil every night. Yeah, me too. I nice. like Nyquil. Yeah, no, it, oh, yeah. Helps, it helps me get to sleep. Uh, I fucking fell asleep at seven o'clock last night. Crazy. So I actually started um, using Nyquil. I take uh, thirty milligrams of generic cough Nyquil every mm-hmm. night um, because uh, I, I, uh, I'm an alcoholic, kind of. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, you know, a reason I'm an alcoholic is like I definitely have problems with sleep, and mm-hmm. I can pass out when I'm on alcohol. Really? Um, yeah, but I can also pass out when I'm on NyQuil. Mm. That's one of the only other substances that really does it for me. I, yeah. can't, I can't just, like, raw dog fucking melatonin and go to sleep. That doesn't work for me. Melatonin was actually keeping me awake. Yeah, so so crazy, crazily enough, people are like, oh, exercise. I'm like, I exercise every fucking day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, like I get exercise. I have a great diet. I don't, like, eat right. But, like, there's so many things where people are like, well, do that. And I'm like, no, no, no. I do that. I do. No, I just, I have a, I have a crazy mind. And I just mm-hmm. think and think and think and think and think. Yeah. And, and so, like, I need something, just some kind of substance. And I'm not going to go to fucking Ambien or any of those things that, like, fuck you up and mm-hmm. make you do shit and not remember it, you know. Like, I, I'm not going to do a Roseanne bar and get canceled for, like, <laughs> but, uh, you know. For tweeting something on Ambien, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She called, she called something, this, like, a monkey or something. Yeah, you're, 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 you're sober. You're okay. so, your sober tweets are already uh, <laughs> dancing the line. They really are. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm just, like, every time I'll read something three times, and I'm like, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> this, um, this you could, just like exhale all your breath. This and be could like, be the last one. I don't every time. I'm like, just gonna take this Nyquil, and when I wake up, I'll deal with the repercussions. <laughs> Honestly, I I love posting like late at night, and then just waking up to like 30 notifications. And <laughs> it's just like people freaking out about shit. I'm like, oh, okay. I actually turned off like every single Reddit notification because I just got tired of people freaking out about shit. Yeah, and like some of my shit just blows up now to where there's you know. 
won 200 comments and <laughs> like getting a, a message for that like mm. every 10 minutes while you're trying to sleep is yeah. horrifying yeah i know yeah i have my phone usually near my head you know because i have to wake up at 3 a.m so i need my alarm right, to right, right. Jolt, jolt me awake mm-hmm. and yeah it's just like sometimes it's like me me you know so um i would recommend something so mm. i mean keeping your phone out of your room is great yeah and, and you're like well what am i gonna do for like an alarm clock then Get an alarm clock. <laughs> no, no, no. So you can still use your phone as an alarm clock. Mm. Here's, here's the idea. Tela Dildonics. You, you know what that is? Mm, no. So Tela, uh, you know, from a long distance, Dildonics, uh, dildos. <laughs> so, oh, like how the guy cheated at chess. Yeah, yeah. Vibrating yeah. butt plug. Yeah, yeah, vibra- yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Vibrating butt plug uh, wake-up mm-hmm. alarm. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that just, makes sense. Because you you can actually set those things to be on timers and stuff like that. And so, Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think I'll go buy some vibrating butt plugs. Also, also think about it this way. Guaranteed no shitting the bed. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, never was really on my radar, but. <laughs> Pet, you smell like plastic sheets. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you can't convince me that's for all the squirt that gets on your bed pad. <laughs> uh, Look, I, I just ha- got tired of all the squirt. I, had to go, I was going through so many, so many, and I, I didn't say what kind of squirt it was. Right. It was, it was, it was a little bit of that booty squirt. Or that was actually from me. <laughs> I mean, it's still so, a squirt if I'm orgasming, but like yeah. squirting up my butt. No, that's what right? I. That's what I call nocturnal emissions. <laughs> <laughs> like it's. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. All okay. right. So. Uh, so yeah. So I'll get the bucket plugs, and then the plastic sheets can go in the trash. Yeah. And the phone can stay in another room. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> So, uh, speaking of butt plugs, um, Sorgon's voice booms, and he says to stand at the ready as everybody gets on the transporter, as he will operate the transporter. Uh, Kirk offers McCoy an out, but McCoy doesn't take it and decides to go down with him. He's like, well, I might as well, if I'm, uh, if I'm gonna uh, complain to someone, I might as well complain to someone else who's racist. Scotty here likes all the Josh Gottier. Fine, Kirk. Fine, Kirk. Um... So suddenly the transporter alarm and everybody, uh, the transporter alarm sounds and like Scotty's like very concerned and everybody's beamed to the planet except for the two security officers they were trying to bring. Uh oh. Mm. Scotty calls Kirk and Kirk notes they shouldn't be able to communicate through the rock, but it must also be arranged by Sargon. Scotty reports that the security officers are safe and unharmed. Isn't it kind of wild that they were like. Basically, like, the computer has to have some sort of, like, log of how they were able to transport through a hundred over 100 miles full of rock. That's a great point. And also also then communicate through 100 miles of rock. So, like, but there's, like, there's introduced a lot of stuff in this mm-hmm. <coughs> that, like, obviously would have changed... Like uh, the technology of of all of Starfleet, and that's never mentioned again. Well, so you know, honestly, a lot of Star Trek actually, I think, really does suffer from this. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't say it's a continuity problem as such, 
but the fact <sighs> is that when you make a sci-fi series that is this vast and covers so much territory and have so many different writers have so many different writers and also with you know the golden age of trek in the 90s and now you have so many concurrent seasons of concurrent different things mm-hmm. with different writing staffs and different producers it's hard to keep continuity especially when you're introducing new races with new technology. Yeah. And a lot of people, I mean, uh, the biggest uh, question you'll probably get out of this, and probably the most important one is, why does it take the Federation so long to start using any cloaking technology whatsoever? Because technically the Defiant, I believe, is the first time they actually really use Mm. a cloaking technology. Yeah. Um, And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, there's a fucking... A treaty with the Romulans or treaty with the Klingons that says mm-hmm. they can't use cloaking technology, but I mean that only prevents them from using a cloaking technology in war against those aliens. Yeah, so they're allowed to have cloaking technology on whatever ship they want as long as it's not a warship in mm-hmm. battle with those things. So <coughs> I don't know. Um, there, there is a lot of continuity questions when it comes to new technologies, and I think we can forgive a lot of that yeah. because. If you just say, well, yeah, every technology that Starfleet encounters, they can now have, mm-hmm. then there's just an exponential amount of technology growth. And between, you know, TOS and the next generation, it's going to be, like, unrecognizable as a show. Yeah. Right? So, you know. Yeah. Which I get. I don't get. You know, I, I do like the kind of incremental stuff. Like, it mm-hmm. somehow it takes them... Uh, like literally a hundred years to go from food replicators mm-hmm. to replicators that make things that aren't food. Yeah. Which is <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, I, f- it was, I think when you figure out like organic material, like it shouldn't be that difficult mm-hmm. to make other things. Like, I feel like, I mean, 3d printing can't make organic material, <laughs> but it can make non-organic material. So I figure like the non-organic thing would come first, right? It's a lot easier to make mm. things. I don't know. And yeah. also in Discovery, they introduce like um, the holographic communications, and that True, was, which, it, which, it, it, but, which came into uh, with uh, in DS Nine. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, and a lot yeah. of people were pissed about that. But it's yeah. also like, I mean, but someone did mention like one of the writers is like, I mean, you know, we have that technology now, so yeah. it doesn't make sense how if. It's based mm-hmm. on the world we're living in, basically. Yeah. Although it's not the world we're living in, because, you know, the eugenics wars happened in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> um, although I actually watched a thing about that. Some guy wrote a couple novels about that, mm-hmm. and it basically explained uh, the eugenics wars as a shadow history to things mm. like the Kosovo War okay. and things like that. And, like, Khan was just pulling the strings behind oh. things. And they were all proxy wars for the... Uh, the augments, which okay. I think is a cool explanation, to be honest. Yeah. I really like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's fun. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, Scotty calls Kirk. The fucking security guards are fine. Down on the planet now. Dr. Mulhall notes the atmosphere is acceptable for them uh, down in this underground chamber. And Spock says the chamber was built about half a million years ago, around the time of the planet's extinction event. The place looks great. It looks there's no dust or anything. no dust. No. I mean, <laughs> there's been no so dust is mostly just organic material. So mm-hmm. I mean, an underground chamber where there's no organic material, there's no dust. I mean, although mm-hmm. there's like wooden stuff there and shit like that, which is organic material. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Everyone should watch the movie Aniara. It's like a really good uh, sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. It's horrifying. 
Analara? Analara. 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 It's like a, I don't don't know what country it's from, but it's like about a spaceship that's like uh, locked in course and just traveling uh, uh, towards the destination and they they can't, and they can't do anything. The whole ship's just dead. And so, uh, because the ship's breaks and then, so they're just traveling aimlessly, but spoiler alert. Stop now. That ends with them finally getting to a location like like millions of years later, and like everyone on the ship is dead, and it's just the whole ship is just filled with dust of all the of all the people that are reduced to to dust to uh nothing but dust. It's really bleak and awful, but I love it. It's a really good movie. Sounds like something I'd masturbate. To. <laughs> so the walls of the place, uh, this underground chamber, made out of an alloy beyond their technology. Uh, McCoy says the air seems fresh and must somehow be recirculated. Kirk wonders if that's for them (coughs) or if Sargon needs the air. Suddenly, a door opens, revealing a glowing orb in what is most certainly the most soundstage soundstage I've seen in my fucking life. Yeah. It actually almost looks more like a play stage. It's mm-hmm. like a, a black painted ground that's like super marked up, like people oh, are yeah. tap dancing on. I mean, obviously that is a set that's been used multiple times for other yeah. <laughs> other things. Like yeah. they just removed like the claw holding that ball and uh, just put some other like you know caveman type. Yeah, well, I, I think the funniest thing about this is like this is an underground chamber that like no organic life has ever gotten into. And there's shoe marks all over the fucking floor. <laughs> yeah. All over the goddamn floor. Like, they've been playing, like, pickup basketball. In there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. Um, so, um, suddenly, a door opens, revealing a glowing orb in what is, uh, yeah, uh, it wel- the glowing orb welcomes them and introduces itself as Sargon himself. Mm. Itself. Himself. I think he introduces himself. Yeah, himself, yeah. Spock begins to ask a question, and Sargon says Spock may use his sensors on him. Revealing his readings will show energy, but no body. Matter without form. A consciousness in space, but without any physical being. Kirk calls it impossible. McCoy asks if he used to have a body, and he says he used to have a body much like theirs, referring to them as his children. Yes, children. Kirk inquires about this, wondering why he has been calling them his children. Sargon reveals that they may well be descendants of his, as his people were much like Starfleet some 600 centuries ago. So basically, you know, the one episode where uh, in TNG, where um, the Klingons, humans, and Romulans and all them, like they meet their a holographic projection of their, yeah. do you think it's like that's that's like the same guys? Could be. And so there's actually speculation about that. A lot of mm. people think that's the case. Um, I, I wouldn't discount it. It makes sense. Um, yeah. And, you know, we'll, we'll kind of get into that in just yeah. a second here, I think. So <clears throat> um, Sargon reveals that they may well be 600 years, whatever. So uh, he says they left many seeds on distant planets, suggesting the Earth, Adam, and Eve might have been travelers of his kind. Mm-hmm. But it was actually Adam and Steve. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I gave you the prostate, you dumb <laughs> motherfuckers. Yeah, and the way he says the seed, it makes you just think like they just went to different planets and just, just jerked came. off. Yeah, it's like, oh, look at this one. You want to go pull some pud, buddy? <laughs> it's like the beginning of Prome- of, of you know Prometheus when like the guy like kind of disintegrates and I haven't seen Prometheus. Oh, really? Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, that's, what I heard. That's, <laughs> why, that's why I didn't see it. I, did. uh, I don't want it to ruin like. The- <coughs> 
I mean, like, Alien Resurrection already kind of ruined the Alien franchise. It sucks because Michael Fassbender, I think, plays, like, the best uh, android in it. Like, he plays David. Okay. And, like, I was, uh, there's a really good, um, what really sold me out, there was, like, some, uh, uh, a tr- like kind of like a trailer, a little short film that they made to uh, to promote the to promote Prometheus, which was like um like an ad for for the David bot, oh, okay. and it's it, it's amazing and it, it was incredible. And I'm like, wow, that w-, and I I was so excited for Prometheus, and it was probably one of the worst pieces of shit I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And um, but it does like um the beginning does show like a a humanoid type figure like. Uh, kind of disintegrate into a water supply, and then like that kind of implies that he his DNA is what caused what created humanity. Interesting. But okay. so, but but instead of him disintegrating, he probably just went and jerked off, just like these guys did. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And just yeah, and then like you know, the, you see like he jerks off a giant amoeba, and it just like falls in, and then it <laughs> splits, and then the amoeba splits. Yeah. And, you know, it's like that fast thing. You see mm-hmm, like yeah. the fish, and the fish turns into the whole, the whole gen- the, the yeah, genesis walks, uh, walks on the land, and then it's a monkey turning <laughs> into a man. And... They could do that. They could reuse the genesis uh, <laughs> animation for the like hundredth time, and just show like the whole like it shows from the cum <laughs> shows like the whole planet just filling with green life, and like and, and yeah, and all the little pe- on Adam and Steve come out of the out and of then the... all the people are just like giant tadpole looking things with legs. <laughs> <laughs> But they all just have dicks and prostates. It'd be so cool if we were just shaped like big cums. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, big sperms. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool, huh? Yeah. It's Maybe kind we of... should do that. Oh, like get surgery? <laughs> I don't see why not. Yeah, why not? That'd be a little expensive. Yeah, I mean, it's Good like kind insurance. of like never been done before. <laughs> so, Dr. Mulhall, uh, now using a very smug atheist tone. Mm. says that reports indicate that life on Earth evolved independently. (laughs) Spock, though, says this explanation would flesh out some Vulcan prehistory. Sargon says that may well be, but the records of his people were lost during a cataclysm they unleashed upon themselves. Kirk wonders if it was a war, and Sargon says it was a struggle for such goals and a power that should not have been. Mm. Yeah, this is where the Catholicism. Which is an interesting line. Yeah, this is where the Catholicism started kicking in. Yeah, Kirk then very smugly says that maybe Sargon's people weren't so intelligent, <laughs> reminiscing that uh, humans had to deal with that problem when they figured out nuclear bombs. Mm. Which is like, this is a being of pure energy. Are you? Do you really think that they like nuked themselves to death and that was their big problem? <laughs> yeah. Like they achieved fucking. Faster than light speed, and you think they did that before they figured out atom bombs? <laughs> yeah. And, and shut the fuck up, Kirk. Yeah, they're basically immortal. <laughs> yeah. You, you dumb, ignorant slut. Shut the fuck up, Kirk. Yeah. So uh, Yeah, Kirk was really shitty to to uh to to the to uh Sargon. It's just like aren't you supposed to be like opening the lines of communication with this new life form? And right. he instantly start just instantly start challenging him. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Kirk is such a dickhead. Yeah. Fuck Kirk. So Sargon dismisses um, nuclear bombs as child's play, saying they easily overcame the nuclear problem and that the ultimate crisis, which comes to all races eventually, and humans have yet to face, was that their minds became so powerful that they dared to think of themselves as gods. Uh Uh-oh. Which is like... Maybe the best line ever. Yeah. It's really Catholic and dumb. Yeah. <laughs> but it also fucks really hard. Yeah. 
It's just like the song Our God is an Awesome God. There's this metal version of it that's like literally one of the hardest songs of all time. Mm. It's just like I listen to it and I'm like, how did they make this so goddamn metal? It like <laughs> rules. I'm going to show this to you. Remember, Our God is an Awesome God right after we're done here. Okay. Oops. Okay. Uh, actually, I'm going to write it down here. Our God <coughs> is an Awesome God. Um, cool. Let's do it. Um, so. Um. Yeah, but they were punished. Yeah, these this this uh, Sargon's people were punished for the sin of uh, hubris. Yeah, well, I mean, they punished themselves for the sin of hubris. Basically. Yeah, uh, but it's weird because he like he doesn't say like what the conflict was or why his people actually like died out or anything like. And that. it's clear that the uh, conflict was never really resolved, as we'll f- see later. Yeah, but it's also like we're aware that the conflict isn't exactly war. Yeah. And it's it's weird. It's like they transcended humanity and then just, like, disagreed. So somehow they all died out. I really don't get what happened. Uh, they got so smart, they just kept sucking each other, like, sucking themselves off. And so they removed their ribs. Oh. But then they were sucking themselves off so vigorously that they choked to death on their own dicks. And then no, just no. died. I figured it out. Oh. It's exactly what's happening to America. Mm. So everybody went to college and became professional managerial uh, managerial class mm-hmm. managerial class so mm-hmm. everyone became a pmc and so there's literally no working class people on their planet at all and they're all just managers man- managing managers and so like there's no one running farms or anything they're like we think of ourselves as gods and because- why is no one staffed at this alien starbucks no one wants to work anymore <laughs> no one wants to work anymore <laughs> just like a whole but like they're just like sorry the whole thing where just like people are just dying and the uh, Starbucks drive-throughs and just like <laughs> there's just skeletons inside their <laughs> inside their cars. Yeah, there's there's just a line of cars going back like endlessly from city to city, Starbucks to Starbucks, disconnected. Hello, <laughs> hello, I want I want my pumpkin spice latte. Hello, there's just like one last remaining operational Starbucks <laughs> on Earth. It's an oasis. <laughs> All of the working class people are hiding out. In. Yeah. They're so, all dancing with their coffees and the rest of the world's in turmoil. Hell yeah. So Kirk asks what kind of help they seek. And then we get some fucking capital A acting. Oh, yeah. Sargon possesses Kirk's body. And Will Shatner does some amazing gestating and gyrating. And then says... <laughs> I am Sargon. But it's obvious it's just William Shatner's voice with a little little deeper and with reverb. Yeah. And it's really funny because I think they're doing this live or the way they edited it is they actually took the live audio from the recording. And so... uh, like between every line, when one of the people with a deep reverb reverby toy voice has to talk, like they take a pause mm-hmm. in between every line, and so the dialogue goes really slowly in some scenes, and it's really yeah. funny to watch. So McCoy incredulously asks where Kirk is, and Sargon says he's unharmed. Bones then points a phaser at him. <laughs> And tells him to go back where he came from. Yeah, I, ain't, I don't have patience for this bullshit. Yeah, this is what the Second Amendment's all about. I'm a good <laughs> yeah. guy with a gun. Get out of my boss's body, <laughs> asshole. 
Um, so Spock, who's not a fucking idiot, <laughs> uh, asks what McCoy intends to do with the phaser as it's still Kirk's body that yeah. Sargon's in. And McCoy's like, oh, fuck. Uh, Kirk I never get to shoot nothing. <laughs> I, I, I never get to shoot my boss. Fucking <laughs> goddamn it. Piece of shit. Second. I have a goddamn license to kill. I'm going to use it. I got a license to kill. It was issued on 9-11-2001. It's on the back of my Ford F-150. I'll show it to you sometime, you green-blooded piece of shit. You want to see the reason I can do this? This is the fucking Bill of Rights right here. The U.S. Constitution, motherfucker. None of the amendments mean nothing without the second one. Yeah. Lock and load, motherfucker. Come and take it. So, um... Kirk does some more fucking hilarious acting and touches himself, <laughs> like, in some very ways. Oh, yeah. He's just having, like, the most he's, thrilling he's, orgasm he's of his life. He's feeling himself. Yeah. yeah. Like, the director was like, oh, okay, 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 I will. So, um, <laughs> like, imagine you're a girl discovering her body for the <laughs> first time and, like, Imagine you're a girl who has just found out the joys of having a clitoris. William Shatner's like, what is a clitoris? Oh, boy. Okay. Well, Will. Uh, imagine, uh, how do I put this? Uh, imagine you're a boy who has just masturbated for the first time. Oh, I can do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You got it. Um yeah, it's ama- it's amazing that like uh, this being that hasn't had a physical form in half a million years wasn't immediately like, I'm just going to take a really satisfying shit <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, and like <coughs> just be, because I mean, it does make sense that he would be overwhelmed with the sensations, senses, yeah. the, the senses. Just yeah, imagine like, not having senses and just regaining them. It's, it's weird enough. Like yeah, when your like, seen... nose is stuffed up and then like a week later, you're like, Oh my God, I can breathe. That's great. Like, have you ever seen the movie? Uh, I think it's called at first sight with Val Kilmer. It's pretty good. It's uh, written by the guy, uh, the doctor who did Awakenings, like that movie. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's about like a uh, man who's been blind his entire life who regains his sight, and it does. And since it's like written by a doctor, it has like lots of weird stuff about the human brain and how it like adjusts to um, to uh, having sight for, again for uh, for the first time. And right, right. It's it's pretty interesting shit. Like, uh, but yeah, I just imagine it's like just completely overwhelming and scary <laughs> just like yeah but he, he i mean he seems to be sargon is loving this like, oh he yeah touches himself and like rubs his nipples and shit <laughs> and he says uh i am happy to see to smell to hear to feel to pump blood <laughs> to be again to have a penis yes oh uh i guess a penis <laughs> if you could call it that what what does the Vulcan have a bigger one? <laughs> Please tell me the Vulcan has a bigger one. How about, how about you, racist? No, no, yeah. not you, racist, man. Definitely not. That's probably why you're racist. Wait, that's just a gun you have shoved down there. <laughs> that is a gun. You aren't happy to see me. Um, Sargon compliments McCoy on Kirk's body, which I'm I'm sure Will Shatner like is talking to the writer. He's... Or, Gene Roddenberry, when he's doing the rewrite, he's like, hey, uh, Gene, uh, I'll pay you 200 bucks uh, to um, make Sargon say I have a nice body. Gene's <laughs> yeah. like, fuck it. Yeah, all right. Fuck it, all right, yeah. All right, give me the 200. Yeah, okay. 
Yeah, the favored nations clause. So eventually, <laughs> there has to be an episode where Spock says it as well. A favored masturbation clause. <laughs> yeah. Damn, Spock, you're fine as hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, look at that Vulcan ass. <laughs> that ain't logical how fat that shit is. Or maybe that. <coughs> maybe that's why I like. Uh, maybe like that's actually the um, Kirk being said. Got to say he has a he got a nice body because like he's just saw how like chapels all over Spock and stuff. So he's like, oh, yeah. why is nobody thirsting after me? Well, every other alien woman's thirsting after him. Yeah. Strangely enough, week, he yeah. sucks so much. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Sargon compliments McCoy on Kirk's body and thanks him for helping to maintain such a nice body. Mm. Okay. Oh, he must work out. Oh yeah. Oh, Great callback to Dumb and Dumber, 1994's <laughs> Dumb and Dumber by the Fairley Brothers. Yeah. Uh, Spock and Sarg- uh, asks Sargon what his plans are for Kirk's body, and he tells him not to fear. He can only jerk off so many times anyway. <laughs> Don't worry. He did it three times before he came down. <laughs> he, he's still in the, in the, in the refractory period. <laughs> Uh, so he tells him not to fear as Kirk's consciousness is safely within a dome, uh, the dome he was in, and he can switch back at any time. It's weird that they never have, um, like, Kirk speak from the dome. Well, here's the thing, though. So he says he can switch back at any time, although Kirk's mind has insufficient energy to speak oh, from yeah, the dome right. like he does. So like, they yeah. give a excellent timing. Thank you for being <laughs> dumb right on time, Pat. <laughs> 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 Um, Gersh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our resident goofy <laughs> um, an extremely goofy soy trek uh, soy, uh, he's our goofy little boy <laughs> <laughs> so Dr. Mohall and McCoy consort finding that Kirk's vitals are highly elevated like he is under a great stress or physical labor Mohall says Kirk will die if Sargon doesn't leave his body Spock asks him what Sargon wants. Sargon tells them that there are two others of his kind in another room, and they need to borrow their bodies to live again. Dun, dun, dun. Boom, boom, boom. They go into the room uh, with the other consciousnesses, and Sargon shows them the other two remaining. Thalassa, his wife, and Henoch, who is the voice from the, quote-unquote, other side in the ultimate conflict. Uh-oh. Saying only the greatest minds were chosen to survive, and only three out of the eleven have. Mm. He tells them his people knew the seeds they planted on other planets would grow, and that one day it would free them from their prison. Spock asks why Sargon is not in the same room, and he says he was tasked with searching the heavens with his mind for a savior for his people who have come in the form of the Enterprise. Mohal asks if they intend to steal their bodies, and Sargon is taken aback. McCoy complains that Kirk's body is burning up. His heart rate is 262 beats a minute, and his temperature is 104, which 262 beats a minute, he would probably be dead. Yeah. That's insane. And especially, like, they said he was at 104, like, oh, like, in the, in the, before, like, didn't they? No, no, no. They, oh. they just said everything was elevated. They didn't say 104 until right now. Mm. So Sargon says he will return their bodies before the quote-unquote body limit has been reached, which I really loved that. I love it. It's like <laughs> the 
I'll return him before the body limit. I'm like, well, that's arbitrary. They really needed a scene where like blood just started coming out of his ears and eyes. And he's just like, while I was sweating, like, it's just like, Oh, farted. Oh, no, it's blood. <laughs> oh, that's blood. <laughs> I can hold on for a little bit longer. And he just falls apart. Like a loosely packed meatball. He just like, <laughs> he's just, I, I think my penis is bleeding. <laughs> So, what, what's that now? noise? He's, <laughs> I've reached the body limit. <laughs> <laughs> all his flesh, all the flesh just slaws off his body, <laughs> just like in one in one fail swoop. You you didn't need that, did you? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> what smells so good? Something smells like cooking barbecue. Is someone making kebab? I love kebab. <laughs> That's another thing. They don't show him eating, like. True. I would be eating the fuck out of shit. Like I would eat him, be eating my wife's pussy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, got him! <laughs> um, Only I have a I have a limitless hunger for wa- for white pussy. <laughs> wife, wife. Don't don't say that on this program. <laughs> so Sargon reveals that he and his fellow beings wish to use the crew's body to create humanoid robots to inhabit. <laughs> Mulhall asks why their engineers can't build these robots, and Sargon says their technology and knowledge is too advanced for them. He says, it is time, and staggers back into the main chamber. Shatner does some more capital A acting Mm -hmm. and falls to the floor. Jim Kirk again, with his vitals suddenly back to complete normal. Spock asks if he remembered what happened, and Kirk says for a moment when him and Sargon were switching places, he and Sargon were one. Mm. He says he knows him now, what he is, what he wants, and he does not fear him. McCoy says, that's ridiculous, and then says some totally racist shit. Uh, Mulberry agrees, uh, training for Pulaski in the racist doctor role. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Sargon says that he understands you've got two racist doctors <laughs> uh, and that Kirk should go back to his ship uh, to deliberate, uh, saying that he and his people have waited 500 uh, or uh, yeah, half, whatever, 50 million, 500 million years, <laughs> 500,000, whatever, it's a lot, <laughs> a lot of goddamn years and, yeah. they, can, and they can wait a couple more hours mm-hmm. uh, and that all parties involved must consent and if they decide not to, they can go as freely as he just came mm-hmm. in his pants. In a brief, you know, in the in traditional Catholic uh, mindset, they should have made them get married. <laughs> like, that would have been funny. I consent. I consent. Is there someone you forgot to ask? Yeah, like they should have like been married. Like. In order to consent to this, to me entering your body, we have to get married. I bet the original script, like, <laughs> the fucking thing that Gene Roddenberry rewrote is at the very end, like, Kirk converts Sargon to Catholicism <laughs> yeah. and makes him take the sacrament. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no thank you. Uh, and, and Sargon's like, this, this is how your people can prevent our doom. <laughs> Jesus! But only the Catholic version with the Catholic Bible. We have four extra books that aren't the other ones. Make sure it's the Catholic Bible. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, we are going to give you a new pope. <laughs> I am Sargon. Pope Sargon. Uh, I will take the name Pius the 39th <laughs> at this point. Is 39th right? 39th sounds right. I have no idea. No one has any idea anymore. 
Um, in a briefing room back on the Enterprise, the landing party is joined by Scotty, whose assistance hmm. will be necessary in the construction of android robots. It's interesting that like they can't just direct Scotty from their from their orbs. Like, I mean, he does have like. He is very he is a very capable engineer. They can't just be like, "All right, here's the math, here's the equations you need to do and this is what you need to do." And said so they're like, "No, we have to do this very complicated thing where we enter your bodies and do the work ourselves." Yeah, that's a very good point. And it's also like what are the chances that like all three of this guy and his wife are both like very competent robot engineers? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess they're, so, I mean, they're, they're technically so advanced and smart. Like, you know, it's probably just easy shit for them. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But, but at the same time, if they're so advanced and smart, why didn't they think to make fucking robot bodies before they were entrapped in their fucking mind things? Yeah. Like it's it, not like the robot bodies would have like, disintegrated super fast or anything like there's there there are definitely plot holes in this yeah like they could have had little helper robots that just like wrote you know went around and helped Mm -hmm. them and moved him because yeah it's like it just like limiting yourself where you have to just like project your mind out that's like why you haven't (laughs) had any like you know you could have like had little robot arms you could have been controlling this entire time to do stuff right and it's obviously so this this being at certain distances can control like energy and matter and things and so it's just like it it doesn't really make any sense especially since so many other you know civilizations have been spacefaring at this point in the alpha quadrant the vulcans have been spacefaring for at least like 300 years at this point yeah. they haven't explored this far it's weird to me also yeah that the vulcans the romulans they never really explored as uh, far as the federation also like point. yeah why wouldn't they if they had just built like robot bodies to transfer their consciousness into like from the beginning that's what i'm that's what i asked yeah like, yeah like yeah and that, that, that's like the biggest plot hole here is like they could have done this way before when they had a chance they somehow had the foresight to set up this underground chamber over a hundred miles in the fucking earth, but building a robot, three robots was a task too heavy for them. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously like they're just like, Oh, it's this very easy thing we can all do. And it's just like, okay, well you could have just like had those robots just sitting there and waiting. And then you could have just like hopped right in instead right. of like, he said they did it such ass backwards where like we spread our seed everywhere and one day our those seeds would grow and t- come to us and liberate us from these prisons it's, it's like, like uh hey sargon um so everyone is dying uh <laughs> and i think our uh, civilization is headed for imminent doom i have an idea though we could actually upload all of our conscience consciousnesses into robots how does that sound no we planted some seeds, all right? Let's... What about some orbs that can't do shit? <laughs> <Yeah>. let's, <laughs> let's go with the underground bunker idea mm-hmm. and just wait it out, all right? Look, We've got some time. Look, I, the reason why we may be failing is because I put all my money into beach balls. <laughs> so now I have all these beach balls just laying around. Like, why would I put some, why would I spend the money to make these robot bodies when I have all these beach balls around? <laughs> it's just a beach ball lobbyist. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, I, I own Sargon's beach balls. <laughs> we uploaded our consciousness into beach balls. Unfortunately, <coughs> eight out of the eleven deflated. <laughs> Some children and a dog played with them. 
one of them was at a rock concert and got up on stage. The guitarist stepped on it. Very unfortunate. I was told by my foreman that there were faulty valves on them. Did I listen to him? No. Now I'm paying the consequences. Oh, my valves. <laughs> my valves. We, lo- we lost some very valuable people. Some very valuable people. <laughs> there was there was the the, ma- the the owner of the alien Starbucks who's now lost forever into the ether. <laughs> the will... last working class person on our <laughs> planet. Uh, so Kirk will not order anybody's participation. No. With such mechanical bodies, Spock says, Sargon and company will be able to leave this planet and share their technology. And the resulting an- uh, advances for... Mankind would be a great leap for 10 millennia. Now, here's another thing I don't understand at all. Hmm. How are they extinct? How are there not other people? And so this is something they talk about in some Star Trek or some Star Trek movie is that humanity, as long as people are out there on starships, will always be around even if Earth is destroyed. Mm -hmm. Because there are the last vestiges on self-sustaining craft that are like way out there in the fucking universe. Yeah. This this fucking civilization, like, <coughs> they were exploring space, you know, mm-hmm. 600,000 years ago. And, and I guess, but I guess, like, their grand and, cataclysm, like, took all of them out. Like, how? Universe-wide? They I all came back to the planet just for the fucking cataclysm event? They were yeah. like, hey, uh, by the way, hey, <laughs> we're recalling all the ships. Uh, everyone on the planet's dying, so we uh, we need you back here to uh, join the um, uh, cataclysmic event. We, <laughs> we're we kind of afraid that we're, uh, uh, our, um, you know, our species is going to, like, survive in a place on, other than an underground bunker for half a million years, <laughs> so... So if you could just, you know, come back, that'd be great. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. All right. Yeah, for, uh, transmission ended. For really, for like supposedly like advanced species, they re- really are just fucking dumb. They're the dumbest. They're, They're fuck- super dumb. You, you know what the problem is? They're Catholic. Yeah, Catholic. <laughs> this is what would happen. Oh, I mean, I mean, that also makes sense, like the Catholic guilt and like the Catholic punishment. 100%. Because so. they're just like, oh, we fucked up so bad. Now we have to punish ourselves by going to this bunker and put ourselves in beach balls for, for, <laughs> for half a million years. Oh, we fucking suck so bad and we deserve it. Oh, oh we don't deserve the bodies. <laughs> we don't deserve to make android bodies. We suck so bad. The only body we deserve is the body of Christ. <laughs> Body of Christ. It can only be re- Body of Christ. Body of Christ. We need to be reborn and baptized. Please, you need to baptize our robots so we can throw the beach ball in the water. <laughs> uh, so Scotty is won over by the prospect of Starship engines being "quote unquote" the size of walnuts. Coincidentally. Also the size of his enlarged prostate. Yeah. Mm, good times. Yeah. Uh, Mulhall says uh, that in the interest of science, she must cooperate with Sargon's plan. McCoy finds it a suspicious coincidence that the bodies of both the captain and his first officer are required for the task ahead and worries that such, quote unquote, giants uh, um, may be taking advantage of the human crew who are comparatively insects. Mm-hmm. Kirk compares the mission with the first Earth missions to the moon. Actually, you know what? I'm just going to read this full speech because I I wrote down the speech because it is (coughs) actually like a famous speech. It's the thing we talked about earlier that uh, Terry Metalis reposted Mm -hmm. about the uh, risk. So here we go. Mm -hmm. They used to say if man could fly, he'd have wings. 
but he did fly. He discovered he had to. Do you wish that the first Apollo mission hadn't reached the moon? Or that we hadn't gone on to Mars or the nearest star? That's like saying you wish that you still operated with scalpels and sewed your patience up with catgut like your great-great-great-great-great-grandfather <laughs> used to. I'm in command. I could order this, but I'm not. Because? Because Dr. McCoy is right in pointing out the enormous danger potential in any contact with life and intelligence as fantastically advanced as but I must point out the possibilities, the potential for knowledge and advancement is equally great. Risk, risk is our business. That's what this starship is all about. That's why we're aboard her. You may descend without prejudice. <laughs> Do I hear a negative vote? Spock, McCoy, Scotty, and Mulhall's doubts all about the transference are erased with Kirk's rousing speech. I am roused. <laughs> Aroused, you might say. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the thing. We get no technology from them at all. Um, we don't know that. We just, yeah, we do know that for, for the most part. So, you know, speech is rousing. Apparently that's like, um, yeah, yeah, it's all good. Um, so apparently like that's a, a big thing in Star Trek. I actually don't remember that speech and I watched mm-hmm. TOS like all the way through a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just, I just don't think it's that remarkable. This episode really isn't that remarkable. And I think I said yeah. when talking about this episode uh, last week that it's one of the best episodes of TOS. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking about the episode, I think, City on the Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, the one that takes place on like Kronos for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this one, Return to Tomorrow, not related to that one at all <laughs> and not nearly as good. Also very Catholic. Yeah. Very Catholic. Mm-hmm. So, in the medical lab, McCoy and Nurse Chapel oversee the transference. Uh, Thassila, now in Mulhall's body, at first looks for her husband in Spock, but Sargon draws her attention over here, in Kirk's body. <laughs> she approves of his choice of host, finding it similar to the body he lost in the cataclysm. No advanced species is going to look <laughs> like people <laughs> did in the 1960s. Like, yeah. Like, for some reason... Do you get this? Like watching old movies, I'm like everyone looks like old, old, like, yeah. old, old, old. Like everyone looks bad. Like and they're, they're like, and then you look it up and like, oh, they're 32. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> like, so I thought, uh, fucking Mohal in in here. I thought she was like in her late 30s. I thought she was at least my age, but she was 29 in this role. Yeah, you thought she was younger. I thought she was 25. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, it's like knowing that she's but, Pulaski, it's like, uh, yeah. Pulaski looked pretty good. And I guess she was like, Pulaski was what, like, uh, she had to be almost 60 when she did. Uh, I think 50-ish. Yeah. yeah. But also, like, knowing you, you always just hope they're a little bit younger. <laughs> um, so, also, uh, you only you only know numbers that are uh, um, the names of TV shows. So, you're like... <laughs> Uh, 24? <laughs> I'm like, no. And you're like, 48 hours? I'm like, no. Oh, 30 rock. 60 minutes. 60 okay. minutes. Jeez, 60 minutes. <laughs> so, um, um, Henoch awakes in Spock's body 
and is immediately horny for Nurse Chapel, calling her a very fine specimen. Oh, yeah. Um, He is uh, in, like, she's like, ooh, and touches her fucking face, and she's like, oh. Oh, you. (laughs) Well, I did want to fuck Spock, but, well, since you're in Spock's body, Mm -hmm. you want to stick it in my butt? (laughs) You want to stick in my nurse butt? (laughs) Um, It's a certified nurse, and it's an asshole. Yeah, he's not CNA. He not certified nurse's asshole. (laughs) Yeah, Henoch is just like immediately horny. Yeah, yeah, like he's he's like he like he wakes up from a half a million year sleep and he's just like he's got the morning wood. I mean, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, imagine the morning wood after half a million fucking years, dude. (laughs) Like my dick would fly out of my body. It would like, like you could like raise a fucking flag on that. It's interesting that he didn't really like tap into i guess like tap into that air uh well like the vulcan emotions and just like the because like you know the vulcans like have like the whole like do the meditation yeah to, like emotional suppression emotional suppression and like and a lot of that is like suppressing like their you know like their the biological yeah and like, i'm wondering like why spock wasn't concerned about that how like mm-hmm. you know another mind might mess up either his mind or his physiology and also mm-hmm. we kind of see or I guess we can assume here that, in a way, um, Henoch kind of assumes Spock's mental powers in a way. Yeah. And I think that's... Uh, a- I think, like, those mental powers are the ones that he already has. Yeah, but also, he does not in a Vulcan way. Yeah. yeah we'll like, talk that, about that in yeah, a second. Yeah, we'll talk about, about yeah. that in a second. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Henoch awakes, is horny for chapel. Um, mm-hmm. he, she wants to fuck, too, but they don't do it, unfortunately. And not that we see, at least. I assume they might. And one thing they don't do is also like like having like difficulty walking. Like no, they're, they're no, uh, so so Kirk does at first. Yeah. Remember mm-hmm. capital A acting when he first he's like stumbling around, but but these folks at least they're sitting down first. Yeah, and then they're able to get up. But like Kirk's standing up first, and he stumbles a little. Long. Mm-hmm. So there's that. I you know they already did the show of them stumbling around. They don't want to do that again. Yeah, too much stumbling in in one <laughs> program. Um, so. <clears throat> Kenok is also pleased with his own host. Uh, the half-human, half-Vulcan hybrid, he says, has uh, strength, hearing, and eyesight all far above human norms. Um, uh, Spock's body also deals better with the transference as well, being, quote, accustomed to the higher metabolism. Mm-hmm. But as we learn later, I think in the Trek films, Vulcan metabolism is much much slower than humans mm-hmm. it is not accustomed to a high metabolism at all like their their heart rate is like two beats a minute or something yeah like it's it's ridiculous and so i'm like well, but i'm wondering if that's also because of their um mental control over their own bodies maybe yeah but also i don't know like because do, there's you, yeah, do you there's cyborg has a fucking human heart rate and shit or superior yeah because he's like yeah interesting yeah. Mm. Makes you wonder. Makes you think. Makes yeah, you jerk off later after this program's done. <laughs> or while this program's taping. <coughs> really, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to judge. Just put a blanket <laughs> over your lap, all right? I said put a blanket over your And under, Patrick, and under, under, your, and Patrick, under yourself. put a blanket over your lap. Look, I'm going to do what I want. Like. <laughs> I said put. <laughs> This this is the zany masturbation sound effects <laughs> podcast. <laughs> hubba hubba. 
Um, so, uh, Hinox stays, um, Hinox stays in his body when the others collapse. And for the second time, uh, Hinox says he can create a metabolic stabilizer for all three of them and can operate uh, Spock's body for several more hours because it's half Vulcan. Sargon relinquishes Kirk's body back to him. In the pharmacology laboratory, which apparently they built on this underground bunker, couldn't couldn't be bothered. I thought they were on the um I thought they were on the ship. Were they? they yeah. Were, they weren't down in the bunker for some of it. I thought they had, mm. um so I think the the med bay was on the ship and the I don't know. So, uh in the pharmacology Pharmacology laboratory, Hemok and Chapel make up a metabolic reduction formula, which, administered from a hypospray at 10 cc an hour, should allow the three cataclysm survivors to function in their host bodies. Chapel notices that Sargon's formula has been doctored and is unlike the other two, and fears for her captain. Hemok confirms that he intends for Kirk to die in order to ultimately kill Sargon to let him keep Spock's body. But since Chapel will do the administration, nobody will suspect Henoch. Henoch then telepathically establishes mind control over Chapel uh, by touching his hand to her forehead, much like a Vulcan would do. Which makes but he, think, he he touches her forehead to the with the with his, I think middle finger, and I then it, like, I thought it was the hand, but no. Yeah, he, he kind of like he, he kind of does like a touch, but it's not like a like a mind meld. It's just kind of like a it's different. Kinda, it's kind of like a remember though. Yeah, it's it's not a mind meld, definitely, but it is kind of like a remember. But I think he's using his own mental powers to control her. He could be, but I'm also saying could be Spock's, and that's that's the thing yeah. where I'm like, yeah, that's a weird writing because it makes you wonder, it makes you wonder what he's taking over. Yeah, it's also interesting, like, like this is this is what like uh like he does no sense of the long game i feel because he instantly is just like well time to betray sargon mm-hmm. it's that like okay just make the fucking robot bodies and then like you're free to travel the universe however you want and and you can go to vulcan and choose your fucking vulcan body. yeah and you can obviously like when you go into the robot body you're not exactly trapped there it seems like you could transfer your consciousness however you please right so like just like just build the fucking robot body and just like you can fuck off you don't have to be around Sargon and Thalesa, you can just do whatever you want. And instead, it's like, well, time to completely, like, uh, sabotage my chances here of actually getting away with this. But I'm Catholic. <laughs> I deserve the punishment. Mm-hmm. And I'm- I can't think about things correctly. <laughs> He's from the other side. Hell. <laughs> I'm Lucifer. He's from the other side. Protestants. Protestants. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, just Henoch's plan, like, it's it's like for an advanced being, it's also just very kind of just petty. It's and, very mustache twirly and stupid. Yeah, and it's it it's and it's not thought out that well. Not at all. No. And plus, if it if also if Sargon's able to read thoughts, it's like, oh well, you you he won't you you won't know because it'll you'll be administered to you, so it won't it won't come back to me. Like I'm what Sargon can't read Enoch's thoughts, right? And like yeah. And it's also like, yeah, established later that Sargon is definitely much more mentally powerful. Yeah, than than Henoch. So like, he could keep it from. I, yeah, I don't know. There's there's plot. Holes, <laughs> right? There's one or two. Yeah, I mean it's it's you know it's TOS. So it's like yeah. TOS was all campy and yeah dumb and yeah. 
it's well, we forgive it though, because it, yeah. it's it's the foundation upon mm-hmm. what good Trek is built on. So yeah, whatever. Um, so, uh, Spock touches his hand to her forehead, making her forget, or apparently his middle finger ish, mm-hmm. not not Vulcan ish. Maybe mm. who knows? Yeah, I think it's his own thing. Go 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 watch it. Make your own make your own uh, determination. I say he's taking over his Vulcan powers. Uh, fucking Pat here says he's using his own powers. I mm-hmm. say if he was using his own powers, they would be entirely mental, and he wouldn't have to touch her face. And he also wants to be creepy, though. Yeah, but he could just fuck Nurse Chapel. Yeah, that's the thing. Like she he, wants to fuck. He also wants. He also wants, wants to, to fuck Thalesa, and it's just like, who cares, dude? It's like, yeah. like you clearly have. You can literally pick whoever you want. <laughs> it's like you. You can get into a ship. And fuck off to God knows where and just, like, drown yourself in alien pussy. But instead he's like, no, I must defeat Sargon. <laughs> yeah, he's, and- he's a Catholic. I am Protestant. <laughs> he he takes breaks at work. And I have to kill him before I make make my moves on Thalesa because our, our, our marriage must be, must be done in the sight of God and blessed by the Lord our Jesus Christ. Divorce is not an option. <coughs> but widows, oh, those are free games. <laughs> so. Adultery is a sin. <laughs> it's not a divorce if he's dead. <laughs> divorce is also a sin. It must be through death. <laughs> we are the most advanced uh, <laughs> People of all time, we don't believe in divorce. That's another thing. Like, they're supposed to be so advanced, they still have, like... Marriage. Tra- traditional marriages. They're fucking traditional families. Yeah. Yeah, that's how they got so advanced. That's how they got... Beto- that's how they got beyond their atomic problem, is with the nuclear family. <laughs> yeah. hey, suck my dick! <laughs> um, okay, so... Um, eh, eh, eh. So, uh, Nimoy is a great villain here. I just gotta say, I really love <laughs> Nimoy as a villain. Fuck yeah. you, Spock's beard rules. He's a great villain. Suck my dick. Yeah, he's he's definitely like hamming it up. Like oh, he's yeah. like like every time he enters a scene, he's like leaning on some on a wall or something. Like, hey, mm-hmm. what's going on here, idiots? Yeah. And like, and I get to be sly, Spock. Suck my dick. Mm, yeah. Just like the Brent Spiner thing, where any any opportunity oh. just to just like ham it up and be get any, play against type. Anytime they're like ham it up a little, he turns into like a literal like country ham. Yeah, like it's great. He's he turns like, into a like, ham oink, sandwich. Oink with, oink, baby. <laughs> right, yeah, um, a ham so, sandwich with bacon. HPB. HPB. Ham pork bacon baby. <laughs> a uh, hand blowjob. A what? <laughs> <laughs> so next we get a McCoy log. Speaking of hand blowjobs, he says, uh, "Enterprise medical log starting at four seven sixty nine. Nice point one. <laughs> Three alien minds now inhabit the bodies of Captain Kirk, Science Officer Spock, and Doctor Ann Mulhall. That bitch <laughs> as plant." Uh, <coughs> As planned, the construction of android robots is underway. All the proceeding is expecting, and as promised, I can find no reason for concern, but yet I am filled with foreboding. Sargon is now in his third possession of Kirk's body, and Thalassa is back in Mulhalls, and he not continues to possess. It's also interesting to point out, like, they also never got any approval from Starfleet. 
They'd, ha- they'd have to wait three weeks, six weeks, because they'd have to wait for a response. Yeah, the aliens that have been in stasis for half a million years, they can't wait three six weeks for for approval. No, no, like, no, Jim Kirk can't wait. Yeah, Jim Kirk can't wait. Jim's like, I need to do it now. Yeah, yeah. Like, I gotta get in the. Uh, I gotta let the Catholic inside of my body. Yeah, like this is such an absurdly dangerous, potentially dangerous thing that they're doing, and they're just doing Excuse it. Excuse me. Risk is their business. Yeah, it's true. Risk is their business, but also but I'm talking about the 1997 <laughs> Megadeth album, Risk. Oh yeah, of course. With uh, Crush 'Em on there. Mm. Crush 'Em, Crush 'Em, <laughs> bound to win, bound to lose. Get out of my way, I'm coming through. <laughs> but that also got no approval from Starfleet to be made. <laughs> That's very true. Starfleet does not approve of Megadeth albums. No, no, but no. Like, no. Uh, but I definitely feel like, <laughs> like Starf, like, can you imagine like Starfleet getting the report of what happened? It's like, so you let three aliens whose like whose uh, whose true intentions are completely foreign to you or completely an unknown, mm-hmm. and you just let them take control of your body, like the captain and the first officer. You let them get taken over by these alien alien intelligences and had full range of the full full control of the ship. Okay, I I just got a great new idea for for the podcast. Mm-hmm. I uh, I think at the end of the classic episode, mm-hmm. maybe we should give like a um a Starfleet report. <laughs> yeah, Starfleet uh, report, and just like briefly summarize what exactly happened because at the end of this, like it's there's like so much what the fuck going on here. Yeah, it's just like this is like this this whole report just beam back to to uh, Starfleet headquarters, and they're just like just rubbing their temples and just being like, "What the fuck did he do this time?" Yeah, they're like, <laughs> "Hey, uh, we um uh, hey, uh Admiral, um, how do uh, we got another one from Jim?" <laughs> it's like, "God uh, damn it, Jim Kirk!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jim Kirk. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Punches a wall. It's like, what did he do now? For fuck's sake! Uh, so, oh well, you know he potentially put all of our lives in danger again. <laughs> so, God, how do I put this? So, just uh, let me start out. Catholic ghosts in beach balls. All right, <laughs> just, just okay. Don't, don't talk yet. Just follow me. Uh, okay, so <laughs> he's um, just like. I'm not even dealing with it. Computer <laughs> delete log. <laughs> like the answer's no, but uh, I'm just gonna send it on a radio wave so the transmission gets lost. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a fuck anymore. Just mm. eh, fuck it. We we already wrote the Enterprise off as a business loss, so mm. we're okay. Like, yeah. If it actually gets destroyed, we make money. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why do you think we put Jim fucking Kirk in charge? (laughs) We're not dumb. We're trying to make it look like an accident. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That's my new favorite Star Trek conspiracy. (laughs) Is that Starfleet has just taken out like (laughs) basically the entire wealth of the Romulan Empire (laughs) through like five different like seed corporations (laughs) Mm -hmm. in order to like uh, fucking do an insurance fraud on the Enterprise (laughs) And like wipe out all of the Romulans' wealth. Yeah, and, it, and, and it that's just, how they win the Romulan War because no one remembers how. And it just completely backfires because, despite 
Jim Kirk being like the biggest fucking idiot. Just <laughs> like a, because a Spock's there Vulcan. and Spock yeah. keeps saving him, or you know David or some Vulcan. Usually. Yeah, and like and like he's just somehow keeps coming out of these impossibly dangerous situations on top, and they're just like, how how does he keep doing it? <laughs> <laughs> like the, the insurance actuator is like. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. He did it again. <laughs> They're all high-fiving each other. <laughs> so, in a science laboratory, Sargon and Thalassa are beginning the assembly of their new android bodies. They reminisce, but the lost scenes of their beloved homeworld turn into a cruel reminder of the cruel future that awaits them. Henoch enters, and the cruel future is being trapped in robot bodies for centuries. And like, yeah, and and uh, fucking Sargon's like, oh, I mean, we'll inhabit these bodies for a thousand years, and after that, a new one for so, a thousand. And more like, years. what? Like, are you also like not able to just like, like they're such advanced roboticists, but they also can't like, like give them, or even in a thousand years, have like potentially have the technology to give them all the same feeling as a normal human body. It's just, it's just like okay, well, it's like if <coughs> it's like for people who like were in stasis for half a million years, they have no sense of forethought, <laughs> just like or, or just like like I like being able to perceive of a future where anything is possible, and so yeah, like they could have like robot bodies that are completely indistinguishable from from humans. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they could have bio organic bodies. Like, yeah. So I mean, at least like. Fucking Starfleet and the Federation are starting to figure out bioorganics, mm-hmm. like by the time of Voyager. Like the gel yeah. packs are bioorganic technology, mm-hmm. and so like you know a, a civilization that's like half a million years ahead of them. Yeah, they didn't figure out any of that stuff. They just figured out fucking Catholicism, ad- Catholicism, <laughs> and advanced robotics that aren't quite as good as positronics. So it's like I'm, I don't know. There's there's a lot of stuff here. Of course, it's early Star Trek, and so yeah. there's the context of all the other Star Trek we know, and like, and the know, limitations of the technology at the time for the for people to perceive. True, true. You know, because like all robots on TV at that time were looking like some fucking yeah, danger, danger Will danger, Robinson, yeah. yeah, some fucking or Daleks and shit, some some just mm-hmm. enormous fucking piece of metal dome with like a couple lights on it, yeah, little like doofuses, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I understand you can. Only but then again, it. like uh, the Foundation series and like the robot series by Isaac Asimov, like that has like like uh, Daniel Olive Law and like stuff like that. Like I was ma- like uh, had robots that were completely indistinguishable humans. But. Yeah, but those those were just played by people. They, I'm talking <laughs> about like robots that were supposed to look like metal, look like dogs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, well, the, yeah, the books. Or things were like, supposed to look like robots. I mean, yeah. they could have done, like, a, a data back then, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they didn't really have the... Uh, instead, they just covered Spock and uh, the same amount of makeup. Oh, and, the, and these robots that they make, though, are just, like, weird naked humans just covered in a uh, Vaseline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they look like kind of like large versions of the alien from alien autopsy kind of just yeah like, they do. just like bald dudes they look like like fucking dudes at hardcore shows who try to hit on 16 year old girls <laughs> they're just like completely hairless yeah and just like average build like yeah look like they've just been spending all their time in a basement yeah yeah never, yeah, see, yeah, the sun, su- never yeah. see the sun a day yeah sort of like. no tan whatsoever yeah like, just like the only body definition is like their rib cage 
And, and of course, covered in a protective slime that hydrates them. <laughs> mm. We love our slime, folks, don't we? Mm-hmm. So moist. <laughs> uh, so Henoch enters and enjoys the plight of his uh, sorely tempted but morally rigorous opponents. Uh, he has one. Uh, he, for one, has no intention of relinquishing his host's body. Sargon says that once they complete their new bodies, they can travel and spread a message of their own people's destruction in hopes of preventing the same fate for other civilizations. Which, why couldn't they have done? I don't understand why they couldn't have taken a starship when the cataclysm event was happening. That's I just don't get it. I just don't get why they were yeah, why they ha- species and everyone came back to the planet to die. Yeah, like it would have made sense if they had made made a ship capable of like of of like transporting their consciousness consciousnesses around and and like they could have like been mobile right instead they're like no let's just wait for the seeds someone will come with a ship we have these ships but instead let's go underground and wait well we must punish ourselves and we must wait on those who will forgive us of our sins and then like and as the Lord forgives those, uh, and we will consecrate with new hosts. We, we'll, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's 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 because of their alien Catholicism why they did this. Uh, honestly, like knowing that this was written by a Catholic, like I found that out after I wrote all my notes. I'm like, yeah. fuck, that's so much context I can't even begin to wade through. <laughs> yeah. And now, like reading this, I'm like, oh, that's why there's a dumb inconsistency. Yeah, he thinks the Pope's infallible. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so in the medical lab, uh, Chapel gives Henox bogus metabolic readings to McCoy. Mistaking her evident stress for fatigue, McCoy offers to administer the last few doses of formula to, uh, the visitors or the people on the planet. I guess they're the visitors. Alarmed, Chapel insists she will be us up to the task. In the shop, Scotty cannot see how the technology of the ancient colonizers is going to work in the android bodies. And he has them all up on a little mm-hmm. fucking shelf. And uh, he wonders how something that looks like a drop of jelly could operate something uh, which must, quote, need micro gears in some sort of pulley that does what a muscle does. This is another thing that should have been technology that they could have like scr- we, we're so used. far beyond this robot technology yeah. Scotty's talking about he's like ah oh, they need a pulley system it's like we have like robotics way better <laughs> we have hydraulic robotics and shit mm-hmm. like that like how are you an engineer Scotty <laughs> like, you're an engineer from you're a the dude like Scotty has all of the engineering knowledge of like a muscle car mechanic from the 1960s or like, or like a steampunk <laughs> steampunk nerd. He's like, Oh, where's the, where's, where's, where's the, where's the, where's the uh, stack to let all the steam out. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so a ship runs on liquid helium and dark dreams. <laughs> where, where are the gears that, that turn on the outside of this robot? <laughs> uh, so a smug, he appears in the doorway and, uh, corrects Scotty. Very smugly. Yeah, he's like leaning on the thing and he's like, idiot. Yeah, and he says, uh, comprehend <laughs> its workings, though Scotty may not. The android form will surpass his human strength and agility twofold. Only two? You're going to make a robot just twice as strong and twice as smart as Scotty? That's not an impressive <laughs> robot. 
there there are there are robots that make cars that are far more impressive than that and all they do is like you know attach like the lock to the door i have a robot at my job yeah you keep on talking about it i think you want to fuck it no well it is just an arm that just has a uh i mean i guess a hand job (laughs) well it has like it has a uh has a um uh a torch a welding torch at the end and it welds it's getting hot in here. <laughs> All right. Yeah, the robot sucks. I actually had to work the robot position a couple times this week. Is that what you call it? Yeah, the robot. The missionary? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The yeah, style? Yeah. Robot the, style? <laughs> yeah, I just bend over and the hand goes. <laughs> like Curly from fucking Three Stooges. Hey, we know nothing about Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Why I oughta? Why I oughta? <laughs> uh, so to Thalassa, uh, though she asks that the android form will house her for another thousand years, is that not what a prison does? Very philosophical. Well, I mean, they're not in prison. They can just do whatever the fuck they want, just in a robot body. Yeah, but she can't come. Yeah, which I, is like, I mean, which I, is probably the most Catholic thing about this. <laughs> yeah, I know. and really, like the guy like writing this is like, oh, it's the perfect body. I can just suffer in and not feel any pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, good news, Catholics don't wear condoms, so there's some pleasure for it. Oh uh, yeah, but yeah, it's less like, yeah, again, it's less like they're talking about like you know like uh, Henoch talking about the obvious you know the superiorities of this robot, but also. You know, also talking about how much it sucks, mm-hmm. and it's just like, okay, well, which is it, dude? Yeah do you do you want to just be alive for another like fifty years in a Vulcan? I don't, I don't, and that's the thing is, I don't understand this transference. I don't understand the rules behind it, and mm-hmm. why Henoch can't have a little goddamn patience. He's yeah. been waiting for half a million years, and he's like. Now, I can't wait, like, another three years for a fucking body. Yeah. I got to take over this one right now. I can't I can't be a robot and then find an even better body. I could, he could go to fucking Vulcan and choose a better Vulcan or whatever than Spock. Spock's only half human. Yeah. Actual Vulcans are probably even better, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, go, go fucking choose. Go be the Borg. I don't know. Yeah. Like, inhabit something that's cooler than being a fucking Vulcan. Yeah, and really, like, yeah, and as a robot, like, he was saying, like, oh, you just live for thousands of years. It's like, okay, so you can do whatever the fuck you want for a thousand years. Instead, you're just going to be oh, in a, no. you're gonna be in a very fragile uh, fragile body that can die at any moment. Right? He's like, I just, I just like this Vulcan penis. It's nice to hear. I like to touch his little hair. It's really cute to touch. It makes me do the cummies. I do a, I do a big cummies when I do that. So, yeah, all these, 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 these Catholic aliens are fucking idiots. Yeah, they're terrible. <laughs> so, uh, Thalassa feels a tremor of revolt against the impending surrender of her humanoid existence. Might a human body not after all be her due, given all the good she proposes to bring to mankind? Mm. Well, that's going to be harder as a human to do. Right? Yeah. In the deck six briefing room, Sargon realizes he can no longer ignore the danger to Kirk's body. And he calls McCoy. Uh, Thalassa, as Mohal, arrives first and runs the idea of sacrificing Mohal past her husband. Seeing that the wrongness of the proposition has escaped her, Sargon points out the practical difficulties. It will take months, if not years, for the host bodies to grow accustomed to the presence of their essences. She knows that he, too, longs to resume their physical intimacy. Wow, wow. The... 
intertwining of senses, mm. which is what I'm going to call all sex from now on. <laughs> like, hey, girl, you want to intertwine sexes? It's, kind of, it's doing it's doing the, the so, avatar sex. Sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> um, and she kisses him, uh, asking, can robot lips do this? And then he pushes her head down slowly. <laughs> now, um, so fighting. Yeah, that's the thing. They don't fuck. It sucks. Well, I mean, not that we see. That we see, but I kind of assume they don't because right. They're probably like Kirk and Muhal are not married. It'll be a- <laughs> this penis is too small to fit inside. <laughs> no, we cannot consecrate. It'll be a sin to, to our cat to our alien Catholic God. <laughs> Yeah, he's, but but yeah, they don't seem to fucking like that'd be like I don't know, like I guess cool, that, cool, but also like way well, yeah, out. One of the first things I would do, like for one, I'd be eating ton everything. I'd be I could eating find. walleye. I'd be eating a big chili dog and fucking <laughs> cheese and little diced onions. would be spilling on her face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, while fucking, you just just like just falling on her back. <laughs> Doing back shots. Hey, what, are, what are you doing back there? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> just double double fisting <laughs> chili chili dogs <laughs> gotta go fast gotta go fast um <laughs> but she's also just has her face in a giant bowl of ice cream just like <laughs> <laughs> so uh fighting temptation as well as Henox rapid decline um he collapses mccoy and chapel arrive to find that sargon is dead Oh, I'm sorry, mm. not not Henoch's uh, rapid decline, his vapid medicine. Mm. Useless medicine. Yeah, um, useless medicine. So we get another McCoy log, which is super rare. Like, in the series of Star Trek, McCoy only does, like, a dozen logs, mm. and two of them are on this episode. Which wow. Which is awesome. We get so much McCoy in this episode. Mm-hmm. McCoy says, medical log, stardate 4770.3. Do I list one death, or do I list two? <laughs> When Kirk's body died, Sargon was too far distant from his receptacle to transfer back. Sargon is dead. But is Captain Kirk dead? His body is. But his consciousness is still in the receptacle into which it was transferred earlier. Uh, He is sure that Sargon has died, forced to flee the captain's collapsed body, and too far from the receptacle to bring out the exchange of essences. Uh, despite its inhospitality, uh, inhos, uh, you know the word, um, <laughs> in, in inhospitality, I don't know. Uh, the vacant body has brought around, uh, been brought around in sickbay. Its vital organs are now working, though, mm. as uh, Nurse Chapel says. Actually, not Nurse Chapel. I think it was the hot black nurse that I was talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, we can tweak. Uh, uh, so Thalassa says that uh, no, 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 not Thalassa. So Thalassa goes to uh, Henoch, who is uh, now uh, working on a male-shaped body, android body in the shop. <laughs> Thalassa Just wonders, covered in Vaseline or something. Yeah, it's so moist. I mean, yeah. it, it does look like the alien from Alien Autopsy, kind of. It's yeah. just like kind of big-headed and like totally bald. It just found like the weirdest looking guy to just be <laughs> be that alien. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Or be the robot, yeah. So Thalassa wonders why Henoch bothers, since he clearly doesn't plan to return uh, his present body to Spock. Uh, he strokes her revulsion, saying the android form is for her, not him. 
she can occupy it before it has female features installed. And he'll install some. And he's like, you want that hairy pusher? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what you want? You want that brown apple? You want, <laughs> you want a nice bleached like porn star? I don't know. Some some of us boys like it a little brown. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Take it on the brown town. Get my drift. I like, I like it. A, I don't like. I like it a little sh- couple shades darker than the skin. You know, <laughs> just just to know just to know it's working. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just to know it's it's doing its job. <laughs> I don't like to go in the outhole unless I know it's an outhole, you know what I mean? That makes it a little dirty, a little spicier just for me. Um, uh, so. Anyway. <laughs> now that I'm horny. Um, so. Uh, Hinox strokes her revulsion, saying the android isn't for her and she can occupy it after it has uh, female features. Mm-hmm. She cannot bring herself to put her consciousness into the android's body. She wants to keep that pussy, that wet ass Pulaski pussy. But it's interesting. She was like involved. She like you don't see Henoch work on the androids at all. Not until this point. Yeah, and so like, like she was directly involved in the in in its creation. Right. Completely. And she's like, what do you mean it's a male body? <coughs> yeah, I like, didn't know about that until the until we started building. I'm yeah, like, it's just like what? you were involved in every single part of this, like, and you didn't let anybody else. Like, this is your creation. I'm sorry, I have a case of dumb bitch syndrome. <laughs> Listen, I'm a woman on TV in the 60s, and I'm not about to be smart. I, I have an awful case of DBS. Listen, <laughs> I was written by a Catholic man. You think I'm about to be smart up in here? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Oh, God, I can't believe I can't believe uh, this alien that I'm, I mean, this robot that I made that I made look like a freaky little moist freak. It's so, <laughs> so disgusting, and I'm revolved, revolved by it. Right. It's like, it's like, yeah, like, like, like my sister in Christ, you made the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the medical lab, Thalassa proposes a back room deal with McCoy. Yeah. He gets to go in his back room. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she is able to move Kirk's uh, mind back into the functioning body, but she requires that the doctor help keep that body that is Mahal's. She says, uh, whom you hardly know, almost a stranger to you. I'm trying to sweeten it. Okay, well, I'm fine with it then. <laughs> well, I mean, as long as you're not black. <laughs> um, so, Actually, why don't we go pick up some orphans? Let's <laughs> transfer your body into that. I don't care about these damn orphans. <laughs> They're all Irish anyway. <laughs> yeah. So even for such a return, McCoy cannot leave Mahal to die. It's also interesting. These, like, for also for superior intelligence, they're really bad at manipulating people. They're terrible. It's just like, hey, you know this person that you know. It's like, oh, you just met this person. Like, yeah, but still, you she he works with her, and he has yeah. a conscience, and he right. <laughs> and, and in exchange, I will do nothing for you. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, huh? No. <laughs> well, you, you had me at hello, lady. Yeah, it's you like, drive a hard bargain, but I think that's mostly my dick. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, Thalissa threatens McCoy, saying, uh, we can take what we wish. I could destroy you with a single thought. And uh, McCoy's like, please, end my goddamn <laughs> Fuck Fucking this. Do it. The co- do it. <laughs> the, rep- the food replicators can't make fucking cocaine anymore. <laughs> you fucking took out that program. God, I'm tired of this world. It's <laughs> bio- biomaterial, isn't it? It's made out of a fucking plant. <laughs> you make a goddamn block of tofu and you can't make me some fucking blow? 
What did I fucking sign up to Starfleet for? Fuck this bullshit. Damn, you could just replicate cocaine. Yeah, you could. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, why do you think I made this fucking podcast? (laughs) (laughs) I want replicators now. (laughs) This is a pro-replicator podcast. Mm. Replicate cocaine. (laughs) Joe Brandon, if you're listening, replicate cocaine. Yeah. Uh, That's what we want. Yeah, make it, make it, don't make it a schedule one drug. Yeah, and don't step on that. Don't right? Step. All right, buddy, don't put it in no fucking lax. Uh, put a little lax. Yeah, like put a little, it, little, we, little bit of baby lax. Put it back in Coca Cola, <laughs> just to make me regular. You know? <laughs> just to make me, yeah, just so I can go to work every morning. <laughs> so, um, so. The Lessa projects really bad special effects fire onto McCoy at <laughs> yeah. this point, which is hilarious. Yeah, it uh, just looks... And he, like, dances around. He's like, ooh, hot, hot. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh, hot, hot, hot. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah. <laughs> and it's, it's super... like, ooh, ee, ooh, ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the doctor said to me. Um, so, but soon her godlike posturing uh, begins to disgust her, and she relents and realizes that physical existence is seductive and corrupting for her kind. That's also what I'm talking about, like, why I think those mental powers were Henox, because it was like, Mual, for all we know, doesn't have fire powers, psychic fire powers. Maybe. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, but no, no, what I'm saying, though, is Spock touched her face in a Vulcan way, is mm. the thing. That's the thing. Is otherwise because she did it with her mind. She didn't have to touch him to do the fucking fire. Okay. Right? Yeah. So Spock should have been able to do it with her mind. So great point against you that you just made against yourself. Go fuck yourself. <sighs> Pat. Pat. That's all. That's all. I was so like thinking of an insult, but my mind is so tired at this point. We've been speaking for hours. Yeah, it's true. It's almost yeah midnight. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what are we doing with our lives? And if you're listening, better question, what the fuck are you doing with your lives? <laughs> like, we're making something people listen to for four hours. <laughs> you're the one listening to it for four hours. We love you. We're glad we, you're here. We love you, but also, you know, <laughs> talk to a therapist, maybe. Yeah. You know, four-hour podcasts are no replacement for therapy, but they're goddamn close. <laughs> All right, anyway, um, <laughs> relieved to witness her integrity, Sargon speaks from nowhere. I thought Sargon was dead. Didn't you think Sargon was dead? Yeah. And apparently, he has been sheltering unsuspected in the very fabric of the Enterprise and contains powers even Henoch could not understand. Mm. Chapel arrives, having been summoned. Thalassa asks McCoy to leave them, stating, Sargon has a plan. We have much work to do. McCoy enters his study and is alarmed by a series of loud explosions from the lab, which, like, shakes the entire ship. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I think that would have, like, blown a hole in the hole or something. Yeah. Right? Um, so, unable to enter because the door is sealed, uh, he's calling for aid when Chapel exits with something on her mind. Back in the lab, Kirk and Mohal have regained their own bodies. The three mind receptacles receptacles the beach balls next to bed are now charred and burnt out completely destroyed Mm -hmm. like a security guard at a rock ship (laughs) um it was these that mccoy just heard exploding Mm -hmm. in spock's mind kirk says the loss was necessary as both spock's body and his mind are now gone 
or no, Spock's body's there, still there, but yeah. Enoch and, and Spock's mind, which was in the fucking receptacle, is now exploded. So mm-hmm. No more Spock. Goodbye, Spock. Spock is dead now. First, Jim was dead in the episode. Now, Spock. Goodbye, Spock. Uh, yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> um, uh, fucking, uh, what's their name? Uh, they just died like a couple months ago. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, uh, shit. What is their name? Yeah, she just had that one hit and then disappeared forever. Lived in New York and like, yeah, yeah, you know. Or in in Philadelphia, the the band playing in Philadelphia at the Mm -hmm. party. You know the movie Philadelphia with Tom Hanks. Was that the? Do they play there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I guess she like hadn't been seen like twenty years or thirty years. Interesting. I didn't even hear about that. Yeah, yeah. God, oh, I I just had it on the tip of my oh, uh, Lazarus. Yeah, uh, Q Lazarus. Q Lazarus. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah Q, oh, Q, oh my God. Q Q Q oh. Lazarus. Q Lazarus. Q <laughs> Lazarus. Q Lazarus. Q Lazarus. Q Lazarus. Q Lazarus. Okay, we're 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 done. This do is our think, last episode. Think, We've think, taken it too far. Do you we're think done. Q Lazarus was Q? Oh, like QAnon? QAnon. Because QAnon stopped posting around the uh, time they uh, died. We broke it wide open, everybody. Well, yeah, now now we're going to defeat the deep state. Goodbye, deep state. Goodbye, deep state. <laughs> uh, shut up, us. Um, <laughs> so Kirk orders McCoy to prepare the uh, hypo-vial, uh, the hypo-vial fatal to Vulcans. So they're going to kill Spock in order to kill Enoch. Because, I mean, Spock's already dead. Mm-hmm. His body still exists. So on the bridge, uh, Enoch terrorizes Ahura. It just jumps scenes, and it's just Ahura screaming, going, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that was really funny. Like, it, was, really, it was really funny. It caught me off guard. Yeah, and, and Spock's like, He's like, you. get out of the chair, bitch. <laughs> uh, he then sits in Kirk's chair and warms Holzman Sulu not to fight him. Um, Chapel stands beside <laughs> Enoch. He's, like, doing, like, the stands of, do you want to fight, bro? Let me go. Let yeah, me go. it's like step two. Step two. Step, step step, two. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Pussy. Pussy. Step, step pussy. The fuck back down. Step the fuck back down. You know Play on your, your little console. Direct this damn shit. <laughs> Set heading to go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> he's 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 wearing a. Uh, Oh fuck! What are those shirts? Ruka? No, no, uh, tap out. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing, he's wearing a tap, yeah, affliction tap out shirt. Right. He's just like, oh yeah, <laughs> I just replicated this motherfucker. <laughs> you, yeah, that's right. Nobody fucks with this guy. Nobody. <laughs> so he then sits in Kirk's chair and warms hell, uh, Zulu not to fight him. Um, mm-hmm. Chapel stands beside Henock at his whim. McCoy arrives with her, uh, Kirk and Mahal, whom Henock stops short by saying. Pain, Captain, which is awesome. Upon mm. them near the turbo lift, at which Kirk does some capital A acting, he's like, bah! yeah. They all start looking like they're just getting like besieged by diarrhea. Like they're all just like double over, and just like, oh god. Uh, yeah, it definitely starts to look like a Pepto Bismol commercial, where like <laughs> one guy's holding his stomach, the other, then like a her is holding her ass. And, yeah. Like, <laughs> like uh yeah upset stomach runny nose diarrhea butthole <laughs> i don't know leaky ass mm-hmm. i don't know what the song is i don't care um so he then orders chapel to take uh mccoy's hypo the contents of which are known to him from reading mccoy's mind chapel mm. is ordered by he to inject mccoy thus killing him which she prepares to do but suddenly she injects he and said whoopsie the old 
bait and switch. <laughs> At first, he belittles uh, their attempt, but then he senses the undead and powerful Sargon, and his instinct is to beg him. Spock's body collapses, and Henoch flees, but with no host, android, nor receptacle at hand, his soul is destroyed, which apparently is very uncatholic. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, they talk about the souls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah very Catholic. It's not like they're... Is, is it, do they refer to it as their consciousness? I don't know. Or just, like, their mind? I guess they do just call it mind, not souls. Yeah, it was probably a Gene Roddenberry rewrite. Yeah, they probably did write souls, and then he's like, oh, X, no, yeah. <laughs> mind. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the holy, it's like every time in the script is the holy souls of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's a little long winded, don't you think? Yeah. Dungan? What is that? Uh, Gungan? Gungan. <laughs> ah, Miss, I like my oh, script. D- yeah, yeah, maybe you uh, shouldn't or, rewrite it. Yeah, Duggan. Yeah, Duggan. There you go. Uh, so, Chapel swoons and Spock stands. He's once again himself. When Spock recovers, or when Chapel recovers, she explains that she had been carrying and sharing Spock's essence, or Contra, mm. that we learn about way later. She finally got Spock inside of her. No, she did, but not how she wanted. <laughs> Which, behind Spock's back, uh, Sargon had placed in me, she says. So Sargon put it in her, but not Spock. So it's interesting, like, so... Sargon somehow can take Spock's soul or his Katra and put it in someone. I don't know. There's a lot going on. Yeah, it's like, but also it's like they sh- they showed like if if a mind goes into another body, the 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 original mind has to go somewhere else. Correct. But like, but is it because like Spock and uh, and Chapel weren't that ad- as advanced as him, like they were able to inhabit a single body. That's a great question. I like, because why? Because then like Chapel's. Uh, mind would have been like displaced or if they're just like not the same but yeah well it's but it's it's spock's essence which is a lot weaker and not as powerful and there was no adverse effects to two people inhabiting one body as there was with like but it's a katra and as we know like katras are fine in other people's bodies for a limited amount of time which i mean is actually cleared up by star trek but then you didn't have to to do like bar trivia or anything that's that's true. <laughs> that would have been amazing if they're like Mark <laughs> Reed gained consciousness and he's like, I'm so da 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 the gym gym. I need a da 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 the the bar trivia console. I need my bar uh, trivia console to uh, get my intelligence back. Uh, can go uh, the gym? Can can I have the bar <laughs> trivia and pull tabs to gym? Yes, right away. We'll get you some pretzels and a beer. And he's just like, ooh, 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 pretzels. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, Sargon then requests that he, oh, sorry. Um, Sargon explains that the hypo uh, that was injected into um, uh, Enoch uh, was potent enough to kill 10 Vulcans <laughs> and uh, was a necessary illusion. So. <laughs> Sargon then requests that he and Thalesa borrow Kirk and Mahal's bodies one last time so that he may, quote-unquote, hold his wife. Yeah, they just fucking give up. Like, they're just, they're, they're so, they're so into punishment. Yeah, this is just like. It's super weird here, yeah. And he's like, can we have your bodies one last time so I can hold my wife before we consign ourselves to oblivion forever? Which is like. Why? 
why, why are you doing that? What was what was then? What was the you're whole... almost done with your fucking androids? <laughs> what was you finished one? You got one. Yeah. What was the point of 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 doing this? If you were just going to give up after like four hours of work, right? You waited half a million <laughs> years. And like, no, we can wait a couple more hours. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. You know what? Over these last few hours, I've thought about it, and uh, it actually sucks. Yeah. yeah fuck this right. shit. Yeah, we don't deserve this. We suck too bad. We're awful. Like, we need to be punished. We're sinful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, we got to kill ourselves. Um, the request is granted, and Sargon and Thalassa share one final kiss in, mm-hmm. uh, in the bodies of uh, Kirk and uh, Mohal. Or Mohal, rather. Um, Thalassa tells Sargon that oblivion together does not frighten her and asks him to promise her that they will be together, which Sargon does. Although like so, so they're going to be together. So that means they're going to heaven. Yeah, and that's the thing is that's how I know this was written by a Catholic. Is otherwise Sargon would be like, "Are you are you are you fucking are you an idiot?" <laughs> I, I said oblivion. I said oblivion. Yeah, like you can't do oblivion together. It's nothing, <laughs> lady. Mm-hmm. What aren't you getting? Um, so after Sargon and Thales have departed, and Kirk and Mulhall are themselves again, Chapel says with a teary and fond look at Spock, that the couple's final kiss was beautiful. <laughs> the Enterprise leaves the planet and continues its exploration of space. What a fantastic waste of time for yeah. all of us. <laughs> let's, give a, let's give a Starfleet report. Uh, so, uh, Starfleet report. Um, mm-hmm. ca- uh, captain's report to Starfleet. Uh, we were hailed uh, to a planet called Eret by three space Catholics living in an <laughs> underground bunker 110 miles. And yes, I'm using miles. Fuck your kilometers, Starfleet. <laughs> I don't care. I'm from Iowa. Suck my dick. Mm-hmm. Suck my corn-fed dick. <laughs> um, so we were called to this planet, and uh, they asked to possess our bodies uh, because they've been waiting uh, half a million years mm-hmm. to find someone out in space to possess their bodies and build robots so that they can go warn everybody else. However... One of them decided he couldn't wait and needed Spock's body. <laughs> and so he decided to try to kill the captain. Mm-hmm. Tried to kill the captain and take control of the ship and then also kill his comrades that he's been waiting uh, for half a million years with and decided the first thing he did once he had any sort of like autonomy is try to betray them. But anyway, the good ghost in the beach ball uh, ended up uh, being in our ship's mainframe. Don't it's war- no big deal. He just saw all of our uh, all of our uh, all all the sensitive uh, Starfleet uh, information. Let's just say he knows exactly what Kirk's balls look like. <laughs> yeah, like you know, and then uh, you know, decided to just like take care of the sh- of uh, of a uh, of Spock of the of the evil goat of the evil beach ball ghost, and then uh, reunite with his wife, and then supposedly kill themselves yeah yeah uh, no idea and then the uh, beach ball ghosts committed suicide uh that we know of we don't know they could know all the starfleet secrets and be out there in the ether somewhere waiting to inhabit another body uh anyway for some <laughs> reason they didn't use them to fuck which kind of sucks because uh we were looking forward to the video footage of that but I anyway was lo- i was looking to get my dick wet <laughs> i don't even care if i was in my body <laughs> <laughs> and uh let's see uh what else oh uh yeah we now have two racist doctors on board <laughs> So there's that as well. Uh, you got anything else to add to the report? Uh, no, just like, you know, 
just another thing we did without any sort of approval of any kind, you know? Just- yeah, we, we can't wait three to six weeks for fucking <laughs> to say yes. I mean, come on. Like, it's it's so much easier to just uh, wait for the transmission that says, don't fucking do that. And, uh, oops, we already did. Oh, by the way, we may have the information on how to... Uh, how to increase our transporter and communications range. And we also have like a fully built Android on top of the ship. You didn't want us to do anything with that, or you just want us to just like get rid of it. You know what? I don't want to wait six weeks for, uh, for, for uh, confirmation. We're Open just going to Open the airlock, Scotty. <laughs> right back into space. Yeah. From oh, whence you came. And delete all the logs. Make sure we have no advanced technology from them whatsoever. However, we do have underground bunker technology. <laughs> We can build and bunker very far under the earth <laughs> with a with, with a bunch of shelves for beach balls and nothing <laughs> else. <laughs> uh, yeah, what do you think of this episode? <laughs> yeah, this was a fucking stinker. <laughs> I don't I don't love a lot of TOS. I mean, yeah. I would I, I honestly there's a dozen good like honestly good TOS episodes. Yeah, there. This isn't one of them. No, no. Yeah, I mean it. Like the the obvious Catholicism is very present. It's just like yeah, and, and just like the, the these these and the, like this guy put no thought into how an advanced species would actually operate. Well, that that's that's the thing though. Is he's like, what if I was much smarter than humans, <laughs> mm-hmm. but still me as a Catholic <laughs> doofus? Mm-hmm. It's like, dude. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, these these aliens didn't act in any sort of and it's just odd that that they would just give them free range to roam, roam around the ship because again, we But like, risk is their business. Yeah, risk is their business. Risk is their business. But it's just like they're putting like yeah, 200 oh my souls God. 200 souls in utter danger and control of <coughs> of advanced of of an advanced intelligence that can Seemingly do whatever they want. Their powers seem almost limitless to what right. they can do. And, and so, like, that's the thing, too, is, like, what does a god need with my body? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> seriously, like, these people can do things with their mind. They can move matter with their minds if they want, I assume. Yeah. I mean, they they were able to project fire. Yeah. Uh, they control, control of an entire starship. But with human bodies. With human bodies, they were able to move uh, human consciousnesses around. Right. At will, without, with, with see, at see, yeah, seemingly just An like. Alien as consciousness you mo- that they never encountered before. Yeah, as as you would move your hand, that's how they were able to just like take an, an intelligence out of another body yeah, and put like it into Sa- an Sargon orb. Sargon was literally able to control the energy of the ship from beyond the atmosphere, from yeah. beyond a hundred foot rock bunker, a hundred, sorry, mile yeah. rock bunker. Like, there's so many things. It's like. I mean, first off, like, so they put Sargon in the one room so he could communicate, remember? And, yeah. And the other ones were kept and not allowed to communicate. I'm like, why just Sargon? That doesn't make any that's sense. That's like, yeah. That's, and that, yeah, Sargon's allowed to communicate. So he's able to, like, use his mind. Right. Supposedly, Thalesa and Henoch, did they just go fucking insane? Right. They're, they're just, <laughs> a, they're just like, no, no. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just wait, going to wait here for people. You can just stay in the beach ball in the dark room, though. Yeah, uh, were, were they were their minds still active? Like I like, assume I, so, I didn't, but okay. unable to talk to anyone, or were they able to talk amongst each other? Like who knows? Like it's still even if you were able to just like 
still talk and you know, had two other people to talk to after after a half a million years you would lose your fucking mind oh no especially yeah <laughs> especially like if i was in the room with one guy like yeah. it's not her husband either her husband's like oh no uh you hang out here with a weird guy i'm gonna be in the other room yeah. all right uh i don't want to spend the rest of eternity he, somehow he wants to spend the rest of eternity with his wife However, he locked himself in a different room. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, yeah, they could have put their orbs there. And who put the orbs there? It's like there was no robots. Right. Did they and have also, helpers or something. And also, how can he communicate from that room below a hundred miles of rock, but over in the next room, they cannot communicate? Mm. Is he in the special communication orb? I guess so. I just don't get it. Yeah, there's, and of course, so like, many plot holes. And of course, like not building the robot bodies beforehand. Yes, that, like, I, that that's is... the biggest thing that I'm like, you dumb motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, or, I mean, so there's not building the robot bodies beforehand. The being the spacefaring series, and somehow not planting seeds on any other planets that are your own people. They yeah. don't have any colonies on any other planet. Oh, you know what? Every every one of their species came home for the cataclysmic event. I don't get it, Brit. What? Fix a little thing called faith. Faith of the heart? Faith of the heart. Because I got faith. Because they had of faith. The heart. <laughs> I my heart will lead me. I got faith of my fart. <laughs> I know my ass be tooting. <laughs> yeah. See, they had faith that eventually it would all work out. And it didn't. It didn't. <laughs> Yeah, it's just uh, you know they like they you, got they finally got help after half a million years, and they're just like you know what, fuck it, close, shut it down, right. shut it down. So so ultimate lesson of this episode: never try. If if you have faith in God, mm-hmm. if you don't divorce your wife, mm-hmm. but spend uh, almost eternity in another room yeah, from her, fuck half a million years married, <laughs> yeah, but in another room, woof, and, and leaving her in another room with another guy for half a million years. She just immediately just like starts hitting them with a with a with a uh, with a rolling pin. Like, just, Get back here, like Andy Cap style. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, ultimate lesson: um, you know, if your plan doesn't work the first time after half a million years, give up and kill yourself. Yeah. 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 Also, don't plan ahead. Don't plan ahead. Except yeah. make maybe make a bunker. That's the best yeah, way to plan. Make a bunker. Ahead. Just put your put your consciousness in an orb and just hope Be- for the best. Beach ball. Beach ball. Beach ball. Beach ball. Just hope for the best. You know, may it all work out or it won't. It probably won't. Just kill it, yourself. It, it definitely won't. Kill it definitely yourself. won't. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> so that was uh that was our old trek for the week. Well, now that we've watched that, I guess it's time uh, for our random episode of the week. Are you ready to choose a random episode? I am ready. All right. So what we do is uh, we choose a uh, random number between uh, 1 and 820 because, you know, we've reviewed a little more than 35 episodes on here. Mm-hmm. Are we uh, Are we making sure to add the new episodes? As they, no, as because they... we've already reviewed them. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. You want, you want to review an episode we just reviewed? Right? Yeah, sure. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> that's, a t- that's a terrible idea. It's like, so here we are reviewing uh, the episode we reviewed three weeks ago. Cause is season one of Picard on there? Yes, it is actually. Okay, yeah. Okay. yeah. We included that. Uh, and we included all of discoveries on there. So, so basically all that's not included is, um, uh, Picard season two and, uh, all of every, uh, all of Strange New Worlds and mm-hmm. uh, just season three so far of Lower Decks. Oh, so, cool. Cool, yeah. cool, 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 
everything we haven't reviewed is still on the table. And of course, all of the random episodes we've already done, I'm not going back to them. No. Uh, except for uh, if we ever have a chance to visit Melonhead again, I have a whole new hour on Melonhead. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, got some I, new Melonhead material. I, I've got some new props, a couple new melons, Ooh. a new hammer, or I'm sorry, a Sledge-O-Matic. <laughs> uh, so, so anyway. I don't think I ever want to watch that episode ever again in my life, actually. Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Here we go. Random number time. First number. We're not doing this. We do the third number. 706. Fuck you, 706. Give us another number. Four, four, four. Fuck you, triple fours. Whoa. One more number. Does that mean we get to like do a double roll? No. <laughs> okay, actually, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. Give me two more. Eleven. <laughs> Fuck you, first season of TOS. <coughs> One more number, and this is what we're going to watch next week. Three ten. One less than three eleven. It's not Aww. almost coming original. Oh man! One, one short of coming original. Damn. It's it's good, but uh, let's see here. Three ten. Uh, production number. That's going to be an episode of DS9, early DS9. Fuck yeah. We I love mean, DS9 around here. I mean, not not all early DS9 is great. The no. first, for, I mean, all of Rick Berman DS9 is hit and miss-ish. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's better than, like, early TNG for sure. And it's even better, I'd, I'd contend, the first two seasons of Voyager. Yeah. But it's still rough comparatively. It's not, it doesn't, the glory days don't hit until, like, season three or four. No. Not like when Iris Stephen Bear is fully in charge and he gets his stride, that shit fucks on top of a mountain, baby. Oh yeah, it's seriously the best one. It, it's the best Star Trek that will ever be, in my opinion. Yeah, all the people saying Babylon Five is better. Like, go, go fuck, fuck yourself. Fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's good. It's good. They have the funny hair. Yeah, but they ain't got no quark. They ain't got no quark. They ain't got no Dax's wet ass pussy. Mm-mm. They ain't got no Benjamin Cisco baseball daddy. Nope. They ain't got no Creole restaurant. No Rumple Stiltskin. No Rumple Foreskin. <laughs> Rumple Foreskin. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, we, yeah, like Babylon Five circumcised that shit. Uh huh. So we got DS Nine, season two, episode sixteen, Shadow Play. Mm. Which I don't know sounds pretty kinky to me. Yeah, is that where you like fuck a shadow? <laughs> <laughs> or uh, yeah. who, who who played the shadow? Was it Alec Baldwin that played the shadow in the movie? Yes. Yeah, is it fucking Alec Baldwin? Maybe. See, I always for I always conflate uh, him and Darkman, who is Liam Neeson, because yeah. like Darkman fucking rules. Darkman does rule. Did you know that there's two Darkman sequels? Yeah. I, I only thought there was one, and oh, I haven't yeah. seen the second one. Yeah, the one's uh, the return of uh, of uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, the the guy that was cutting the fingers off of the cigar cutter. Oh right, that, he, that, he that's does a great. He does a return. Yeah, yeah. Wait, is that in three or two? I can't remember because three. I think the title is like "Die Dark Man Die" or something yeah. like that, which is a great title to be honest. And, and, and that guy played Doctor Giggles too. Oh, I love Doctor Giggles. Yeah, and and also. He's a birthday twin with me. He has the same birthday as me. Oh, <laughs> you, should, you should send him an envelope of your dried smegma. He's dead. 
<laughs> you should send it to heaven. <laughs> send it to heaven. <laughs> Dear just, God. Just come straight in the air. And hope it, this is for you, man. It's on, it's, a, it's on our birthday. It's like guys who are awesome Allah and shoot into the air you're just like, to the glory of God <laughs> you climb a mountain like this is as close to heaven as I can possibly come <laughs> this is for Dr. Giggles not God they, just... won't, they won't let me open the window on an airplane so here it goes um, okay so we've been going for a long time and as yeah. much as I'd like to make this uh, podcast as long as an episode of uh, Dan Carlin's hardcore history <laughs> but just completely about Vulcan dick jokes and mm-hmm. uh, McCoy being a racist um, I'm going to go ahead and cancel subspace transmissions for the week we have I have a wealth of them mm-hmm. but I have probably 45 minutes to an hour worth of them hot damn and that will make this a five-hour-long podcast. Mm-hmm. And I've already been up since 3 a.m. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm fading. And I know if I'm fading, mm-hmm. you're just, like, um, uh, institutionalizable at this point. I've had, like, five Red Bulls today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to die of heart failure. Yeah, if I if I wasn't triggering your vibrating butt plug, like... <laughs> Like you're you're seriously like just falling asleep with your eyes open every mm-hmm. three minutes until I like do the buzzer and you're like, <laughs> and I instinctively make a chess move. Every, yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, how am I so good at this? It's, every time you've heard uh, Pat <laughs> blow his nose or cough tonight, I've been triggering the butt plug. That's mm-hmm. that's what that is. It's, it's just him being aghast and surprised. So. I, wa- I watched a video on on um, on the whole chess cheating scandal and. Did not they did not mention the vibrating butt plug at all how uh because they mentioned about how that guy i guess uses uh engines or just like um did uh, you... we, we call them native americans now <laughs> <laughs> but he uses he uses a uh, gall uh chess engines to uh to predict his moves and so and i guess like uh he plays against like did you watch that movie i love you man i, lo- I love my yeah. dad oh no no i haven't yet it looks good though it, yeah it's fucking yeah, told nuts. me about it yeah. yeah like uh but um but uh pat oswalt's character does something similar where he like where he, he cheats at chess in a similar oh, way by by like playing with a computer and just using mm-hmm. computer and using the moves yeah. Yeah. yeah and and so i guess like the guy was like busted for doing that before Oh, he was busting all right. Yeah, he was busting all in his pants. But like the vibrating butt plug thing was like is I think it's genius. It is like, like he's sending honestly, Morse sending Morse code through through like a through like a vibrating butt plug is is like I would have never thought of that. Straight, straight up, I say yeah, maybe he shouldn't win that championship, but make a new division, the butt plug division. Yeah, like bring make chess exciting again this time. Sexually excited. That's like, that's like, that's, I can, like, can you imagine if Shatner used, like, that to beat the Kobayashi Maru? (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, how did you, how did you beat the Kobayashi Maru? I had a butt plug. I cheated. I had a butt plug. <laughs> there, there were so many Klingon Morse clothes. Yeah. So yeah. that Starfleet couldn't interpret it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So that's how, oh, my God. Yeah, that's how you defeat the Kobayashi Maru. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. All right. So with that, uh, since we're just going to fucking go ahead and uh, skip that old uh, fucking subspace transmissions, I guess it's time sh- to say goodbye. 
to some people who gave the ultimate sacrifice. Nice. Well, the away team was in a pinch, then somebody had to die. But thanks a lot, time to be up to that big red shirt in the sky. Today we remember Ensign Wyatt, Lieutenant Diamato, in Italian. <laughs> oh, geez, the, the, the rare Italian in Starfleet. You know what? Let's just say Ensign Wyatt and crewman John B. Watkins. <laughs> are we gonna? Are we really gonna mourn in Italian? No. It's like, oh, I dropped the pizza pie on the floor. Hey, I voted the fascist in again. Hey, <laughs> uh, Mussolini too. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> hey, the trains are run on time. <laughs> Before anyone says anything, I am nine percent Italian. I can say that stuff. Uh, and I say to that nine nine nine. Um, so today we remember Ensign Wyatt, Lieutenant Diamato, and crewman John B. Watkins, all of whom served respectively as transporter chief, geologist, and engineer grade four aboard the USS Enterprise under Captain James T. Kirk. And I'm like, why are they letting a fourth grader do engineering? Am I right, guys? <laughs> High fives all around. Suck my dick. <laughs> all three men succumb to injury is caused by Loseria's touch. Ooh. Wyatt and Watkins aboard the Enterprise and Diamato on a Kalondon outpost planet. The woman, using powers of seduction to get to the men, almost got to Kirk who would have surely perished due to his horniness, but was saved by Sulu and McCoy, who blocked her path with the powers of gay. <laughs> so rest in peace among the stars, Starfleet officers, and thanks for your contribution to the greater good. Oh, rest in peace. I guess. <laughs> well, I guess that's it. Yeah. Captain's Log Supplemental. That's all. Looks like it's time for us to warp away. Be well, travel safe. And as Ferengi rule of acquisition in 95 says, expand or die. Ooh. Thanks for trekking with the soy boys, girls, and other worldly beans. Hang dong and shocker. Soy, 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 soy.